Hi, everybody. Welcome to FNS Wrestling Podcast, episode 163. We're back to normal this week. Jack is back. I am returned. For the full episode after this. Do you like a CM Punk level pop, you know, when he came back on Rampage? I can it's put like that, that in after. Kind of I, I, I can put it's that like in that, after. Yeah. yeah, so... Um, Same energy. So you wanted to talk about your adventures. The reason, if you don't, yeah, if you weren't here, that he wasn't here last week. Um, just here for your AEW Dynamite. Spirit, though, in yes. essence, um, was that he was down at Fan Expo in Toronto for what four the better part four of days. four days. Yeah. So you would we basically in, uh, hop the train down and then come back, and then one the of the parental back. units yeah. would pick it you up. It actually worked out. I kind of, I kind of like the train. I know. I thought you uh, might. I was, wonder who could have possibly suggested you might like the train. It was neater than um, especially because we didn't take the subway. Right. Um, and so, you did avoid subway the subway. Messy, and then also buses. We didn't want to do that because. You have to pay for it, and also you have to switch buses, and they just take on buses. Union are... Station's a busy place, Buses huh? suck. It was okay, actually. Yeah. It was it's, okay. It's inter- I'm glad you guys navigated it safely, and you met your uncle downtown, and he treated you all the to one a day, yeah. very hip uh, Mexican oh, lunch. That was that? sick. It is sick. Shout out it's to La so Carnitas good. in Toronto. Did you, did you, have you delicious. had the churros? churros I did have the churros there. Churros are good. Yeah. Yes, very it's good. There, you haven't had the... Well, you, braces makes it tough, but they're street corn is delicious can't do that not yet but soon soon in theory in theory so you wanted to use a bit of banter time to discuss your comings and goings yeah, from i think i got something every day fan expo yeah, i went you, in uh, with spent a lot of money i but... went in with a sizable chunk of change and came out with the yes opposite nothing of that. specific because we we will not specify no. but i did have a heavy work week before you did expo so that paid dividends and we we sort of garnish some of your wages to save for you and then let you do what you I, will with the rest. Yeah. Which but, is now you see why we garnish some of it because this is what you do. Yeah, but I specifically <laughs> asked mom not to do it the I one know. time. And that's like giving me money, except you're not. Right. Yeah. But anyway, so I got like, I think when I went to Comic-Con in, on March break, I think I got like three or four figures. And I think wrestling-wise, I came away with 11 this time. Uh, yeah, that might be I took pictures of it. I should put it up. That might be my in like one span. That might be my biggest haul because I think sometimes I came. I think the one time we went to Bounty Hunter Toys, shout out to them in Hamilton. Uh, I think I got like eight or something. Right. So I think this might be obviously it's across multiple days, but from one spot, that right. might be my biggest haul. haul right. Um, yeah. If I can try to go chronologi- chronologically, I will. So the first day we went from it was. It wasn't open as long the first day. It was like, I think it was four or nine. It was more of an evening kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, it was open just. I yeah. did make a few pickups actually. So, if we, me and my friend talked about making like a wish list before we went, but we never did. But if I were to, if I were to pick one, I would have put that ultimate 17 uh, Rollins on you there with the Neon Lines gear. And I indeed found that right away. Um, so, that was really cool. And if anyone knows that one, obviously. But it's, I've talked about it before. It's the one where, uh, it's the gear he wore at Money in the Bank 2022, and also he, he wore that when he won the U.S. title last right. year. Um, it's one with all the neon lines on it. It's got this crazy fur coat, because um, some of the cloth goods they've been doing lately are just bananas. The two last Rollins I got, they had like, the faux yeah. fur on there. And he wears some pretty outrageous that's, gear. That's so crazy. Doing, he's like, the perfect guy figures, to do that so, yeah. Um, but he, that one's really cool. I'm really happy I got that. And then I got um, uh, the ring size clues of the Defining Moments, the Torn Pet Cody. Yeah, Which that, I thought I thought that was really cool. I actually think that's really too cool too, just because it's a different. I think clearly that's an version. awesome choice to do because that's the kind of thing those and the bloody uh, AW figures 
are things they can't i don't think they could put out in general retail so i think those are perfect ringside exclusives good point and it is a defining moment for him so you i think it, it, works it definitely was right so was i i really like the gear in the half white and the half blue and then you also get a bull rope which i thought was kind of cool because well, it's everyone's favorite match i've al- so. i hate the matches in real life <laughs> so generally but i've always wanted like a dog collar or a bull rope yeah. or a strap just because like I, I don't have anything like that so they had the mjf and punk speaking of bloody figures the blood and guts yep. dog collar match pack but it was like 150 and i'm i, I didn't want to do that because yeah. especially because i only would really use the mjf right <laughs> that's crazy um and then the last one i got i have one with me is the elite 102 theory in the captain america gear um i really like the ring gear just because i think not, not only because i like marvel but i just think like the colors are really nice on it but the faces are just wacky not as hell good. they got the one like that weird smiling face you do it's from the selfie face of theory right it's like when he had the kind of the soul patch and the mustache and not the beard mm-hmm. it's selfie that kind of theory uh he's got that weird smiling face and he's got like the where he's making like the i don't know it's just the weirdest faces they're such large and long heads and i don't it's I don't not know. quite a cartoon version of them but it's not like no. their actual head either so it, somewhere like, in between. it looks like him but that's just not like it seems more practical for if you had an ultimate edition where they're just alternate heads. I wish this came with these two and maybe like a normal head too. You know yep. what I mean? Anyways, um, just trying to go off of memory here. I think I also got I got a couple of older elites. I found an Elite 59 Finn Balor, a uh, Demon Balor that I don't have. It's from the one time he made an appearance on Raw in the feud of Seth Rollins before the Universal title match where he just like, it was the first time the Demon was on the main roster. He just showed up on Raw instead of saving it for SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. So now I have that one. And then also the uh, Demon Balor from the torn, where he uh, tore his shoulder. Yep. That match, you know, the Balor I was after for ages. Correct. That one's really nice. Um, I got, I guess, relevant to theory, I have a Elite 92 Rey Mysterio in a black and orange with a singlet. There it is, um, right there. That one's. I'm looking for the noise. picture I took of all your boxes I stacked. Up. I don't know if I. I think I took a picture, but I did, but I don't know where it went. So. I'll I'll kind of look for it as I'm talking. I also got a relevant to I guess all in was I got a Samoa Joe Elite from I think it was Elite 56, so that's going back like 50 series now mm-hmm. I think, which is pretty wild. Um, but that one was in like black and green shorts, which I thought was really nice. Um, it is not here. Is it in my camera roll? I don't know. Um, and then what else? I got a King Xavier Woods Elite 97 because I just, like, I figured that'd be good to have for the new day because I have an elite, an old Elite Biggie and then I have, a WrestleMania Kofi as yep. well. And then what else did we get? I'm just, trying, I'm going off of memory here. What? Doing all right else? so far, but I'm now. I'm doing okay. Wait, oh, okay. I got Elite 103 Lashley in the black right. and yellow tights, which I thought was cool because I don't have an Elite Lashley. So I want to get that. Which was cool. I only have a basic of him from like a battle pack, mm-hmm. and then I got Elite One Hundred Three Roman, which will come back up later. Um, which because I don't have a Red Gauntlet Roman, it's got a different head and Universal Title side place. I thought it was cool enough, and yeah, it's different. At least getting updated Roman, at least. Um, and then I don't. There wasn't think a Mellow, there, was there? No, there was. What, let me see. What was it? It was. There was Roman Rollins, Lashley, Theory, Mysterio, Woods, Joe, Balor. Um, I'm missing two. I'm what else? Did I'm oh, I got oh, okay. Elite eighty, I think. Uh, the Chase variant, Kyle Riley in the black and yellow, because right. I have the camo version of that. Yep. Um, but I always wanted that one because it's from before that. But the just the look of the gear always reminded me of his NXT solo run when he faced Balor. Like it looks a lot like that to yeah. me. So I got that because I, I always wanted that one just because it reminded me of the solo O'Reilly mm-hmm. so I thought that was kind of cool and then 
I feel like I am missing one. One that's escaping you. Uh, what I. I, I, I know some, I took two pictures and I don't. I got some more random went, ones so. too. Oh, can't help crap. you. Crap. I'm not gonna. I remember. don't even remember. I should know this. And I was like, I had them all piled together. Oh, okay, I got it. Last one. I got one AEW figure. Um, and it was the Target Unrivaled, the Sammy Guevara in the oh, red and black. Right, right, right. Which is funny because I think last time I was at the Comic Con, I got the Target Darby. Mm-hmm. So those ones are good because we don't have Target. So this, and, that's my only time to get those. And so you did also pick up star wars stuff so there's got, probably only one thing you need to mention i got two star wars figures i got a mando from season one right because i couldn't find a silver mando and got a mando then i got shadow trooper from force unleashed which is that weird kind of bluish yes. one i thought that was kind of cool because i love those games i got a couple movie posters because there's this place selling nice them that too. was cool like the actual i think movie theater posters for our, my two favorite star wars movies which was revenge of the sith and return of the jedi in that order one of those is a good choice Dude, Revenge of you gotta Revenge of the Sith. You gotta is give it its favorite? flowers. It's Whose it is. Son, are you? You gotta give it its flowers, man. Where, I got it's a, the best of the worst ones. It's the best of the best. <laughs> wow. Uh, I'm not saying the other two are good. I'm just saying it's the best. Um, I got a deck of cards that are Mando inspired because I thought the cards themselves looked really cool. Actually, I like how those look. I don't think I showed you yet. They also had a Fallen Order deck, but I decided to choose one. Mm-hmm. Um, I Smart. got a gold... Such restraint. <laughs> I got a I got a gold $100 bill, an American-looking one, but whatever. I got a Vader one because I have a Deadpool one from last time. Dude, don't take it out of the collar. I won't. We yeah, we're not, taking, we're not taking it out this time. That was um, tr- I hard to get back in. I think that's it. Oh, I got some Funkos. I got... There was like an exclusive Star-Lord one Jeez. that's weird color that I got. I got a Deadpool one because I love, love Deadpool. They had, um, did you ever watch Origins Wolverine? It was like 2007. No, did okay. not. There's a really crappy, like, I do me use air quotes, Deadpool that they yeah. use at the end, where it's like, if he had a combination. Anyways, it was a really stupid thing, and I hate it, but they had a Funko that, and I almost got it, because it, it's one of those things where it's so dumb, it makes me laugh. You do do that. Um, I got, we hit a GameStop across from Eaton Center, which is a kind of a mall thing in Toronto, I guess, right? Like, Oh, yeah, mall. it's a, the big mall um, downtown Toronto. I got uh, MODOK without the helmet on, because he's funny. Yes. He, he was like stupid funny and so i have one with the helmet on so now those look good together um then i, I had two star wars fungos i think i got crosshair because yeah. he's my boy from bad batch and, and he's vader. my favorite and i got vader uh from when he dies in return of the jedi yeah and then the creme de la creme yes. is they had this there, people there's a really nice place uh with replica lightsabers and i think if anyone's even remotely a fan of star wars i think that's something everyone's wanted at one point yes and i so I got one. I we won't specify finances, but um, suffice it to say, it's a premium. It's a item. Premium, it's a premium item. I got I once again suggest. going back to Return of the Jedi. I got Luke's lightsaber from Episode Six. If so, that's the hilt. That's knows, what that looks that's like. That's what the hilt looks like. That. And then uh, it comes like I think it's got like fifteen different sounds on it. So it does have Luke sound like lightsaber sound and color from the movie, obviously. Yeah. But then you've got like a bunch of other options like the dark saber or Kylo Ren's lightsaber, Anakin, Obi Wan, whatever Leia's lightsaber. You want, it it's you recreates. can and then you can hook it up with an app too, like Bluetooth, and you can change the like specific sound and you can change the color more specifically. Yeah. You can like there's you can do blaster sounds with them, whatever. I don't know. It's pretty sweet, and you can screw the blade on and off. You get a stand with it too. It's it's nice. It's 
I think it's it's cool. It was either that or a replica belt one of these days. I was very and skeptical so, when you were telling me about it, and then as I'm like, oh, it's 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 there's an app, and you my have like thing. every colored blade you want. It can change you. It's super bright. The sounds are good. You yeah, can adjust it's, the volume and whatnot. it's one of my favorite things. It was it was super sweet. It's one of those yep. things like it's like the side plates when you got them. Yeah, and I mean someday we'll get on the belt, but I think the lightsaber is cooler because you can honestly it's, it's super cool. fun to. Us. Because it's premium, you screw the blade in, and then it's super sturdy, so you can swing that thing around as much as you want. And it makes and the appropriate sound when yeah, you hit uh, stuff. Yeah, it's it's super fun to swing around, which is dumb, but it's it, it it's it's awesome. And my friend got one too, so Who? um, uh, Hancock got one. Oh, he, he got, did. Uh, Revan's lightsaber. He's a Legends character. But oh, nice. He's really cool. So I didn't I'm know hoping he got one too. Uh, <laughs> next time uh, we can mess around with those battle. Those, oh yeah, it's those are really sweet. But yeah, it was cool. uh, it was a sizable haul too. And yep, it was. Nice. And to be fair, like you really only spend money on two weekends, which is Comic Con and this one, and then mm-hmm. you pretty much don't, especially when you're working a lot. I, so I do try to stave off. You're of a binge spender. Yeah, um, you know who's like that? Hmm. My buddy Paul. Yeah, he's like, and I say this affectionately because it's a great way to be like day to day cheap to be like when he wants to do something he does it. He wants to go down and see Cam Neely's retirement from the Bruins. He does it. He wants to go uh, see he, of course he would. a week of comedy shows out in California because mm-hmm. that's what he loves. He does it. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. The only thing I will say I'm guilty of is uh, it's hard not to buy food on my break because like yes, I don't. Right. I always forget to bring food and sometimes we don't really have anything I want to take and then I get hungry. I'm like and you're surrounded by do. food options there. Meaning mostly McDonald's. McDonald's is li- it's literally Caesars. right there. It's horrible. Yeah, but yeah, um, we saved up for this, and then there's. Yeah. Like so much crap. So, and I mean, part of it too is like you're down in Toronto with your three buddies for four days off and on. Mm-hmm. And then I like it too. Mom and I like it because you're home to the safety of home and we can check in with you and then away you go the next mm-hmm. day. So I did. It was good. I was quoted as saying before that I was going to go balls out. So yeah, you did. Definitely. There, there was warnings. Came home with bags of stuff every there day. There was warnings. Yeah. We but. got like a nice big expo bag too. And Yep. Just to hold the crap. I'm sure that'll be a tradition for you to head down there. Uh, so I, you know how I was down throwing darts at Mike's last night? He really wants to go to Fan Expo. Um, he wanted to... I can't remember what he's saying. He almost went last year or something, but he's into that kind of stuff. Oh, I got to well. whip out the lightsaber at the next party. For him, and maybe you could answer, you know, his big thing is like horror stuff. So is that a genre I would that's say there? So, yeah, there's like a lot of figure places. In the, there was definitely some horror stuff too. You just got to kind of look around. He has like there's some, so many things. There's he so has like things. some Friday the 13th and stuff like that. Yeah, I definitely saw era. things like that. There's like, there's so many places, honestly, you're, you'd be hard pressed to not yeah. find something like that. Like anything pop culture like that yep. honestly it i would say it's near impossible to find like not find at least one thing yeah. where it's like you yeah know what i mean especially with the um, there's so many places that sell those funko pop things and the funko pops they're such a broad yes because funko pops they make there's like anime ones there's right. everything there's so many like Sports there's some ones. random ones there's i saw a lot of cool office ones as yeah. well right but I have, I have like i have one for free guy here like there's those are such a broad thing too so even if you want like something small for something you're into yeah. like i'm sure they got like horror ones so too, you, you may I mean? see him there at some point in the future because yeah, he really I wants see. to go mm-hmm. all right well that's a lengthy banter for us but it's good it was all you which <laughs> is nice for that. once yeah um so we'll get into the regular scheduled program but we're gonna also add what an all-in review right um oh, we'll yeah. do that we after have to the talk news. about all in and then I guess we'll have to preview payback and all out too. I have those on. Oh, tap. you got those prepared. Yep. So I feel like it's going to be a beefy episode, but that's okay. I've, we've got time before you have to go to work. So I say we get into that now with our first regular segment, and that's taking a look at some of the week's wrestling news and rumors.
All right, so ratings this week. NXT down um, 614, 614,000, that is. So down 14.7%, well below that 700,000 threshold. Earned a 0.16 in the key demographic, down 15.8%. NXT's lowest number since July 4th, which isn't that long ago. I love when they do that. And here's even more qualifiers. Ties the lowest non-holiday rating since May 16th. Some of these stats they pull out. Are, what would the other... Like, I don't even... Right? It's not even worth thinking about. I don't even understand. And this week's episode of Dynamite averaged 871,000 viewers up... Uh, oh, you know it's a small amount when I didn't even get it in percent. Up 100 viewers. Like, that's a fraction of a percent. I don't think that really matters. No. So basically the same. Earned a 0.3 in the key demographic, down slightly at 6.3%. So both companies down of the ratings we track this week. What do you have for us? Um, the big ongoing news of the week was um, how WWE earned huge government paydays from Clash at the Castle last oh, year. I saw a bit of that. Wasn't yeah. it several million they dollars? They got uh, $3 million in government subsidies. I mean, it's nothing compared that's... to what they get from the Saudi shows, but... That's still something, I Money guess. nonetheless. Because I think it brought a lot of money to wherever that was. And this uh, is Cardiff. you sarcastically saying this is the big story That this is week? the big story. Because you have a bigger no, story coming. No, I feel that, like. That's the big one. Uh, I was going to go over the, the fish. impact emergence results, which not only did I not go to, when it, even though it was in Toronto because you were working. And honestly. I was at, no, I was at All In. Or sorry, not All In. Not the, um, oh. Expo. Yes, right. That too. Sorry, not working. Um. I was thinking of going by myself because I don't really care. And so I was keeping my eye on tickets and they you were just, just not, re they weren't reasonably priced. I thought uh, they would drop near the end. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, I'm not paying a hundred dollars to go down because the card didn't look that great to me. And the, by so. the reviews I've read, it, it wasn't very highly rated by many people. So fine. But I like to go to shows live when they're in Toronto, but their prices were not. Um, impact. Again, impact. We went in like the perfect time. Yes. Cause way back. All the general admission tickets were gone. So there was specific. But now that we know the venue, right? When they're, I know how like random the seating was and we pretty much could have sat anywhere. Remember we had specific seats and he was like, oh, I don't know. Just sit in this section. This yeah, not front time, row. Right? So I'm not paying $93 for a specific seat when I know very well someone who paid 15 for a general admission might be sitting right beside me because they don't really right. control the seating at all. But anyways, right. um, so I didn't watch it, but I think because I cover the weekly show, it kind of helps if people are interested in context. So really quickly on the pre-show, Bailey defeated Alan Angels. I did read that that match was pretty decent. Then we had Joya. Do you know what tag team that is? <laughs> Joya. It's a WWE move of combining names. Oh, oh this uh, is Hendry and Correct. Nimura. I yes. had to think about that for a second. Uh, so they beat the good hands on the pre-show. Then main show, it was uh, Eric Young defeated Diener in a no-DQ match. Uh, MK Ultra retained the women's tag, or sorry, knockouts tag titles. They defeated Shaw and Evans, Death Dolls, and um, Kylan King and Jody Threat. I didn't even notice. Was she uh, replacing Taylor Wilde? Anyways, that's um, what it says. Um, Let me see. Uh, uh, Kenny King retained the digital media. He beats Johnny Swinger. No surprise there, I don't think. The Rascals are the new tag champs. They defeated Subculture. Um, and then you had Eddie Edwards beat Frankie Kazarian in a back-to-school match that I think was only like four minutes or something. It was like... Joe, yeah. It was off-site somewhere. I can't remember what it was. Yeah, um, Chody... Threat was in it. That's... 
Correct. That is weird. Oh, the Shantaraj. That's funny. right. Yeah. <laughs> I, there, were, I, there was weeks ago where I was trying to remember their name. I remember because I was listening back and I couldn't for the life of me remember. <laughs> yeah, funny. but that's yeah, what it I was. like that. Uh, Sonata beat Jake something, obviously. And then I think they did like a respect, respect thing afterwards. Uh, trying. I think they're trying to actually get Jake something over, which is good. Is the back to school match? Sorry, I'm just looking at the results again. Is that oh, four minutes? That's lame. And they went back to like their. Like kind of like a dojo or whatever, I think maybe. Is back. No, I thought back to school match would just be like, um, do you remember? I think Jared and China had the good housekeeping match, and it was like yeah, it's only. No. I thought it's like you can only school, like you hit each other with a desk or something. Because reviews I was reading were saying like they thought part of the reason it was only four minutes was because it wasn't in front of a live crowd. I think I, I remember Weird. correctly. So I don't know what it was exactly, but anyways. So you had the team of Bully Ray Moose, Brian Myers, and Leo Rush, who's the X Division champion right now. They defeated Time Machine, which is Alex Shelley, Sabin, and Kushida. And Alexander. Um, oh, sorry, and Josh Alexander, obviously. Or, or it would have been a handicap match. And then in the main event, uh, Trinity successfully defended her Knockouts Championship against Deanna Perazzo, made Perazzo Maybe she out. should marry a Jey Uso, main event Trinity. And then they were uh, respectful, shaking hands after the match as well, if I read things correctly so that was a quick rundown of that show i read two or three different reviews didn't wasn't well received because what i'll do with impact shows right is i'll just go back if they're like yeah it was awesome i'll i'll go back and maybe cherry pick or watch the whole thing this mm -hmm. time i did none of those things uh what else you have um the only thing i have this week and that's because it's a chunky boy is more things to do with chicago yeah. made philip this is the lead you were burying with that other story <laughs> yeah um, so apparently at all in, uh, there was a backstage confrontation, uh, with CM Punk and Mr. Jack Perry. Listen, man, all CM Punk is wants is for everyone to be professional. Yeah. Why can't These everyone stupid children, just be you know? professional? These stupid right? children. Anyways, go ahead. Um, it was before Punk went for the opener and I think it would have been after I think P Perry just came back from Cause the Because that was the difference FTW between match. the zero hour and main show, right? So they would have been jungle boy on his way back yeah and punk on his way out yeah, yeah. sort of thing i imagine exactly yeah um so punk's side uh perry approached him and got in his face and bumped him then punk shoved him and choked him because Other... shoving is professional yeah professional uh, shoving professional choke choke you know? too yeah he, he's an mma fighter so right Keeping it professional. Um, other accounts say punk approach, words were exchanged. Punk threw the first shot, went for a choke, and was broken up. Uh, reports say that both were suspended after, although I'm not sure if that's confirmed because I'm not sure what the deal with the suspension is. Uh, people close to punk say he didn't have much communication with Tony Khan after the incident and went as far to tell people he hates this place because of all the issues, but many within would say he's responsible for said issues. Time to and give him another show. He's also, <laughs> he's also quoted as saying, I quit. So hopefully that's literal. Binding. That is a binding verbal that contract. Is, that's verbal confirmation yeah. right there. Uh, Perry's side was he got the glass spot um, from the match, obviously, uh, uh, from the pre-show uh, that was cleared. And then he was told by Punk he couldn't do it, which he felt was because he was friends with the Bucks. I don't think anyone needs to use real, real glass. So I'm not really anti-Jungle Boy on that one. I, don't, I think that's fine. Um, then more t more details from a quote neutral source. Uh, Punk went nose to nose with Perry as the latter came back through the curtain after his match with Hook. And the wake of at being asked if he had a problem with Punk, um, Perry replied, uh, or sorry, Perry said that his comment in the match because he made some he, nod to I, it. Yeah, he did. Uh, he said that was just getting heel heat. Uh, this led to Punk shoving him. Perry responded by getting in his in Punk's face. Then um, Punk sucker punched Perry and went into lock a choke. 
Uh, folks nearby uh, would quickly break up the scrap. Tony Khan even said to was even said to have yelled at Punk to let him go. Uh, Punk then reportedly quote lunged in his boss's direction, but was held back by a number of individuals Very in the area. Very professionally lunged uh, before shou- <laughs> before shouting <laughs> "I quit." Yep, also um, professional. That's a binding yep document clause right there. Yeah, I'm I'm documenting that. Um, monitors were allegedly knocked down, and Samoa Joe, despite being upset about the situation, was was responsible for calming Punk down. So who's the professional? Uh, I was here? hoping that sentence finished with Samoa Joe was responsible for choking Punk. Like out. you remember how he used the NXT Enforcer kind yeah, of thing, he like a, a real life version of Both of them of out at the same time, if you want. He to. he probably could. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be like Natalia trying to do a double sharpshooter, except it'd actually be effective. And obviously, neither of us were there, and neither of us have any inside information. But we choose to believe the version that make Punk look the worst. I think I speak for both of us. <laughs> I, so, it sounds the most right. And honestly, yeah. I don't know how much more they can take of this. Like how, how much longer is Tony Khan going to put up with this? Either Tony Khan is just such a massive fan of this guy, which seems to be the case if you saw that little where he was like manic and even punks looking at him at the like post whatever conference. Um, it wasn't for all in. I don't think I can't remember. Anyways, I saw Maybe. a clip of it somewhere. For I don't know. Um, or this punk is creating revenue, which I, maybe he is. But like I, at some point, this is like it's getting to WCW Hogan levels and except maybe more petty. I don't know. But like it's getting to be such a problem that you got to just and even I don't if think he, they're doing bad without punk before this either. Even if he doesn't have creative control, there's going to come a time where they're going to pitch something to him that he's not going to want to do. Or yeah. maybe it's already happened. Right, I wouldn't be surprised. You've given so this guy gets in a physical altercation with your EVPs and bites people, and you bring him back and give him his own show, and he. But he's still causing issues. Bitches and moans about other people being professional and being too sensitive, which is exactly unbelievably hypocritical. Yeah, and then it's already happening. The only time he's creating the greatest work of all time, one or the other. (laughs) The only. Oh, no, you got to no, cover no. all. You got to hedge just in case. The only way he's creating a peaceful environment is just by kicking people off collision. Right. And that's his solution. He'll either fight them or kick them out, which is stupid. And then it's like not only that, but you can come back and you can take our title and deface it and call yourself the real champion and face no repercussions from the actual champion. Whatsoever. Yeah, like MJF's just off. Another, it's because collision almost exists in another orbit it's on an island which is why like... i don't like it because it's it's not like there's a, a brand split or anything it's not like WWE where they're supposed to be in like completely mm-hmm. different orbits is just the punk orbit and it's our favorite company it's the b show and we make no time for it i can't I, we it, tried they, i tried more than you and i still just can't do it they need to the time slot's bad the time slot's not great but i think they just need to change interested. it too if it wasn't the punk show and just like a it would help extension of dynamite yeah. then i would be okay with that and i like getting more screen time for guys like bullet club gold yes. and stuff Aussie like Open. that ricky starks yep. um but i don't it just doesn't work and yeah. i think it's because it's so punk controlled and it's just like i don't know hopefully that he gets suspended that he can take a break from main event in the show every other week that'd but be great i don't know it's an it's absurd the amount of crap he gets into and i don't like I mean, say what you want about Vince McMahon, and we have, but he keeps people in line. Vince is... This doesn't happen under Vince. I will say, if I'm going to yep. say anything positive about him, I'm going to say that this would not slide under him. This is not happening to this level. Because Vince's stance, right or wrong, is no nobody is bigger than the company. Nobody. 
Like, even if it's The Rock trying to hold him up or Austin for something. Or, like, at some point, he goes, Back no. in the day with, like, Ultimate Warrior. Right. Or, like, you know, stuff like that. Yep. Like, I think something with Jared You try once, and strong-arm right? Vince McMahon on stuff, it he just goes, see you later. Right? So, I will say, I think Tony Khan needs more of that. Not to be like Vince, but to, in a way, be Take like a Vince. Take towards that. Right? Because, clearly, I think it's getting to the point where Punk is whether that's true or not thinking he's bigger than the company and tony khan is somewhat feeding that ego i i agree so somewhat. he need something at needs least. to change because v- v- this would not happen under vince at most punk walked out and that was it yep right this You're is dead to him basically. this is punk walking out causing a scene when he walks out coming back causing more scenes and nothing really happens he'll bring you back when you're old and useless and give you a tiny like legends contract just almost as in like see i knew you'd come crawling back yeah but you're now you're not or in inducting the hall of fame really or anything. some right. some bs like that yeah yeah this is the ongoing thing of the week and it's just more crap from chicago phil yep um only other things i have is a couple injury updates apparently danielson it was told he will be able to return in October. And the article went on to say that it will be like a photo finish to see if he's cleared in time for Wrestle Dream, which is December or sorry, October 1st. So like it's obviously, like a forbidden door too, I think. Right. So obviously that's October, but pretty early in October. So. Osprey Omega. Imagine. And then Bandito, who suffered a triangular fibrocartilage I'm injury. I completely forgot he was injured. Yeah. I didn't even remember when he got injured. So this is the bone that connects your forearm to your wrist, it says. Um, so he, he seems important. So he went out on a on June 14th, I think it was, and he had surgery to repair it in early July, is on track to return sometime this month, so that's good. Um, you think they'll put him in a tag team with his brother now? Gravity? Brother. Oh, right. right? Um, I would chuck them on ROH, yeah. Yeah. I, why not right yeah unless you have plans for him as a single which i'm fine with too yeah but i don't i don't know if they would uh this past week's dynamite i was telling you had to be rewritten at the last minute due to several wrestlers missing the show so getting their wwe practice in here right? i did also see that um i don't know if it was because of this but um I'm, i or i don't know if that's one of the causes here but i remember seeing tony khan was letting anyone skip out if they wanted to attend the bray wyatt service oh nice no that this was the hurricane prevented omega and some others uh from florida from that would make sense i feel like omega would be kind of vital for the all out right a go home show yeah. sort of thing and then swerve and soraya missed the show due to illness so uh, there's had to change some of the like storytelling there final he, thing he, i he had swerve doing stuff again he was on a good yes. run before they screwed the pooch with fox yes uh, and apparently, like I said, I heard that Fox just didn't want to go. That's to, so weird. To All In. Yeah, that is strange. Uh, Bianca Belair is taking, like punk. taking some time off is the last I thing I have. I saw that too, yeah. Anywhere from, this is funny, it sounds like somebody trying to cover themselves. Anywhere from under a month to possibly three months. So that's a pretty big range to make sure you're not wrong, right? Like, could be three days, could be three months. Um it also noted in the same article that she has been receiving praise for her run with the WWE Championship, which is good. She did have a really awesome. good run, yes. And I think the thing here also that she is... May- she- oh, wait. Maybe they were praising her SummerSlam run. You know, that was like, what, a couple minutes? That was a really good run, actually. And I they're also it. praising, and I think it's really important, is that the media schedule and community stuff and stuff with kids and whatever, she's like Cena kind of-ish in that sense, that she's... she's- yeah, she would she's probably be really big for that too. Uh, she's really presentable and really good woman on of camera. color, but she's and also a yes. really talented one at that. She is. right. So yep. It, weren't you saying that's why she likes being a babyface or something, right? Because you can do all that. I'm glad she panned her. out because I, I've been on. I this. remember she's a she was star from NXT. Yeah, she, I remember 
you thinking especially that like and i i did like her too but you thought like i remember it was she was like really good but she was kind of like unpolished yeah i mean at times like she she did have a lot of potential from the get-go and i think it's really nice that she's really become polished and just well-rounded she's not just like tumbling around like the gymnast because she can do all that stuff too but she's also a powerhouse she's also she's charisma she can talk I think she She's had a great. long run that like kind of went unappreciated because Roman mm-hmm. and Roman's now at three years, which mm-hmm. is crazy. But um, yeah, she had a really nice long run that kind of goes on a little under the radar, I feel like, just yes. at least in length. Right. Yep. Um, and it was also weird seeing Roman because when he wins the title, he was <laughs> it was weird because the Fiend and Strowman were in the triple double, Rip. both heels. Roman's a heel. Yep. And then Roman came out. He's wearing the shirt. He's still got like the old gone with the big dog logo. And he's coming out to the shield theme with the Roman Empire Tron. Like it's weird because it's it's just the makings of the tribal chief at this point, mm-hmm. right? When he wins the title. So it's weird to see him with all the old Roman things kind of still clinging on. But yeah, RIP Fiend. For sure. Yeah, you weren't around to talk about that uh, last week. So I had yeah, to handle that one on my own. That was a rough one for you. Crazy. Yeah. I don't just kind of came out of nowhere it's, it's 36 like, years old with kids man it's terrible terrible it's like stuff. the Brody lee thing honestly it doesn't it's one of those things where i i don't really talk like that but it doesn't feel real because it's just it's no i don't know it's just weird at least we didn't jinx it this time i guess but and like, part of it would be it would be more jarring if he'd been on tv every week but like he's been gone and there's been speculation about his health and stuff Still yeah but i don't think shocking, i ever expected him to no, just die not. like that no and um it sucks because i feel like his last run kind of sucked and i think he deserved better than that because i think like he's the gimmick been... had huge huge potential but i think it got out of his control and got tainted and then i just couldn't mm-hmm. i missed the fiend yes i think his current gimmick what i had like with the alien i think the uncle howdy it could have been good maybe but we'll never know right because it certainly wasn't at the time and i don't yeah cause he's never been a ring general and i'll i'm i'm I never thought he was, but I always like it's I the creativity the, and the willing to take risks and just coming up with crazy ideas that somehow work. The at fun least house, I will always stand by that. The fun house and the fiend was freaking amazing. The original that part was were cool, awesome. It, it was, was all can't the, miss, and it was with the puppets and stuff. It was it was all, and all the callbacks to like the yep. previous. It was amazing, and I the Vince I'm, puppet was great. Uh, I'll never forgive them for screwing that because I think. The WWE title ring when he lost to Orton at Mania 33, remember the projection match? Yes. I think that was a huge they started, misfire, yeah. losing that belt. But I think losing, I think losing the the Fiend losing to Goldberg was far worse. Yeah. And then getting burned and then coming back, like they really screwed him. Like it. And NXT Wyatt family it was once so cool. they got rolling, like not, uh, it that, it was awesome. They I were, think Wyatt family had a lot of potential too. The whole too. rocking chair thing and like it was. I think he had two really good things that they could have capitalized on. And they just screwed the pooch both times, and now it's too late. Yep. Which Unfortunate. And, and I don't know, Rowan and, I mean, Strowman too, but especially uh, Eric Rowan, he must be like. Yeah, man, that's. I feel bad. Two thirds of his family yeah, in wrestling wiped out. That's brutal. I did see him on the tribute show, which was kind of yeah. cool. At least they brought him in there. Good. That's uh, it's wild. And the t- Terry Funk I saw too, but that he's. He's pretty wrecked. Though. Almost 80 as well, and, and been health isn't issues he, forever. Yeah, I, I, that one. Not to discount it, but it's just like... And I was telling I people... He, last, I, I, I've heard he's pretty wrecked or whatever. I was telling people last week when you weren't here to go back and watch some Prime Terry Funk, like go watch some of his stuff with Flair and whatever. He was all round, like, yeah, hardcore legend, whatever, whatever, but everything. Like mm-hmm. legit wrestling, talking, everything. He was amazing. I rewatched The Fiend Attacking Balor. Nice. Uh, all right, we got to get into talking some wrestling because this is going to be a, a long episode. So we'll go back to last Saturday. We'll go back to... 
to London to Wembley, right? Is it in London? Whatever it is. Uh, yep. We're going London to Wembley. London. We're going to talk about AEW All In. All right, so all in from Wembley. Uh, anything you wanted to comment on the stadium, how it looked? I thought it looked amazing. It did it looked wonders cool. for AEW's look. Because just like, honestly, I was taken aback a little. Because I feel like, I don't know, it's, I feel like with WWE shows, it's just understated how insane a stadium setup can be sometimes. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like Mania, it does look amazing. Mania, like this year, Always. Mania looked amazing. It looks great in a big setting, but it's typical for them like they do that every year right. now um and so obviously that was amazing but i think aw's product especially because i'm used to them in arenas and even the uh what arthur ash stadium in for mm-hmm. dynamic grand slam i feel like that definitely did feel different to me but it didn't feel like as different as this i feel like this like with the how uh, how like incredibly huge wembley is and like the, out, the outdoor Open like air. you can feel yeah. the natural light in there right yep. so i think that looked absolutely insane i thought their stages were nice too i liked just like the big screen and the kind of like the entrance mm-hmm. way. I, I really like the screens in the tunnel. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. Obviously, I, I always love the dynamite tunnels more, sure. but I oh, I really like this too because I if, thought like some people looked really cool coming out that way. I thought Bullet, Cl- Bullet Club Gold's entrance was really nice. It there. definitely and felt big time, right? It the, did. The it definitely show. felt big time. It definitely felt like just the look of it matched the magnitude that they are promising. Yep. So I thought it looked really nice. It was a really nice change of pace for them. It did. Uh, this was a... It was looked really good they looked big time and i mean not to spoil the end but they do announce that they're coming back to do it again next year obviously yeah, if you really sell cool. eighty-one thousand tickets or whatever you're that's probably going to go back again i hope they can right? somehow that's get worthwhile. more yeah uh, that'd be really cool it what was it eighty-one thousand thirty-five? i think i have it in the review when they announced it uh it was um nigel came out and announced it somewhere through so zero hour we have to mention because it, there are things of consequence on this right um which just in general I was thought was great. Like they made their pre-show matter, right? Yeah, it wasn't I actually just thought the throwaway match. The pre-show match choices were actually very good. So the the opening on, on was MJF and Adam Cole taking on Aussie Open. Hey, say what you want. Proud of my boys for getting on there for what the Ring of Honor Tag Team yeah. Championships. Aussie, Aussie right? Open are on there. I'll take it. And I, that was my first thing. Have we ever cared about a pre-show match more than this? No, because it's the two main eventers of the biggest show. I think. In the history. only pre-show match I can remember actually, like, at least on paper, looking really good is I remember SummerSlam 2017, Usos and New Day was on the pre-show, right. which is, that's crazy. So this actually matters. Um, yeah, for sure. You have Aussie open attack immediately, and they run MJF and Cole into each other, like the the budget super collider thing. They did that. Uh, MJF starts out against Mark Davis. Commentary are wondering, and this is part of the story, right? Will Cole actually tag in? Because there's a chance he's just going to abandon MJF, let MJF get killed by amazing double team moves, and then have him softened up for the the main event, right? So, and it's looking that way because we get a couple teases of a tag, but mm-hmm. Davis stops one of them, Fletcher stops the other by pulling Cole off the apron and away like from MJF. MJF tag. could just tag out and then walk off. As there's well. also that possibility, right? So that's why these stories are because you know someone's turning on somebody, right. or you're sure somebody is, right? Yeah. Um, I thought that added to the drama. Then we get a basic beatdown of MGF until uh, he flips over so that Fletcher ends up crotching himself on MGF's shins. I think he was going for like the sort of working the lower back and he flipped over. Cole finally does tag in 
and is on fire. He boots to each of Aussie Open. It culminates in a backstabber to Fletcher for two. Fletcher runs into a really nice super kick. They call for the double clothesline. The crowd is anticipating it, but Davis pulls Fletcher to the floor. MJF does his reluctant dive spot, but Aussie Open recover in time. He does. And they for a guy control. who doesn't really do that, he does. A, he has a very nice suicide dive. Yeah, he say. does it later in the show. Yeah. Uh, then we get the Aussie Arrow, which I don't even remember what it was, but Excalibur told me that's what it was. So that's what, oh, do you remember? Shit. It's one of their double teams. I feel moves. like it might have been the cutter thing that they always and do. And I, I don't think know. they've pinned pe- someone with it recently. They, they just remember they just beat the Hardys with it because right. they did nothing. That's basically. right. Basically, MJF ducks, Aussie Open hit each other. MJF hits the kangaroo kick to a good reaction, but not for me. And I put not loving how much Aussie Open have to sell it. Double clothesline, and it's over after seven minutes, question mark. So uh, my immediate reaction when this match ended was annoyance. Um, yeah, I was a little peeved. I don't like how this makes Aussie Open look overall fine. Yeah, that's, this is what I was kind of afraid of as well. If you want Aussie Open to lose, I guess fine. No. I don't love we put two singles together for a super tag, but it has to be long and competitive. Uh, one of my favorite tag teams here lost a short match to a team of singles. I don't think my issue, I'm, I, I don't have an issue with the singles thing because I think they've built the team enough of Cole and MJF. I feel okay. like that's not my issue, but I do agree. I think this had to be competitive if Ozzy Open was going to lose. I mean, agree. I was always going to be annoyed with Ozzy Open losing because they're one of my favorite teams going right now, if not like at least currently my favorite. Um, I love them a lot. They're so good. So I think them losing was kind of a travesty, but I feel like if it was competitive at the very least, it would have been okay. But I, I don't think they did. Compounded that. by the fact that they lost to basically multiple comedy based offensive moves. Yeah. I, the Kangaroo kick and a double clothesline. Double clothesline is not pinned, a match ender. Pinned in seven minutes. Right? I think, like, when the, what, when they beat Garcia and Guevara, I think at least there was, like, there was a last shot either before or after the clothesline you know right. what i mean like something yeah. to at least like punctuate yes. that um which i don't think they did here which i think was kind of an issue for me so i feel like and this is just me that the mjf cole dynamic kind of went better than they expected and maybe this wasn't always the plan and they ended up having to sacrifice ozzy open to further i do story. think there's something like that involved and I, I don't love that this happened to ozzy open no i they got almost nothing i was always going to be disappointed with ozzy open losing because i i love them a lot but um yeah i thought the match itself wasn't the best just because it was i feel like we could have we could have gotten a good match out of this it was more of a plot point in a someone else's story arc than anything to do with aussie open yeah and i don't love that and right? I, I thought the story would have been more interesting with cole and mjf losing but... and aussie open strength is their double team offense and i made a note that they only hit one double team move and it was really frustrating start for me yeah. like i get it you had to do it to to keep the story alive for the main event but it has to be longer and more competitive to mm-hmm. me. Um, then they, for the first time here, they show Mercedes Monet in attendance at All In. Uh, they do I it again during like... the main show, but not. I thought it was interesting. They don't show her anywhere near the women's match. They show her much she's later. Not I think. Cleared. Right, and they don't even know where she is. Like they don't. I think they just don't want people to start speculating, right? If yeah. they shown her as they're making their entrances for that oh here she comes right so yeah i mean they're still I gonna saw be a that culture when they're doing the ups and downs they put it down as such like 
she didn't do anything, but like she's not cleared. So no, right. I'm uh, not expecting anything either. Then we get Hook versus Jungle Boy. Uh, Jungle Boy shows up in, uh, is it a limo? Then it parks it at the top of the ramp, right? Yeah, so you got to have it for the spot. They do. Brawl up the aisle. Hook sends Jungle Boy into the open door of the car. Looked okay. And then Hook takes a really nasty suplex on the roof of the car. Um, cool looking rolling thunder, right? As a, sort of my, a callback. Yeah, I thought off that was of really the cool. roof onto the hook on the hood. Uh, Jungle Boy then takes a fisherman suplex through the windshield. Uh, draping DDT off a barricade a little bit later to Jungle Boy. Uh, trash can uh, up against Hook in the corner, and his back is cut wide open here. Jungle Boy teases the Van Dominator, but hops down and mocks the crowd. We get two bridging Germans by Jungle Boy for two, a third, and a super kick, but Hook counters into a couple Germans of his own. Jungle Boy with a mule kick that catches Hook, or sorry, um, is caught by Hook, and he hits an exploder into the corner to Jungle Boy. Tiger Driver by Jungle Boy for two. Trash can to Hook's midsection, but he avoid, avoids a moonsault and hits Jungle Boy in the head with a trash can. Crossface, red rum. Perry can't get to the ropes, and he taps out after eight and a half minutes. Hook wins back the FTR title. I thought this FTR? was... FTR? Sorry, the F, that's what I have. <laughs> FTW, the fear of the revolver. <laughs> oh, yeah. My favorite sign. I saw someone with the sign. I don't know if it was from this or Collision, but I, or it might have been Dynamite. I don't know. I don't think it was the pay-per-view, but I, I don't think remember. it was the pay-per-view, but I, I, t I showed you one. Someone had a sign that says CM Punk because he's turned to FTR. It's no, no flips, just fits. My favorite <laughs> Which sign. Is funny. Fear the revolver is it, really awesome. good. My um, favorite sign funny. at All In was the four non because it's a reference to the show I've become obsessed with in the last couple months called Peep Show. It's a British show. Oh, that one. Oh, I love that show so much. And that's one of the four, four non Jeremy. Um, so I love that. I don't know if anyone else would get that reference. But I thought this was a fun little match on the pre-show. Lots of yeah, like, I thought this was really nice for the choice to start F out right at the car allowed for a couple quick things right in a row that look cool in an eight minute match, right? Yeah, we and got... it was less like because I feel like it'd be a little more boring if you had if they were starting to wrestle, then they had to make right. their way up, and like at least it, it was kind of like meeting there, you know. So I thought it was short but fun, it gave us a couple really I cool spots. I think it's spots. weird that we like never heard of FTW rules. Then now with this, the RVD match and this, all of a sudden it's, it's like FTW, FTW, which I mean, it's fine, it allowed for a more fun match, I thought, right. And I think Hook winning the title back makes sense. Where do you think they go um, from here is what I was wondering. I don't... I think this is kind of it. Like, I don't really... I think so, too. I don't really see anywhere else to go. If Jungle Boy honest. goes somewhere else and Jungle Hook Boy still can go do something title. else and Hook's back. Like, the status quo has been reset. Right. That, that kind of And that's like it. kind of it, really. Yep. Like, Jungle Boy... I'm. The only thing I will say about this is I don't think it really did a ton for Jungle Boy. No. Just in general. Or Jack Perry. Sorry. Took I some punishment. Looked all right. Uh, okay, main show starts, and my first note is there's a four non-sign almost right in front of the hard cam, as I already mentioned. <laughs> Made me so happy. The opening match, as we know, because you talked in the news about Jungle Boy and CM Punk running into each other backstage, it is CM Punk taking on Samoa Joe for the, quote, real AEW championship. The re Not the real world's championship. Yes. Cut to MJF not caring somehow. <laughs> um which is like, on that's probably like they should MJ should sue them for a defamation of character because yeah. he he should care way too much about so that. So much he should care so hard. He should care this. like he should have all the care in the world. So Punk early with mocking chops, avoiding Joe's chops, back suplex by Joe, but Punk maintains a headlock. Then Joe is in control on the floor with some huge chops. Punk avoids being flattened against the barricade, and then they head back in the ring. Chocks. Uh, chops send punk uh oh they did the teeter-totter spot which uh, in hindsight is a terry funk thing what teeter-totter spot where he's remember. like 
over the ropes and hitting and coming back up and hitting him down and he's popping back up again. I don't. You remember. don't remember that? It's a Terry Funk thing, apparently. Uh, Joe walks away from Punk coming over the top rope to the floor as Joe does, and then a running boot to Punk while he's seated in a chair looks pretty good. Joe gets run into the post, but he catches a Punk uh, Hurricane Rana attempt and swings him through the front of the announce table. Oh, I love that! And, and then he flips him off, and too, then just which... gives him the finger. And Punk <laughs> basically disappears so into the table. Right? I I was like, I think I put that in my story, and I was like, wouldn't we all love to be Samoa Joe here? That and would just I would love to be. In I his just like the right difference there. of not going through the top of the table, right? Like through the front looked cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I liked it. I think they, it accidentally broke a little in another match. I don't remember, but yes. I think it's a it's like things just like the the cardboard kind of or whatever it is, right? Plywood probably. Yeah, yeah. and it's just like I don't. I thought it looked really cool though. Me too. I, I thought him flipping him off was really funny. As, Me too. As such a non. Because Joe just oozes attitude, right? Like he just like, he doesn't care. Like I if, love Joe. Yeah, if he doesn't not care, if that's Honestly, his character, he sells it. Joe deserves more I'd, i would I'd bring him on to. dynamite more um yeah. i think when we once we get a babyface champion in the mix i think oh my god we need samoa joe versus cassidy yeah that would be perfect it would be i don't want joe to win that title i just want him to beat the crap out of cassidy because they would work so well Matt, similar to what he did with derby right a couple yeah. of those matches were they awesome. need to oh my god they need to do joe versus cassie and then he can drop to swerve so punk emerges from the table bloody now we get a boot and a senton to punk for that's two. why punk's wearing white he escapes a muscle buster and lands a roundhouse kick to Joe's head. Punk then starts to do the five moves of doom, right? Yeah, that was weird. And then he switches and does the Hogan e like hand to his ear. No way he's that self-aware. And the leg drop for a two count. Um, Joe then hulks up, right? And a scoop power slam. So it was like Hulk Hogan turned into Randy Orton kind of thing. A power bomb and the STF by Joe. Another roundhouse and then an homage to Funk. We get the spinning toe hold here from Punk. Is that like it's almost a figure four, right? Yeah, it's the first part of it before you like sit down and cross it over. Mm -hmm. um, we get an ST Joe, as they call it. <laughs> the one that he does in the corner, I assume, right? Uh, but then we get Pepsi Plunge and Punk wins. Because as we've minutes. seen, he ain't getting him up for a GTS. No. So we don't like Punk, but I really thought this was a good match. I thought it was pretty good. I think it was a lot better than the last pay-per-view punk match because i thought I him too. and kojima was lame and it was i didn't like it even besides my punk bias i just thought it was boring but i thought this was pretty good i did too i i'm good physical match i yeah i thought i really i really enjoyed joe here obviously but um, i thought punk was solid he was and i kind of suspected if punk couldn't main event he'd want to be in the opener right i always say like that's kind of the number two spot for me yeah the result was never in doubt punk's not losing this championship um for a while i don't know if i would have put in the opener because i, I would have put like i don't know, like maybe the multi-man tag or mm -hmm. something just like I for could something see that. hot but um i thought it was a solid opener though um Bias aside. Wasn't the freshest matchup because they'd faced each other recently, right? And um, like decades ago. And Joe did dominate a good portion of this. They know each other really well and it shows, right? I don't know why all the references to the WWE legends in there. That seemed like an interesting choice to me. But the yeah, nod to Terry weird. Funk I, was There's nice. no way Punk is self-aware enough to be do like Hogan, Hogan to who, do in, Hogan things. Right. Because I don't think... I, okay... He might be like aware enough to know that people say that, but I don't think he's self aware to think he's that. Right. And if he did think that, I don't think he would put it on TV because there's a lot of negative connotations with being Hogan in this, in the way that we're saying it, right? Yep. Like the way he thinks of himself, I don't think he would want to be associated with that kind of Hogan, if that makes sense. Right. Because but everyone he would want to troll Hogan. the crowd into saying that's true. Do you know what I mean? So he might do it. I don't know. It's he's an interesting fella. So. What I thought I would do, too, is because our friend uh, John over at uh, the John Report 
he compiled all of Meltzer or he listed all of Meltzer's star ratings for this. So maybe we can uh, compare what we thought about it. So okay. I thought, and I also really liked the announce table spot. I thought it was memorable. I really liked that. That was my favorite so part. So before I knew Meltzer had his ratings, I kind of did my own, and I gave it a three and a half stars. For I that, would, I would go for three that and a half. Match. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, and Meltzer gave it CM Punk defeated Samoa Joe three and a half stars. Right. I would Look agree with that. that. That's fair. All right. I I might go a little lower, but I would say that's fair. I would. I'll go three and a half. And then we get um, Bullet Club Gold and Takeshita taking on the Golden Elite, basically, right? Gold, gold, baby. And we get Callus joining commentary for this. Iron sharpens iron, gold sharpens gold. That's right. Juice and Hangman start out. We get a high boot that takes down Juice. Omega tags in. Page and Omega chop Juice a whole bunch of times. Ibushi's in. Yeah, he got, I think... I think that's a callback to their tag run. I'm pretty sure they oh. did that. I, d I didn't pick that up on the yeah. first time, but then, like, I... Because I saw the clip, I obviously because we didn't watch it live because I was absent. Right. But I the first time I saw the clip, I didn't pick up on it. But then, I don't know. I think when we were watching the match, actually, I think it clicked in my head that that was from their run. Because I swear they did that kind of thing a mm -hmm. lot when they were tagging. Which, oh, that takes me back. Ibushi comes in. Juice Robinson tags out to Jay White. White's forearms have no effect on Ibushi. And Ibushi takes him down with one stiff kick. Omega and Ibushi double-team White until Takeshita gets tagged in. Omega goes over the top onto White and Takeshita. Uh, the guns kind of slow down Omega, and it allows Jay White to avoid a top rope attack. Omega tweaks his leg on the landing, and Bullet Club Gold start to attack that leg with stomps. Ibushi and Takeshita exchange as Omega is down. And I put, and legal, I think, is this is where we start to lose who is the legal man a little yeah. bit. As JR's loving it. JR moans. That's my next note. <laughs> JR moans about not knowing who's legal. Of course he does. Takeshita flattens Omega with a forearm. His forearms are nuts when he really decides to oh, throw a Takeshita forearm. Takeshita can throw one of the best forearms in the business. I don't care. And so that sort of ended a, an Omega flurry there. Takeshita hits that diving clothesline we like before tagging White back in. White works Omega's right leg before tagging Juice to do the same, including a superplex or sorry, a suplex into the ropes. So a lot of Omega being sort of in peril here, which was a little mm -hmm. bit surprising because it's Kenny which Omega. Which is interesting, yeah. Hard strikes, leaping senton by Juice, but Omega kicks out. Omega finally escapes, but the guns pull the other two off the apron. And then Hangman finally is legal after Ibushi takes out Colton. We get the fall away um, slam, leap over the top, clothesline, multiple dives, and top rope clothesline by Hangman as the pace starts to pick up. Blind tag to Ibushi. He unleashes kicks on White before a standing moonsault for a near fall. Omega and Ibushi tandem moonsault to the outside, but Ibushi slipped a little bit on his, right? So the timing was affected. He was a bit late there. Uh, White gets triple team. German from Hangman, half and half from Ibushi. Kamagoya gets countered into a, the big sort of twisting Jay White Uranagi he hits that looks pretty I good. I really like his Uranagi. It looks nice. Uh, it looks like he's trying to drive you through the mat, right? Like he's not just it, well, guiding uh, you down. It's a spinning solo, actually. Correct. Takeshita and Omega are in strike exchange, crushing high knee from Omega. Dragon suplexes uh, to White and Juice Robinson. Takeshita counters into his blue thunder bomb that they tell us he inherited from El Generico, which was, I thought, I think so. an interesting nugget there. Knees to the back of Takeshita's head, followed by a poison Rana for two. Tandem offense from the elite lead to a moonsault crossbody to Takeshita off the top from Page, which Excalibur, Excalibur called a blockbuster. Like I made a note of what that. What do you call it? It was or, it, sorry, what was it, it was Paige's like flipping moonsault. Oh, the moonsault fall away slam. Yeah, that called it a was weird. That offended me a little. Really? 
everyone starts hitting stuff and there's no way I can keep up. That's what my notes say. And it ends with Takahashi fighting off the Whoa, whoa, whoa. Takeshita. Sorry, Takeshita. I just put T-A-K. So I I auto-completed. Takahashi. Fighting off the golden trigger. Kamagoya countered with a sick jumping knee by Takeshita. Uh, blindside buckshot to Takeshita. Omega knees to white and juice before a V-trigger to white. Looked really nice. Takeshita comes out of nowhere, rolls up Omega for the win. After that almost was, 21 minutes. That was surprising, but I think it works really well given the story. I do too. I, I was really happy for Takeshita because we yep. love Takeshita in Very this nice little friend. studio. I mean, technically, that's the biggest win of his career. It is. If you want to go that I way. thought it was slow to start, but then it built because it got a, a bunch of time. And by the end... Yeah, of I looked at the times because I was looking at the main event. I thought, um, yeah, it was um, it was longer than I thought it was, but yeah. I, like it was good. I thought so. ended up being entertaining, right? In the first half, I thought Hangman and Takeshita stood out to me. And then everybody started to get involved, right? The ref lost control, as tends to happen. Things broke down. A lot more fun, as far as I'm concerned, the last half of this. And it makes sense to have the Elite lose here and give a big moment to Takeshita, who they promised they were going to build, right? So there's no need that they can't take a loss here. That's right. Two promises this year. The return of Pete Dunne and the rise of Takeshita. One of those is coming to fruition. So far, so good. We're 50-50 right now. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe more than that, because we got almost all of Pete Dunne this week. I don't even want to... We're not... <laughs> we're not there We'll, we'll get there. Yeah. We'll get there. So, um, I like this, though. I thought it was... Too. It was pretty much what I wanted from this. I thought I would like some more manic action from this just because that's what I like yeah. to see when these break down. But I thought this was really good, though, because you have I think it's a fantastic mix of talent. I, I love everyone here. Um, always been a fan of Switchblade. I think Juice Robinson I've really come around on since he, they signed him. He's so fun. I really like him. And I love Takeshita. I love Takeshita since day one. He's fantastic. We love Takeshita. Um, I really like Ibushi from what I've seen of him. I haven't seen him in a long time, though, other than AEW. He's not peak Ibushi. He's not peak Ibushi. He is not. Um, I can tell you that. I'm hoping I'm not that we get mean. there. Yes. I'm hoping that we get there. I'll, I'll give him some time, though. I'm not yeah, going to... Of course. He's still using it, so I'll, I'm gonna, I'm willing to forgive there. And obviously, Hangman's my boy, and ha Omega's undeniable, so I think it's a really great mix of talent here, and I, I really liked it. Me too. I liked the different dynamics here, too, because Omega's got history with Switchblade. Yes. Switchblade has history with Ibushi as well. Yes. Um, I think what Juice Robinson might have, I don't know, but and then obviously Takeshita's in there, and I so I like all the different dynamics there, and I thought it was really nice, and I think the finish works uh, well too. I think, Ome or sorry, Takeshita capitalizing on just the the frenzy and mm -hmm. taking it the win from Omega, I really like, and that kind of gives him the quote unquote momentum. Love to say that uh, heading into All Out tomorrow. Because if you don't have a belt, you may as well have momentum. It's yeah, the next you, best thing you can have. One or the other. Yeah, I, I Except thought, momentum won't protect you in a parking lot. I thought not an absolute show stealer as it no. could have been, but a really exactly. good match. Exactly, yeah. Right? It, it fell a little short on potential, but not a bad match by any means. So I gave it three and three quarter stars. Three and three quarters, yep. I would agree with that. I like I liked it better than the opener, so I think that would Wow, try. Meltzer liked it a lot better than us. Really? Four and a half. Really, I don't think I'd go that strong. I can't either. If you but said four, I'd be, I, I wouldn't I, argue. I, again, I like everyone here, but I don't think I can go that strong. Yeah, four right. is different because that's like only what another quarter. Yep. All right. Um. So then we move into the AEW Tag Team Championship match. Uh, it is FTR defending against the Young Bucks. Not really any build to this other than let's run it back. Kind it's of thing. really simple. It's more like just the tiebreaker to. Um, yeah, there. It's the rubber. Who's match. the best series? Yeah. So it's Dax and Nick in early with holds and counters, and then the Bucks get control of Cash until he catches Matt and slams him. Get an assisted leg drop by FTR for two. Uh, one of each team hits uh, Hurricane Rana to the other, and then they pair off and brawl before clotheslines take everybody down. 
Some synchronized offense by the Bucks and FTR is sent to the floor. Boot by Nick on the apron. Spear by Matt on the floor. Fosbury flop onto both FTRs at this point. We get a first super kick, and it is a nice one to cash. We get a stretched out senton to cash. And I'm noticing at this point, this is not the most energetic crowd. And it's hard because open air sometimes, yeah. every or even if you have 20,000 people cheering, there's still another 60,000. You know, yeah, that it might so not I, be I'm not going to completely... Chalk but I thought the that. crowd I overall was good. I think overall, yeah, considering how big it is, right? I just I think you have to here, take that into effect. It didn't feel like a rabid crowd like sometimes yeah. we get, right? Mm -hmm. But I think it is all, more difficult there. Oh, all the sounds setting. just shooting right out the top. Yeah, you know? I feel like a similar thing can be said for WrestleMania too. So yep. I don't think it's entirely on nope, AEW. It's not. Uh, the Bucks continue to isolate Cash while cutting off the ring. We get a back suplex to Mac. Uh, Cash dives to tag Dax, but Matt super kicks Dax, Dax off the apron at the last second. I thought the timing of that was pretty good. What does that mean? Miscommunication <laughs> on a demi girl. What? Oh, Domagiri. Oh, I think it corrected okay. it. Okay, no, I got that. That makes sense. Okay. <laughs> and Cash hits an anti-air uppercut to Nick. Hot tag to Dax. He's on fire with strike snap suplexes. Multiple Germans immediately followed by Matt's locomotion suplex. Back to a Dax German. Back to a Northern Lights. Uh, Dax catches Nick, hits a slingshot powerbomb. Stereo sharpshooters to the Bucks. Cash gets pushed into the steps. We get a face buster to Dax to break his sharpshooter. We get a Nick moonsault to the floor. Bucks go for the powerplex, but knees uh, knees up for them. And then Cash right after. I don't think I summarized that very well. Bucks go for the powerplex, but knees up for them. And then Cash right after. Anyways, doesn't matter. Spike pile driver to Nick for two. JR complains about FTR's pinning technique. Shattered. <laughs> JR was irritating me a little bit, as you may notice. Shattered... Yeah, I'm sure you loved him on like a five hour show. Oh. Shatter Machine escaped by the Bucks. Dax knocks Cash to the floor, takes several super kicks while Cash is out there. Spike Piledriver to Dax for a near for all. Dax, really good at last second kickouts. He had a few here that mm -hmm. it was like nanoseconds away. Melter Drive is broken up. Dax Piledriver attempt stopped by a super kick. Nick dives onto Cash on the floor. Dax ducks the BTE trigger, and Cash spears Nick a million, at a million miles an hour, right? Just how oh, fast and explosive I Cash I forgot is. about that, because I think it was, like, in the start of their babyface run or whatever, um, FTR, uh, Cash would, like, do that sometimes. Yes. I forgot he is crazy fast. I'm pretty sure they, like, he can do any style he wants, and he just chooses this as their thing. Like, well, yeah, because no no they also thing. did the Springboard 450 right. here, which I loved that, because... Right. Um, that's the callback to it the is. first match, and honestly, because I I do mention sometimes that might be one of my favorite finishes to any match, just because like I just I love the idea of it because of FTR's the philosophy they've always had, right? Back to the days of the revival, and I remember Keep this. Keep it simple. Heard, no flip, no just high fist. risk. But then he did it just to like mock the Bucks or whatever, and that's why they lost. So I that's probably. That'll always be one of my favorite finishes ever, I think. So I that's a callback I really appreciate. And your here. timing's great because my notes are that's, is it there? BTE I was waiting for you to mention it. And a shatter machine by FTR, but Matt kicks out on a really good near fall. Then Cash misses a 450. There it as is. As you yeah. said. Matt lands a I was super waiting for kick you to mention. for a nice near fall and a callback there. Yeah. We get I was that was a really awesome near fall. Was. So again, the callback, I love it. BTE trigger to cash, but he kicks out, or Dax made the save. Commentary don't know either, because I think it was Dax was going to make the save, and Cash panicked and thought he wasn't going to get there, right? Mm -hmm. So he kind of kicked out. Shatter Machine to Dax, as we're now stealing finishers. BTE trigger to Cash, but he kicks out of that. <laughs> and a quote, you know how I sometimes don't even notice commentary? 
Excalibur said, a beard made of granite. That was funny, he kicked yeah. Out. I love that. Uh, Melter Driver stopped. Shatter Machine to Nick Jackson, and it's over after almost 22 minutes. FTR retain. They want to shake hands with the buck after with the Bucks afterwards. The Bucks do not oblige. Um, excellent match. My favorite match on the show to this point. Very nice. I, I don't think the crowd energy matched the action at some point, but that's they got into it towards the end. I really liked each team using the other's offense because they know I each like other that. so well. I think well. that happened in one of the other matches too, so I think that might have kind of been callback-esque. And like least. you said, the callbacks are cool too, I right? That, yeah. I don't pick up on all of them, but I do pick up on the 450. I remember we love that. I love that because that, I, I love that finish so much. And if you're a fan who hates people kicking out of numerous finishers and stuff, then this isn't <laughs> then, for you. Then go home. But I find that style exciting. It doesn't have to be every match, but I've got all kinds of time for that mixed in with other things. So I thought this match was in my top three on the show. Mm-hmm. I, don't I really think liked these, it. This combination's not going to ever give me less than four stars, I don't feel no, like. No, I would say like four, four and a quarter. So maybe. I said four and a quarter. I would go that, yeah. Melt- I think I... like. Uh, I don't know. I feel a little bad because I really liked it, but I feel like it fell a little short of my expectations. And then that might be on me, but it just like it didn't feel like the masterful epic I was imagining. And even at four and a quarter stars, this combination is capable of five. Exactly. So so I see what you're saying. I think it was really strong, but I think they were capable of another gear. I think if they had another 10 minutes or so. Yeah. So Meltzer liked it more than us. Four and three quarters. That's aggressive. I don't know. That's yeah, because that's like. Is he a is he a Bucks mark or something? Possibly. Melter driver. Yeah, I guess so. Like, I, I don't. That know. probably doesn't. Hurt. <laughs> yeah. That because that's really close. I don't know. Like it's. I think the best comparison is my expectations for Omega Osprey and that delivering on every mm-hmm. front and then some and then this like falling a little short. But I mean, by no means a bad match. Still really good. And yeah, I would say my top three of the show yeah. probably. Um, but just like. I don't know. I, I top just, three gen- on a strong show too. In gen- yeah, and generally, I just felt like a little disappointment, and that might be partially on me. But I don't know. Yep. I still really liked it though. Uh, next, we get the best friends, um, Orange Cassidy, Eddie Kingston, and Penta taking on Blackpool Combat Club and Proud and Powerful Baby Ortiz and Mike Santana. I that Michael an- Santana. that annoyed me. I didn't like it. They are um, going out of their way, right? I just I don't know. I don't cuz Ortiz doesn't get a first name and I don't I just like them as Santana and Ortiz, you know. I don't right. need Mike Santana, I don't know. But anyways, uh they look really cool to see them back together. Stadium Stampede and I'll say it right now, it didn't really f- and I'm not criticizing too much. Didn't feel much like a Stadium Stampede. Did, no, cuz certain people were just gone forever. Yeah, doing stuff that would didn't I really think focus on in anything. their defense. If they went crowd brawling in Wembley, they would get lost. Right. So to a degree, I didn't love that. Like I think it was Claudio and someone were yeah. just way backstage, but I think the action was really good. But regardless. the original so. one was pandemic, right? Original one was pandemic. So you don't so. have a crowd to worry about getting bored and mad right. that you're not in front of them. No, so it's that's different. what made this first game seem amazing. Yes, I think Anarchy in the Arena did the crowd thing better to like a minimum, yes. but I still think this is really good. But yeah, the, this first right, stadium, I'm not saying I didn't like this match. The first but stadium stampede is always going to stand it, out. It right? didn't feel like they weren't all over the place. You know what I mean? And that's just they're limited. Yeah, by although they were on the stage and whatnot, yep. so at least there was that. Because yep. I feel like. I, I don't think I'd want to go brawling in Wembley too, because if then like say you have to be at back at the ring at a certain time, like how's mm-hmm. that gonna work? Right. Um. So we get brawling to start. Trent moonsaults to the floor, but right into a garbage can basically. That was cool. Mox has a branding iron early. Another funk homage, I thought probably. Uh, Penta with the chair to Santana and Ortiz and sling Mike blades Santana. to both. 
Uh, split screen starts as they start to head through the stadium, and I was anticipating a lot of this, but there really wasn't a much of it. Mox paradigm shift to Penta early, and Mox, this was a bit crazy, right? He goes and gets skewers from a bag, um, and of course, of course, he does. And of course, because he introduced the <laughs> yeah, skewers, yeah, yeah. he's the one taking the skewers. And he's just like Mox's face when he takes it. He's such a mad lad sometimes. So Penta with the chair to Mox, and then he takes the skewers and he just sticks like hammers them it in, his in face. Mox's head. And like some of them stay in, sticking out of the man's head. <laughs> it looks, it's an insane visual. And he, uh, Penta also hits a maid in Japan here for a two count. Santana powerbomb to Penta onto a chair. Santana pile drives Penta onto a chair. Orange Cassidy is now doing lazy as all this chaos is ensuing, right? So <laughs> Orange lazy Cassidy is still Orange Cassidy. So Moxie, of course, has a fork that to the back of Orange Cassidy's head and then stabs him repeatedly. We get a really nice brain buster by Mox to Orange Cassidy onto a chair. Um, Chuck, who's gone for a chunk of this, gets suplexed on a guardrail somewhere. Yuta, Claudio, Eddie, and Chuck are in the stadium. The rest are in the ring, in a kind of around the ring at this point. Yuta gets suplexed on a bar by Eddie. Eddie fights some security guards. Moxley trips uh, Trent off the ropes onto a ladder really hard. Trent gets powerbombed onto a ladder into the corner by Santana and Ortiz. Trent then get, he takes a beating for a stretch here. He gets X-plexed onto a barbed wire board by Moxley. That was sweet. We get a no-arm splash. You know the one that Ortiz yeah, does? Yeah, he did it from Ed the top, right? hard That on was Trent. awesome. Just looked that like looked straight awesome. dead weight landing on him. I I love that's what I miss them, man. I, I miss that. I and this is, this is where I noticed no sign of all the other guys for quite a while. Almost all of the focus is on the guys in the ring here. Mm -hmm. Mox pile drives Trent on the steps. Poor Trent, man. Orange Cassidy gets forked by Ortiz. <laughs> gets forked. We're using it as verb I now. That. Was there no um, Mad Ball here? The, the Mad Ball is awesome, I don't think too. so. That's such we'll a see. good name, though. I love the Mad Ball. Other uh, Blackpool guys are back now and at the top of the ramp. The crowd wants a table, so Ortiz gets one out. A white van drives up. That Sue got a much nicer van. <laughs> that sounds so weird um, when you just say a white van drives The crowd up. chants Sue. Mox kisses Tr Sue and Trent snaps. That's so weird. Sue hands Trent a tray of cookies and, of course, he uses it to hit people with. The music hits and Penta Oscuro shows up. That was weird. Strange. Did he change? He changed gears, right? Yeah. Um, I don't remember. What was he wearing? He was wearing black and white at one point. And then... I don't know what he came back in. But was there something that happened like the theme played i don't know anyways was, but like why why thing. did he i i don't understand anyways the a ladder breaks right with santana and penta setting up for something i think it was on the stage and they take to it and it's a sunset flip bomb through tables for santana best yeah that was that was pretty gnarly he was beat best friends beat down yuda until ortiz shows up with cookie sheet shots chuck escapes the seatbelt. yuda gets out a screwdriver it gets stuck in the turnbuckle and chuck Hits an awful waffle for two, which awful I always, waffles are really cool. I enjoy the awful. It's waffle like a lot. what? It's like the. I don't. Doesn't Brody King do a move like that? Not the Gonzo bomb. No, but it's, but yeah, something. Similar. Or is it the Gonzo bomb? It's not ex exactly. Is Gonzo is bomb it? like Gonzo bomb's like the front kind of, or is that the Tito Tombstone? I don't know. It's like it's. I think it's like the Gonzo bomb, except from the corner. It looks right? good. It's Cla really cool. Yeah. Claudio swings Cassidy. Ortiz falls, regroups, and gets uh, superplexed on the floor through a table by Trent. Three orange punches to Claudio for a near fall. Um, orange Cassidy ducks ta duct tapes his hand, sticky side out, sticks his fist in a bucket of glass. Mox blindside him, and the glass, the glass gets dumped all over, obviously. Orange Cassidy counters Moxley into a DDT on the glass, but then gets caught with a pop-up forearm. 
Kenny finally returns. I don't know where he was. Who? Or sorry, um, I think I mean, who do I mean? Who do you, Claudio? No, Chuck. Maybe uh, no, <laughs> no. Kenny. Who would I think <laughs> Kenny is? Somebody was gone for a long time, and it wasn't Kenny. But they're back. Whoever it was. <laughs> okay. Share shots to Claudio. Hurricane. Oh, Eddie. Oh, okay. Yeah, Eddie. yeah, yeah, yeah. So we get that a hurricane to Mox and Claudio. Mox gets speared through the table. Orange Cassidy with a <laughs> glassy orange punch. <laughs> yeah. Don't know. Yeah. Oh, that's right. He put his I hand in the glass. Yeah. But yeah, it is no, literally that's right. glassy. That's right. All right. I'm smart. To Claudio, and it's over after 21 minutes. Um, as Absolute car crash, as you would expect, right? By far the worst use of surroundings in one of these matches, as we talked about. Uh, like the ring was ninety percent of this, uh, and again, maybe it's understandably live. so. I agree, and I don't think it was bad, anyways. Crazy spots. Trent just took an absolute beating. A few slips along the way, which you would expect when they're doing what they're doing here. I felt like Eddie was barely in this match, right? I thought that was a strange choice. I, the only thing I really remember from him was him and Mox going through the barbed wire board towards the end, I believe. Trent really stood out in this man. He is such a valuable competitor. He's really good. Um, this it, it's strange to think of best friends in matches like this because it's kind of counterintuitive, but, oh, they but they excel. They do because they did this. They've done parking two lot. parking lot brawls. Yeah. Like so, um, I think they and I feel like they were in another one of these too. I don't I don't remember, but they I feel like they were. I don't know. I feel like they've done another one of these kind of big ones before. I don't. Know, but they they are really good in these. I think they deserve more credit for those. A bloody violent mess, and I thought it was good. Um, I like the best friends getting a win. Right, it's kind of mm -hmm. like again. In a match with this many people and whatever, the win or loss, it doesn't matter a ton. So give this group who are so mm -hmm. valuable but rarely win, mm -hmm. give them a big win. I think it's because their characters are so like not like this. So I think it's interesting to see them yes. when they are in this. Right? And I don't know what the Penta deal was. It didn't was really connect weird. with me or the crowd, I, I don't think. I didn't get it. Um, And also just how they did Penta Oscuro before. I think I'd rather save and that. And then for... it died. And then it's back. You can, I think, why don't we save Pentos Girl for when he turns heel? Right. You know? Then we can do right. Manic Pentos Girl, and that's fine. So I really like this. I gave it four stars. I don't know about you. Um. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with four stars. I really liked it, too. I thought the spots went crazy a lot of times. Uh, it was nice to see Santana Ortiz back in the mix. I thought Agreed. they did some really cool stuff. The ladder not cooperating kind of sucked, but I think the table spot eventually worked yeah. out anyways. Um, <laughs> the, the skewers were nuts. Uh, people were getting forked. Uh, the glass was really cool. Um, all the stuff with the barbed wire board is nice, and I'm glad best friends and them got a win. I think that was kind of that's kind of cool for and them. And I kind of like the idea that because Orange Cassidy's fist, he's been selling that hurt hand forever. He needed to like power it up with glass almost to like. I thought that was kind of cool to sort of counteract his weakness. Mm -hmm. Um, so Meltzer liked it more than we did as well. Four and a half stars. Mm -hmm. uh, he was pretty in a good wild mood. Match, I don't know but... if he was drinking or something during <laughs> this one. I think it delivered though. I, I think it delivered pretty well other too. than like just like obviously didn't like it wasn't incredibly widespread but i feel like despite the size of the venue i think that almost kind of works against you yeah yeah i agree um then we get the what do we have here the aew women's championship match four-way match between sheeta not gonna lie no offense to the women but this is the match i didn't really want to see sheeta storm soraya and Britt baker getting spoiled did not help oh you got spoiled on this i got I... spoiled before we saw it so i did I, that made me want to watch it less understandably so right um, I figured this was going to happen because this was the spot that I'm pretty positive Hater's supposed to be in. This was supposed to be her big win because that she is also sense. from that area. Yeah, because, okay, it's funny you say that because they did a shop AW exclusive for All In with, like, UK packaging, and guess who it was? 
Yeah. Jamie Hader. Because like, it's, of the way I'll try Sor- to find it for the you. way Soraya's been booked, the like I feel like the only reason spoiler she wins here is because they wanted to do that for the fans. Yeah, and I think yeah, here's sorry, actually that's a video. Right? So anyways. But I think that makes sense because I thought it was really weird that they went all in with like the like she kinda did like the whole baby face, like all the appearances thing. It felt really baby face like right. And it did feel weird. I thought, even though, like, I understood that they were giving her the win because she's from there, but I found her old title win and the way they went about, like, it was really jarring. So to think that it's supposed to be Hater makes so much more sense right? to me because she would have had her title run through the months. Like, because what she vacated, like, I would have been sometime before she and lost. Maybe a, they would have her lose, which but then to re- win a revolution. Yeah, she lost a butt in the spring. So she would have, or yeah, but I just think Hater, like, either winning it back here or defending it here would have made so much more sense. Agree. Oh, that makes me more mad that she got injured because now I have to suffer through two outcast title runs and it's all her fault for being selfish and getting injured. Yep. Uh, Sheeta gets sent to the floor early so the outcast can double team Baker, including a nice hip attack from I thought Storm. Baker's ring gear was kind of weird. Oh, it had like the... It was the weird pants with like the holes, but they were like kind of like... I don't know. It was weird. She wore it on Dynamite too and I thought it was weird still. Soraya and Storm both want to pin Baker, so this is part of the story here, right? Sheeta shows up to separate them by the hair. Sheeta stacks the heels up in the corner and a high knee and a suplex to Soraya <laughs> onto Storm. Baker sling blade to Storm, but the uh, super kick by Soraya. Soraya's mom is holding on to Baker at ringside and Baker moves Was and Tony mom, Storm right? hits Soraya's mom pretty hard. Soraya's mom used to wrestle, right? So she could take a... When she was pregnant. Right. So what was that? No, that was her. So that's going to play in uh, the story with the issues with I the I thought outcasts. Soraya doing her angry face looked really bad. Like, it just looked really... Like, she was doing like She was trying to do, like, an angry face. Like, she was, like, angry or disgusted at Tony Storm. And her, just, uh, her angry face it? was really ugly. <laughs> I just thought it looked really stupid. <laughs> nice. Uh, Soraya yells at Storm in the ring for hitting her mom. And then they start to strike each other. Storm with mounted strikes is Soraya before removing a turnbuckle pad. Soho shows up to have Sor- um, to save Soraya yeah, from a hip attack. Hip attacker in the corner with the exposed room. I think she should have done it because then maybe Soraya would have won. That's a cool idea. I, I selfishly wish Storm, she did. Storm forearm Soho, so the outcasts are imploding before our eyes. Fine by they're, me. They're teaming on collision tonight, though, so we might have oh. to watch. Ooh. Super kick by Soraya. Baker super kicks Storm onto Soraya for a near fall. Soraya's going for that cool submission that we watched on Arrival. Um, oh yeah, it's which if you haven't seen, you should go watch our Scorpion review. Scorpion Crosswalk or available. something like that. Yeah, uh, Baker comes yeah, out of nowhere video. to land a nice stomp to Storm. I thought that looked really good. Um, Sheeta Falcon Arrow to Baker onto Soraya. Meteora by Sheeta to, to Soraya for a near fall. Katana by Sheeta, but Baker breaks up the pin and puts Sheeta in the lockjaw. Soraya with paint to Storm's eyes. Rampage and Soraya wins less than nine minutes. Really, that's weird. So everything's been like 20, 21, 20. And then the women, as per AEW, get less than half of that. Yeah. I thought there was some... To be fair, I don't think the build to this match was amazing. I I thought it had some decent action and it told the story of the end of the outcast. Hopefully, we'll see, I guess. But this felt a bit rushed and the finish seemed a bit sudden to me. Yeah, something about this match fell off. I thought... The outcast dissension was kind of random just because she hit her mom at, by accident. Yeah. And also, I don't care because I don't like them. Yeah. So that's a factor. And then I, I agree the finish was sudden. Uh, the result is the least desirable one out of the four. Annoyed um, by Sheeta being basically transitional champion. Yeah, that really bugs me because I was happy for her. Me too. Um, And yeah, I felt like she's just transitioning the title from one outcast to another. I don't 
I don't think like I thought the action was solid. But I don't think there's anything incredibly notable here. Like it just and um in a such a what will be such a memorable show and with a bunch of memorable matches, I feel like this one will not be one of them. Yep, I was kind and I agree. I, I gave it three stars. We'll talk about what Melton uh, gave it in a two minute. Two and three quarters. Okay. I was hoping that they'd realize the mistake they'd made in signing Soraya, right? And we're kind of moving her to the back burner. Because that's what it felt like on that's TV. That's what it has felt like, yes. But apparently the plan was the opposite. And maybe it's because it's contingency for Hater being hurt. But I guess, yeah. Where's this was, Storm from? Is she Australian? I believe so, yes. Damn it. This was the reward for the home crowd, right? But do I really care? No. But to that degree, I say... Osprey got a win, so yeah. there's your hometown win. I don't think it needed to be Soraya, too. No. And again, everyone got to do a little bit here, but no one got to do a ton. So just compare. Opener, 14 minutes, and then every match up until this one after that has been over 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. And so now this championship match, it's hard to not see that as a bit disrespectful and a bit of a slight right, to the bit. division. Um, seems to be the norm. Yep, three stars. Meltzer gave it... Two and three quarter stars. He agrees with you. Hey. Nice. Um, so next, we move into a tag team match. Sting and Darby Allen taking on Christian Cage and Swerve. Swerve. So Swerve, Sting... um, he had the live entrance. He did it first yeah. and arguably better he than did Jericho. Be not, I don't even know if that's arguable, but anyways. I, I will because I, I was saying they should have took out the actual vocals from the song so that it would have sounded better for... Yeah. Um, Flash Garments, I think his name. I don't know why I know that. Um, but I thought it sounded pretty good. I, I did like it. Yeah, I thought it was good. And Nana, of course, he's there. Nana's your boy. Dancing, Dancing along. <laughs> I love it. Never so, gets old. I don't know if you noticed Sting, but apparently he answered using his final WCW theme. I did notice it was a different theme, so I, I figured it was a callback to something. I just WCW. didn't really care to figure out what it was. Yeah. Um, I'll, my notes kind of taper off in this. This was a long show. So Christian had taped Darby Allen's hands behind his back pretty early no, on in like this. He was like tying it or whatever. Like, you know, like, I think it was a tie, like a, not a zip tie, but something like that. Was it? I think. I don't know. Darby ends up hitting some offense anyways, including a dive to the floor, as it, he does. He did like a springboard moonsault, too, which I thought was cool. Yeah. Sting jumped off the apron to jump onto Swerve's back, but the t uh, table didn't break, right? So then he went up and sort of went through like almost sent on using his butt kind of to go through swerve and the table old. so a little more satisfying the second time we get in a darby allen missile drop kick to christian who's sitting in a chair on the floor looked pretty good nick wayne gets involved he hits luchasaurus with a skateboard to the back but luchasaurus just immediately headbutts him and then he gives wayne a choke slam onto the skateboard awesome. i was painful. hoping it would break but uh gimmicking skateboards to break isn't always a good idea no because sometimes they break as you're Pre swinging prematurely them yeah Swerve moves and Allen coffin drops from like the ropes onto the coffin on the floor. It looked pretty that crazy. Looked pretty Landed perfectly. Like he died. Um, of as you would expect, Sting is no selling some chair shots a little bit. As of, one does at sixty-two years old, the coffin ends up in the ring and Swerve ends up missing a four fifty and landing on the coffin as Sting gets out of the way. That looked that pretty looked nice pretty too. cool. I was hoping it would look a little better, but um, I still thought it looked really cool. We get Allen with a belt shot to Christian, a death drop to Swerve, and he's placed in the coffin, but his hand is still sticking out. So we get a coffin drop from Darby Allen, and that slams the door shut all the way. Wasn't Although, we would argue, if I, I, Heel Swerve should be suggesting he did not lose because there were a couple he had bits some of his hairs, hair Which is a part of out. him. And if Sting can break it with a baseball right. bat, he can break it with If a hair. bat sticking out 
counts, and it's not Hair part of Sting's should, body. Yeah. Hair sticking out. I would contend that's where that would be in my argument. Christian did swerving. not rightfully lose this. Right. Um, I thought that this was a good match on a show with several better matches. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I don't think it was like uh, under delivering or like disappointing or anything. No. considering it's a Sting match, which I'm not a fan of. I thought it was um one of my preferred Sting matches, and I thought it was pretty good, all things considered. But like you said, a lot of better ones uh, are elsewhere here. Yeah. So I, I, there was cool spots involving the coffin. Sting matches are a little anticlimactic, right? Because he is now 18 and 0 in AEW. So yeah. You, so, you know you're just it's a vehicle thought it, for sting to get another i, I win, saw someone say it's pretty crazy this is the biggest show he's been on and he's like 60 something now right uh That's what would your star crazy. rating be before we talk Meltzer? like three and a uh i liked it better i'll be nice and give it three and a half i was up debating between three and a quarter and three and a half as well i'll be i'll be nice um what did he give it four and a quarter <laughs> Meltzer's in no a good way. mood what is up with Meltzer? Meltzer loving wow. loving this show so yeah, I, I could go three and a half as well yeah. on that one. Uh, then we get the match that we weren't super looking forward to, but I was curious. Oh, what was it? I don't remember. Obviously, we everybody wanted Osprey Omega. Oh. We're not getting it. So we get Jericho Osprey instead. Biggest disappointment of my 16-year life. So my first point. So Jericho can't actually sing. His theme sounded like bad karaoke. <laughs> really bad. Anyway, that's exactly what it was. It's so bad. I think sometimes it sounds okay. Like. I think the song itself, when they record it, sounds like good enough. You well, know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, because they can run it through a million. But yeah, filters but like I think I could I make you sound like that. I think he, singing life, he's been okay. But I think multitasking, singing, and doing something else, walking was to the ring. too complicated for him. <laughs> I feel like he a slow walk to the ring. I think he should have <laughs> picked one or the other. Um, but yeah, it was. So my notes continue yeah. to taper off, but that's fine because this is getting lengthy. We get a rough high-angle German to Osprey on the apron That was really on. cool, though. Rough in like a good way. Yes. Osprey with an atomic drop, chopped to the chest, and a standing uh, shooting star press. All perfect, of course. Another Osprey shooting star to a dangling Jericho as he's kind of hanging over the ropes. Backstabber, then a code breaker by Jericho. Judas effect is blocked, and uh, we get an Oz cutter for Jericho instead. Oz cutter. At one point, Callus distracts the ref. Sammy hits Osprey with a baseball bat, which I think Jericho on on Dynamite, Dynamite is like you could have hit him harder, right? Something. We get a Stormbreaker. Do you like a Sammy Callahan kind of thing? You could have done that. Yeah, Stormbreaker countered into a Hurricane Rana. We get a Spanish Fly by Osprey, and then Jericho hits his own Oz cutter. Not the cleanest, but not bad for a man of his. It age. looked weird, remember? Because we were kind of confused. Judas Effect for two, Stormbreaker for two, Hidden Blade, another Stormbreaker, and Osprey wins after just under 15 minutes. And then Jericho in the ring with Sammy afterwards is clearly frustrated with Sammy or in general and kind of walks away. So we said that if this match turned out really well, then it would be a feather in Osprey's cap, right? And I think that's exactly what we got here. Yep. I really like this. I liked it. I um, This was in my top three matches on this show. That's pretty crazy to say. Uh, maybe. I thought it was really good. Good action, good counters. And again, my notes have dwindled greatly from the beginning, so it sound, didn't sound like much. I thought there were some good near falls. I felt like it was about the perfect length. Osprey is just an absolute, complete, I don't want to say generational because that gets used too often, but close to that talent. Jericho still Osprey's has enough amazing. in the tank, right, to put on a strong match when he really, really yeah. needs to. So I really got into this match. Um and for a while, I forgot I wasn't getting Omega Osprey 3. I was getting a really good match forget. with one of the best wrestlers in the world at the peak of his powers and a, and a 
talented veteran, right? So uh, I really like this match. How about you? Yeah, I thought it was really good. I think Osprey definitely delivered uh, as we would hope. And I thought Jericho was pretty good, too. It's one of his better matches in recent memory, for sure. Yeah. Um, I thought some of the near falls were good because I thought I feel like this is one of the ones where it could have gone either way on the show. Right. So I think that kind of helped. Um, but I really like the German on the apron. Um, Osprey had some sweet stuff too. I liked Osprey's gear. Um, and I love his theme song, which is unrelated, but I'm just, I'm just saying. Yep. Um, but yeah, I thought it was really good. I'm glad Osprey got the win because I think that was undoubtedly the right choice. And so that helped save it for me. However, I will never forget they robbed me <laughs> of what we deserved. Uh, star rating? Uh, what did four. I say? Four and a quarter? I go four. Meltzer? Don't, I swear to God. Four and three quarters. So not five, but he loved it. I don't... I, Man loved it. That's, that's all right. He loved this show. Yeah. It's funny, because I really, really like this show. I really like the show, but I'm still surprised that Meltzer... Because Meltzer's usually, like, the opposite. Like, he's a little more critical when he doesn't have to be. You know what right. I mean? Best is when we get Nigel in the ring announcing the paid attendance of 81,035. Pretty crazy. They also announced it is a new worldwide record for a pro wrestling event. Suck it, Vince. Uh then we get the trios championship being defended oh, by I forgot about this. House of Black. They're taking on the acclaimed House of White with the not retired Billy Gunn. Yeah, uh, because House... they burned his boots. <laughs> and so we're getting badass Billy Gunn because that's the most extreme example of him. And that's the most nostalgic. Would you say? Right. Um, um, House of Black were wearing white though. That looked really. They sweet. looked awesome. Other than I think uh, Buddy Murphy should have had white kick pads instead of black ones. But whatever. I also love the tribute to Bray Wyatt because they uh, had Murphy's Buddy lantern. was carrying the lantern and then I, left I it really at like the top. That, that was really cool. I love cool. that. I like uh, that. Early on, a bit surprised, Julia Hart takes the scissor me timbers. Right. That was funny. I so saw that someone was like captioning that was something funny. Like, good luck explaining that to someone. It's it, it's funny though. It's, and this is so where funny. on the main show for people that didn't see the pre-show, they show Mercedes Monet sitting in the crowd here. Ah. Okay. So clearly she's going to feud with Julia Hart. <laughs> and Julia Hart gets a big win. I thought to she launch her career. I thought she's going after Murphy, but I guess. Uh, a mistake sees uh, Brody King flatten black, allowing the acclaim to sort of take control. Uh, Julia Hart pulls referee Aubrey Edwards out of the ring that breaks up a pinfall. Black takes advantage, hits gun with the end, formerly the black mass, right? I don't, that black mass is way better. But only for a near fall. Two arrivals, two mic drops to Brody King. The acclaimed win just over 10 minutes as my notes continue to dwindle, but the matches are getting shorter. I thought the finish, like, at least they made Brody King look good, taking a lot. But I thought yeah. the finish was kind of boring just because it took a while for them to hit it once, kick out, hit it again, then yep. they win. Like, I, I do appreciate them kind of making Brody King look strong, taking all that, but it just like, it felt like a slow finish to me. And I felt like the match was good, but I thought just, the match was solid, yeah. just kind of there. Felt yeah. like it could have been on TV. I feel like kind of similar in tone to some other matches on the card that I cared more about. I feel like I this guess. could have been on All Out because I feel like it it's right. fine as a pay per view match, but I feel like given All In's different, I feel like it could have been on All Out because I feel like All Out is still a pay per view, but obviously of smaller stature. Yeah. So I feel like this could have been saved for All Out. I'm not. In my opinion. I don't quite get the title chains here because it finally felt they were putting some effort into House of Black, even if it was on Collision where I'm not really seeing it, and I like. I know it's the culmination of the Billy Gunn retirement angle, but I didn't really care about that. Yeah. So this doesn't move the needle for me at all. I don't love the choice either. Uh, I did. I knew this is where they were going, obviously, because just the build definitely felt like they're building to a title change. I'm not saying that, like, I get it. Cause I guess other than like a thank you for Billy Gunn, I guess. Yeah. Like gives him one more kind of run. 
but I didn't get it because I thought House of Black were on a roll. I kind of share your sentiment, um, but I definitely did expect this at least. But I still thought it was a good match. It's just relative to everything else or yeah. most other things. So I gave it three and a half stars. I don't know about you. Um, yeah, I'd go like three and a quarter, maybe three and a half. Wow. Melts are going the other way. Two and a half. Really? Not a fan. Interesting. I mean... That's a little surprising given how much he's surprisingly liked the show. Right. So Meltzer's all over the place. He is. Uh, okay, so then we get to the main event, which is MJF defending against his best friend, only friend of his entire life. Yep. And I mention that because this is as much story as action almost. And there's lots of both, right? I'm not trying to say that that's a good or bad thing because the crowd's waiting to see who will turn on whom. Could they possibly stay friends throughout this? How will this play out, right? So really cool in that sense that there is a strong story and a strong build to this. So they grab their new t-shirts from under the ring, right? And put them on right at the beginning of this. Yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting. And you noticed MJF has Brochacho for life on his elbow pad. Yeah, right? I was trying to peep out the elbow pads. He's always got something yes. related that's amusing on there. So there's an exchange. And maybe the apparently the Brochacho for life was a bit of a foreshadow for this match, at least, I guess, right? Kind of. Why is that? Because they end up staying oh, friendly. Oh, I guess, yeah. Exchange of holds in the first minute. Neither man gets an advantage. MJF leads the crowd in a sportsmanship chant, <laughs> that, leading funny, to a handshake and then an immediate stupid. eye poke, right? Which I thought was funny. <laughs> yeah, that was all funny. Uh, each man with a hair pull takedown, just showing that, like, because of the importance of this, they're willing to take shortcuts even against their so, best friend. Some more than others. Right? Yes. And that's what a uh, dynamic I like in this, too. MJF delivered corner punches along with some head biting there. Again, we're taking some shortcuts. MJF does do the suicide dive spot here. Looks pretty good. We get an MJF powerbomb, a Cole anti-air superkick. Cole superkicks really sharp in this, uh, looking very snug. Cole ends up hitting a heat seeker. MJF gets his foot on the ropes on a nice near fall. Madness, crazy looking brain buster to MJF on the steps. Oh, yeah, that was bananas. It looked nuts. Nitpick, though, MJF barely beats the 10 count. Why would Cole take the chance of winning? Yeah, by that was a little weird. A little bit of a glitch there. I didn't. Under I, and I guess you could talk chalk it up to storyline, and he feels really horrible about brainbustering him on the, you know what I mean? And he kind of wants him to I recover, guess. I guess. I but guess. Still. But um, I, don't, I don't think that was. Not based on what you see Cole do later right. on. And in that, I feel like if that was the case, it wasn't communicated enough. Right. Right. So. Uh, we get on the announce table. MJF can't follow through with a tombstone or whatever he's going to do, but M but Cole can. So he hits a tombstone, and the table doesn't break, right? So it, it kind of yeah, almost looks more Yeah, because their table is not built like that, only on the side. Yeah. Cole with the Canadian Destor Destroyer, MJF with the super kick. Double clothesline is called for and hit, and both men are down for the count. Hey, that's two for two that the double clotheslines won matches. And the all match out. is declared a draw because neither man can get out. Cole is furious and yelling, no way. And we the can crowd's hear him, actually booing. We can hear him on just the general mics. Um, he's telling Max to give him five more minutes. And MJF, of course, says no. And then there's a pause. And then he says, five minutes isn't enough. We're going until we've got an effing winner. Uh, a winner in effing Uncensored. Wembley. I guess it's pay-per-view. So. Was on, And it was also not a direct mic. It was just picked up on the, the crowd mics. Or no, whatever. he was MJF. Did he grab a mic? mic? Oh, I think did, so, yeah. Sorry. Uh, the match restarts, each guy going for a pinfall while grabbing tights right away. MJF ducks. Cole hits the referee with a forearm. MJF smiles, leaves the ring to get a chair. Then we get the Eddie Guerrero spot where the two of them are tossing the chair back and <laughs> I thought forth. that was kind of funny. Waiting for the referee to wake up. So it looks like the ref is stirring. So Cole, MJF tosses the chair to Cole and MJF falls down. 
Or no, sorry, other no, way around. Cole fell down. He so got MJF's him. holding the chair, but because he's so clever, he's like, fine, I'll put it around my neck. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Right? Um, um, the only thing I didn't love was why was Cole getting up then, because then that would make him look bad. Right. But I thought I thought MJF was really funny. The referee does eventually wake up, doesn't call a DQ here for anybody. We get MJF with a super kick and a heat seeker for a two count. Straight jacket. Heat seeker is a really cool move. I it love is. it. Straight jacket suplex on the apron to MJF looked good. We get a nice Panama sunrise on the floor. Oh, that was awesome. And it's I like the selling, too, because MJF is dead weight, right? So by the time Cole can actually get him into the ring, MJF had time to be able to kick out, right? Mm -hmm. MJF uh, then moves out of the way, and Cole gives the referee, I think it was Remsburg, right? A Panama sunrise. That was cool. I thought it, I thought it the, looked pretty good. The landing wasn't perfect, no. but I thought I thought in general it was really but cool. But the moving him into place and having him take it looked pretty good. MJF puts the dynamite dyna, diamond ring on his pinky finger. He's thinking bad. Has it. a moment of conflict and cannot quite do it. Roddy then shows up, hits a low blow to MJF, Panama sunrise, and boom to MJF. But the ref is just recovering, so his count is really, really slow, and MJF still manages to kick out. Roddy then hands a belt, the, the belt, for Cole to use, but Cole does not follow through and use it. Roddy then marches out in frustration. MJF pops up inside Cradle, and he wins the match and retains his championship after 29 minutes. 29 I, minutes felt short to me. They're like, I thought this felt longer than 29 minutes. Not in a bad way, no. just I thought it genuinely felt longer than that. After the match, MJF tells Cole... That it could have gone either way, because obviously Cole is like crushed sitting in the corner. MJF says the people still love you. MJF says that he got lucky and that um, he get goes and gets their I love tag that, team it's titles. Such, it's such a contrast to how MJF would be in any other thing. So it gets their tag team titles and said we've still got these at least. And then Cole, in a moment of frustration, just throws his out of the ring. So MJF it thinks that this is all crashing down at this point, right? So he's kind of saying like. You never cared about me. You're a fake piece of crap that only cares about yourself. Um, MJF then throws MJF. the world title at Cold and told him to effing take it. Uh, MJF told Cold to get over it um, with Max. Sorry, and hit Max with the title, basically. Roddy comes back telling Cole, yeah, that's what you need to do. <laughs> Roddy's so good. Cole throws the title down again. Um, and MJF and Cole end up hugging in the ring as if they were not going to have any, the, the sort of Cole's gotten over the frustration. He doesn't want Max to feel like this has all been a ruse. The fans love that they're hugging MJF music plays. The stadium fills with confetti and Mike Bennett and Matt Taven were there and they're holding cause they got to make the main event here. Of course, yeah, as they would the holding back strong. Um, excellent match. Really, really liked it. My only thing that's, like, cause it's not you were saying. I really don't want this to, you know, take the throne from the. It did not. It didn't, and I think you can objectively say it did. I, don't I think am... our bias matters there. <laughs> oh, but... which, like, I did want an amazing match. I think this was amazing, but selfishly, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. My a few too many top. moving parts to have it be like match of the year for me. Like multiple ref bumps, run-ins, foreign objects, a plenty. I don't know. I like that all though. The cause... ref bumps were a bit too much for me. More than one, I start to get struggled. Cause in other situations, you have a second ref run down. Right. When when do we do that and when do we not? Anyways, sure. I still thought this was a pretty a great match. Clear the chemistry between these two extends to in ring as well as in segments and on the mic. Really good looking offense and near falls. I thought it, I liked the story that Cole was willing to do more serious damage than MJF was. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and that could make sense because Cole has many friends and MJF has 
and only ever had one Cole's, and doesn't want to lose. And Cole's him. also the one chasing the title. Yes. So, um, I mean, I, I guess you could make the same argument if he was defending, but still. Excellent, excellent match. Just a titch too heavy on storytelling, and it's weird for me to say that because it's super rare. Uh, I thought this was... I would give it probably four and a half stars. This match. I'd give it four and a half, too. I really liked it. I thought the storytelling was uh, really nice. It was, there was a lot, but I really liked it, though. I did like Cole going all out to try to win the title. I thought the Panama Sunrises were really connecting. Yep. He hit a few of them. The one on the good. floor looked awesome. The tombstone on the table looked cool. The brain buster on the stairs was bananas. Uh, MJF was at his peak form, too. I thought these guys really delivered, especially because both of them were kind of face. And Cole acting kind of heelish made me happy because I... I, lo I love Heel Cole, and I hope we go back to that someday, but I'm willing to wait with this storyline. I think this mm -hmm. was like a really nice climax to the story, at least so far, because obviously there's still more to do. But um, I really like this. It felt like a worthy main event for the show, though. I think Me that's too. the best thing I can say about it. Yes. Because for such a big show, I think they really needed the to deliver on the last ever. match. And I think they did deliver on it. I think it was really good. I liked Roddy's involvement, too. Um, I yeah. like that he's actually like trying to screw him jeff i like that he was trying to help cole but cole didn't really want it i really like that too um some of the parts were amusing as well i thought the false finish was um it was well done i i, I was accepting that and um i don't know i thought it was really good and it felt like it belonged as the main event which I is agree. good because i'm i think the concern with that would be that it falls short and then you're like that's how the, your big show ends mm -hmm. but i think it was actually a really good ending and that includes the kingdom yep uh dave Meltzer agrees with us four and a half stars yeah good uh, not six stars nope <laughs> overall lengthy but excellent show no match really being a letdown um i pretty much loved ftr bucks osprey jericho in the main event right then i thought punk elite blackpool gold or sorry blackpool gold bullet club gold stadium stampede were all very good thought women's match casket match trios match were good like nothing was bad uh, i don't think the build to some of these matches were great but delivered i gave it an a minus i thought it was a really good show mm -hmm. like nothing was the worst thing was maybe the women's and it was pretty short right and it wasn't even that it was bad it was solid um so an a minus really really good mm -hmm. show yeah for um their biggest show that they've ever done and i guess technically the biggest show in history i think it did deliver on all fronts i think top to bottom a really strong show i think like you said nothing really bad and a few really good ones like i really love the main event um, I think Osprey Jericho is really good. I don't know. I don't know what my top three would be. I think it'd be probably the main event, maybe the trios, the the first trios, though, with the that one, and then yep. maybe Stadium Stampede. With I don't Black, know. Uh, Bullet Club Gold. Bullet Club Gold. Yes, yeah, that was fun. Um, and then like Stadium Stampede was fun, like chaotic. I don't think. I think yeah, the worst match was maybe the women's or the trios titles, but yep. neither of those were bad by any means. I think even the pre-show really delivered. Mm -hmm. um, That's a good Just point. at least feeling like it mattered. So it I think top matter. to bottom, it's a really good show. And it felt like a worthwhile effort for such a momentous occasion. Yep. And props to them for getting this done because it's crazy that they have pulled this off. And I, like WCW never did that. TNA nope. never did that. Um, so it's crazy that they've been able to do this and they've usurped the record from the clutches of the juggernaut. Um, so I was really pleased with this all in all. Um, yes. I think it's really cool. I'm looking forward to the next one, of course. Uh, I think I would also give it an A minus. It was a very nice show. Yeah, really um, good. Probably c makes the bill for one of the best shows of the year. I think so. I think with this, surprisingly, WrestleMania, uh, probably for Bindor. For Bindor. Um, no bias. So they have that's a history okay. of some of the matches where without very strong builds being really entertaining shows still. So that's always nice, right? You yep. can always fall back on the in-ring action with AEW, I feel like. Yeah. Even when other stuff is bugging you. Agreed. Right? 
All right, so we are already at all, an hour and 40 minutes, buddy. So we got to get moving through our get next going. segment where we take a look now at what's first. I guess it'll be this week's AEW Dynamite. All right, my son, talk to me about this week's Dynamite. What happened? Anything? Um, I think I watched it. I think I watched it, yeah. Me too. Uh, we kicked off with a quick all-in recap package, which we kind of just did. So no, yeah, no need to go over that. that. Uh, we opened with John Moxley versus Commander, which I don't even know if I saw this advertised. Yeah, it was so, kind of out of nowhere, right? A little bit? A little bit. Um, there was a tilt-to-whirl head scissors from Commander, which sent Moxley out of the ring. Then he had a high crossbody to the outside. Uh, there's a crazy corkscrew dive from the top uh, from Commander in the ring, but uh, he missed it. Mox followed up with an X-Plex. Dropkick to the knee, followed by a basement DDT from Commander. Uh, torture rack into a double knee gut buster from Commander for two. Which that was, was cool. cool. Torture yeah. rack, gut check. Bit surprised. Uh, Commander went for a rope walk into a 450 splash. Mox got his knees up. That looked King good Kong too. Larry in a pile driver for two from Mox. Uh, and then Mox being down with hammer and elbows, locked him in a sleeper, but then he switched to a Juji Katami uh, for <laughs> yes. the win. Yeah. A pretty dominant win from Mox, right? A, I got a bit of a flurry from Commander near the end that I liked it because it was like seemed to just piss Moxley off and make him even more violent, which I kind of like that idea. Good enough match, predictable outcome, not a hot opener exactly, but not a bad match either, right? Like this is what you're going to get from this. So mm -hmm. it was solid. Yeah, um, I thought it was a fine opener. Um, no story here, but um, it was None. it was solid. Um, kind of random, yeah. Uh. It heats up Mox a little bit ahead of all it, I guess. So I guess it's good enough for that. But um, on paper, it was an interesting clash of styles here, and it ended up in a solid match despite just being kind of plopped in front of us. Right. Uh, Commander looked pretty good, though. He worked, I felt like he worked more well rounded here, like less of his crazy stuff, which he st was still evident here, but he still had some like normal, like some standard wrestling in here, which I thought was kind of interesting, like just kind of more of a well rounded mm -hmm. performance here. And then Mox had some really cool stuff as well, and then put him away brutally. Nothing complicated, but um, a fine start, I thought. Me too. Um, next, we have a quick Orange Cassidy package. He says it doesn't matter to him how many defenses he's had. He won't stop, and he'll keep defending whenever uh, he has to against whoever. Uh, he says even after one of the craziest matches he's ever been in, he won't stop because he, does, he doesn't do that. He says if he makes it through tonight, he'll show Mox he's a different Orange Cassidy from the guy who started here. Um, and that is it. I thought I there was another one. I thought this was like about as serious as an intense as Cassidy has ever been, right? And I, it makes sense because you're doing he's doing that against a guy like Moxley, and you can't roll in being a comedy guy because Mox is gonna kill you. So I kind of like like yeah. I'm a little different than what you think I am. So I thought it was a good quick segment mm -hmm. from him and showing a little bit of range, right? Yeah. This was pretty serious, Orange Cassidy. Yeah, I agree. I thought it was a really nice promo from him, uh, really straightforward, but probably one of the time uh, one of the times we've heard him talk the most and it was more serious yeah um i really like what he had to say just um the embodiment of your typical fighting champion and i'm looking forward to the match with mox and yeah he's kind of got to ramp him up himself up a bit because you gotta really go all in to combat mox mm -hmm. or all out exactly if you want i don't know all in all out whatever um next we get a uh, box backstage post all in so this is from then uh, Nick says it was supposed to be their night, and it was disappointing. They're talking about, like this is the show they created years mm -hmm. ago, and they came up short here. FTR come in, and uh, Dax asked what the deal is with the no handshake. Uh, the Bucks talk about how they created the show, and with all the fans there, they lost their cool, and they at least owe them respect. So we're about to get that, but then the Bang Bang Gang come in celebrating their win. They're carrying uh, the card blade around, which is the... And just the energy picks up when they walk yeah. in, right? Does the... 
I, I the card blade thing amuses me. With yeah, the, they carried uh, around the switchblade. Yeah, yeah, because he was gone for a week or whatever, mm-hmm. so they just, they started carrying around. They the, adopted him now. And then I I laugh when I found out his name was Cardblade. Mm-hmm. Um, and so black, not black bull, uh, ball club gold. Come in, they tell the Bucks to beat it, and they have to argue and say what they want because it's the winners' room. Um, White says between the two losses, the elite doesn't seem to be doing too good. And basically we get to FTR and the Bucks challenging them to an eight man tag. So we will get that all out. Yeah. And I mean, it's a flimsy way to put a match together for a show a week away. Don't care. But the match should be good. And Blackpool, Mm-mm. Blackpool, my God. I keep doing, I can't the, do it. Th- th- this is why I this never, this is my new AE Dynamite. This is why I never <laughs> shorten it to BCG because I know, I know that will trip. I always do that's what, at that's most. That's exactly my problem. At most, I do BC Gold because I know the word true, Gold true. will, because I trigger you. If I do BCG, because I do yeah. do BCC because that's literally been on shirts. So I'm like, okay, that's an appropriate. Too close. I, to, I can't do it because I'm system. going, I'm going, because you were saying, like, because I think you said you were doing BCG and I was like, and I think we we talked about it before, right? And yeah. I just I can't, can't do it because clearly I'm, I can't either. I trip myself up on it just saying it because like they just sound too so similar. Bullet Club Gold. <laughs> there we go. You gotta like enunciate. Continue you know, to entertain me. Yes. They almost have, and I you might get offended by this, but in the good sense, DX vibes a little bit. I can see what you mean. Right, you've got your Hunter, you've got your Sean, and you've got your like. Um, Who's your Sean? I would say Juice? Sean is. Who do you think's the bigger? I would say Sean's Jay White because he's the bigger star. Sean's a bigger star than Trips. I overall in the history of the company, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Right. That makes so sense. and then you've got <laughs> Juice your, Robinson's Triple H confirmed. And then you Boom. got the New Age Outlaws as your tag team, kind of fits right. <laughs> that I mean, Billy Gunn. And it's just that whole we don't take anything seriously kind of deal, right? Uh, but still, while being I an think Bullet Club Gold have really come in their own because I thought they started out solid. I I love Switch and Juice, so they started out solid. But I think adding the guns, which is weird for me to say, but I think that really added a yep. lot to their act, and I like the guns now. So and I just I really like them as a Jay whole White unit. sounds really comfortable, and the match should be good. So I I don't he's know. Some, I was fine with this. He's a masterful heel. Honestly, Switchblade, it sucks because him and Swerve are like they're in the next level for me i think at some point one of them's gonna either get like the international title of the world title because both of those guys mm-hmm. are money well they'll have you gold at some like, point for sure i i love them both so much so but yeah i i thought this was pretty good uh like you said uh bullet club gold never failed to amuse me i just love them as a whole like i, I love seeing bang bang gang i was That's just funny. gonna say even the bang bang gang thing that sounds is just like i remember someone like for the tone they're doing i remember someone like commented like they said bang bang, bang sounds gay or whatever i'm like i don't it's it's funny no, like sounds good I, I i love it so much uh card blade is amusing too uh buck was solid it makes sense um it'll be interesting to see see if there's like a breadcrumb for them turning again or something mm-hmm. um then i'm wondering if like I don't think they would turn heel with Omega again, but because I kind of miss heel elite, they were such dick bags. It was so good. Oh my, Nick Jackson was peak. Um, it might just be a thing because of All In. Uh, but the eight man tag sounds sweet though. Um, I'm liking the sound of it. I'm really, I'll, I'm looking forward to that. Um, but I was really hoping like, and maybe we could get it down the line. I would love a three way tag title match. We get FTR versus Bucks versus. Yep. I would prefer Switch and Juice, I mean, but if you want to put the guns in instead because they're technically the tag team of the crew, mm-hmm. then you could do that. But, yeah, I would love that. Then we get a recap of my favorite match from All In, which is, of course, the women's title match. Then we get an interview with Tony Storm. Um, she was just... The gist of it was just she's kind of freaking out because she can't trust people, and she's doing some, like, kind of diva gimmick or whatever. It's like um, old-school Hollywood starlet or, like, film noir. Which is I'm weird not quite because... Sure yet. I don't know where this is coming from. I don't either, but like for me, 
at the end of the day, you're trying to add depth to a whim, a woman on this character, yeah. on this roster. Sorry. No, I was thinking so at, I'm at willing, the very least, it's interesting. Right. I don't like. I feel like it's kind of random because I know she's. Oh, it is. She, she kind of changed her look like this before All In. So yeah. I, I wish they kind of waited on this to start it now, so mm-hmm. that would make a little more sense. But at, at least it's something interesting for her because I kind of get it stemming from All In and everything that went down. So I feel like. They should have just waited to go full tilt on this, but I think it's interesting. The only issue Same. is it stems from the outcast, so I don't care a ton. So I'm waiting a bit longer to see how I feel about it, but I'm happy they're trying something with mm-hmm. her, right? Um, I just also noted that uh, Soraya's champion's horrible. May it be a transitional run, although Sheeta winning the title's random too, so why couldn't she be transitional? I don't know. It's Hater weird. comes back. Hater says that was supposed to be my spots. Hater squashes her in like 90 seconds. Can we do the Brody Boom. Lee thing? Yeah. R.I.P. Um, it's weird. Um, I hope Soraya loses it soon. I would like that too. Actually, what you're saying it doesn't really matter okay. who beats her as long as they don't suck. Correct. That's our criteria. Don't suck and be interesting. Because Chris Statlander doesn't suck, but she's not very interesting. So. I forget she exists. Yeah. Exactly. Again, this is a champion in your company. I don't know if it's better or worse than Jade. I mean, I'm just glad it's not Jade anymore. But it's not. She's not doing much better. It's and I like Statlander, but exactly. we don't see her. She's good at she's got half of our criteria. She doesn't suck, but she's also not interesting. Correct. So she's got half their criteria. Um next we get to hear from Chris Jericho. Woo-hoo. Yeah. Yeah. Um he called all in one of the greatest weekends of his career for Fozzie's <clears throat> big show mm-hmm. um on Friday. Oh, they had a front show on Friday. Okay, never mind. My bad. There was a show. But I I hope it was better than all in, I guess. <laughs> Um, then he talks about the tickets sold, and he says the number's real. So I I think it is, too, I think, right? So pretty sure, they sure they went out of their way to phrase it as paid attendance. So Where WWE does not do that. When they, they make just up go their stuff, they, balls just, out with they just say attendance. Because that could be, so we AEW's... brought 5,000 people in and gave them tickets or whatever, right? So they actually said paid, so it leads me to believe it's a little more legit, but who knows? That's true. Because um, I feel like it'd be a little weird to lie about paid attendance. Agree. Um, like you, you chose those words for a reason. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You, you could easily do the WWE thing and lie attendance. about it, right? Or, yeah. With ninety thousand in attendance, including <laughs> like that. So, and I'm, and I'm not even. I'm only half kidding. That could include like the employees working the concessions and stuff, right? Because uh-huh. they're in attendance, but they didn't pay, and they're not even watching the show. But I could see them lumping them in. Maybe they're just watching, that skeptical about WWE. Maybe they're watching on the backstage monitor. You know how there's those, those right. are always playing on the... <laughs> from the side, standing <laughs> beside it. Um, so he says he regrets how he treated Sammy after the match, pushing away, so he calls him out. Um, and Jericho thanked him for trying to help. I think it was the bat shot. We played a video of that. Yep. Sammy said he always has his back, and a little push isn't going to break them up. Um, although that's how backstage issues start. So I wouldn't take pushes so lightly. <laughs> Be professional. Sammy's professional. professional. Sammy is professional. Um, he said Jericho said he's been replaying the match in his mind, trying to, figure, trying to figure out what could happen. He rhymes things off. He says maybe Sammy could have hit him off, hit Osprey harder with the bat, because <laughs> that would that would make sense. Yep. Then they kind of start trading barbs after that. Sammy said he'd left his pregnant wife in Orlando to be there for Jericho. I said if he wasn't worried about having Jericho's back, then maybe he could have wrestled on the show. True. Mm-hmm. Um, Sammy told Jericho. Uh, about losing um, on the biggest show they've ever had. Jericho insulted Sammy by saying he didn't win the title in the Four Pillars feud. And uh, Sammy made a reference that I liked he, about Jericho winning the 
world title in the same arena they're in because they're in Chicago, but then losing the title at a steakhouse in Jacksonville, which that was funny. <laughs> I actually forgot about that. You did do that. Um, then they kind of were having stared on. Then Jericho was like, oh, we should go after the tag titles. And Sammy's like, okay. And then they hugged. Yes. That's um, the gist of it. And I don't want them to, but. Some weirdness. First of all, and I'm not even saying anyone's performance wasn't good here, but Jericho's character changes significantly so frequently that I like have trouble getting invested in anything he's doing, right? Because exactly. he's gone heel face with these people against these people so much so often. And to be fair, Sammy's kind of been doing it too, right? Like, remember when it was the four pillars thing? Yeah. Where, like, suddenly he's a baby face. Well, I think not. partially because, like, they were starting to do a face turn with him and then they forgot about it. I yeah. think, I don't think that's entirely on him because I no. think he could have been doing a whole baby it just face makes stick by this now. stuff yes. hard to. Yeah, buy I think into, I only right? got into it last week because Osprey really sold me on the match. But now Os- Osprey's absent. So I think they both did a fine job and I'm all for wrestlers taking verbal shots at each other and the. Some of them were good, and the crowd did react to some of them. And I don't think it was a bad segment, but it doesn't hit for me since I struggle to pin down what either of these guys are. And since I do not want them in the tag title scene. And then they go from like insulting each other and whatever to like, yep, we're tag team partners. And Jericho's like, we need to get back on track. Let's go for the tag title. So my question to you, does this feel like a budget MJF Cole? No. No, feels like kind of dollar store to me. No, it just feels like like we're friends, we're not friends. Who's turning on who? I don't. I don't know. I don't. It just doesn't feel the same to me because that one. Uh, these guys obviously been that's teaming. why it's dollar store version. No, but I don't know. I guess maybe, but like it just doesn't because I don't care about it. I know. Same. So it's just. I don't know if it's a bad segment. I'm. It's just. It's not for me. That's not. I don't really care. Yeah. I don't know who these guys are half the time. So. I'm not buying in too much. Nope. Um, this is okay. Back to the Jericho stuff I don't really care about. Send them fine. Just don't care. Don't care about him apologizing to Sammy. Don't care about their sarcastic shots. I like some of them. Like the reference to him losing the title, like literally losing it. Mm-hmm. But I, at the same time, I don't care. If you know what I mean? Yep. Um, don't have. I certainly don't have any interest in a tag team run for these two. Sammy has one of AW's supposed pillars can do a lot better than this. And he can have much better matches and more success without Jericho. And I don't need to see Jericho wrestle consistently, much less go for a championship in this day and age. Correct. I think this is the stage where he should be winding down his career. And I saw like someone say like he should be their undertaker kind of thing. Like he can be used for special appearances, have him in the odd match, make him look good. He doesn't need to be doing regular things like this. I don't want him to have any title in AEW. He's done. He did a good job getting AEW started with his title run, but he doesn't need to do another title run in any capacity or go for one. Um, plus, there's way better teams to dethrone FTR, like Aussie Open, mm-hmm. um, anyone from Bullet Club Gold, if you want to do one of those combinations. Um, maybe even a Blackpool combination could have a solid run with the titles. Like, Not to mention the recently reformed Proud and Powerful. Get them in the mix, you know what I'm saying? Right. Um, Mike get, Santana. Got, get so my weird. boy Mike. <laughs> gotta get them going again but and then there's some x inner circle guys i actually care about yes eh? uh and i'm not talking jk here anyways this was fine with an outcome i don't want yep um speaking of blackpool um or bulk of gold depending on yes. what we're saying um mox is speaking backstage uh just of it was he was basically saying like it was something like everyone around here's got like a lot of bark or whatever um you know like all the talk and whatever and he's we're, we'll see who has the bigger bite at all out uh, and he will walk out international champion. Yeah, like good work from him. And he's it's hard. He's trying to build a match where, in theory, he doesn't know his opponent, right? So he doesn't know if he's facing Cassidy or Penta, Penta. Oscar. So it's tough to sort of 
get too specific, yeah. but he sounds good as mm -hmm. he usually does. I thought it'd be funny. Mox would be an interesting philosophy teacher because he's like saying things like this. Mm -hmm. I, I, th I thought it was funny, but I really liked it. I liked the way he talks. And but when he was thinking talking about that, he was talking about like everyone with so much bark. I immediately thought of one particular person who, who may be native to Chicago. Yeah, perhaps. Would you say he was made there? I would. I, I would even go as far to say he, he was say made there. Either. Um, yeah, I'll, my friend was telling me, uh, Hancock was telling me that they, you can do a survey from Fan Expo, and we could win tickets to Chicago Fan Expo. Go burn like, it down. I don't I don't want to go. I refuse to go to Chicago. I don't want to <laughs> go. Case Punk's there, because he likes superheroes. <laughs> you could spit on him or something. He I could be spit there. on him. <laughs> yeah. I should bring my lightsaber and just wail on him with yeah, it. That too. I'd rather go to San Antonio. Thank you. Um, not for a particular reason, just for the the shop. No right. wrestlers, but just the shop. Right. Um. Next, we get Eddie Kingston versus Wheeler Yuta, another random one, but this for this and the New Japan Strong Open Weight Championship. Correct. Uh, and Kingston's got um or Kenny, um Kenny, <laughs> he's got a bandage around his head from uh, Stadium Stampede. Mm hmm. Even though he was MIA for half of that match, at least. Well, I mean, you don't know how beat up he got true, back true. there. You don't. You don't. You weren't there. I was not. You were not there. Um, so Yuta went after Eddie's taped elbow as well in the early going. I uh, put him in a hammerlock and then shoulder first in the ring post. Um, Yuta was seated on the top triangle. Eddie just clubbed him to knock him to the outside. Then he hit a suicide dive to him. Machine gun chops from Kingston. Uh, nice German suplex from Yuta for two after a brief exchange. Uh, Kingston got his knees up on a timing splash, followed the side of suplex for two. Load of hammer and elbows from Yuta. Uh, or sorry, hammer and anvil elbows. I skipped a word there. Um, then the finish came when um, we got a half and half suplex from Kingston. Then he hits a Yurik in the back fist. Uh, but Yuta was like trying to stay up and you know kind of stay strong, New Japan kind of style. Uh, Kingston connects with another Yurikin. Look good. Or Hurricane or whatever. Hurricane. Yeah, that's. I don't know. I think I spelled it right this time. Um, and Kingston was able to retain and get the win. And after the match, I really liked that Claudio came from the crowd to get Yuta. He just walked around the ring. Didn't even look at didn't him. Didn't look at Eddie nope. once. It's like the classic, like, you're, like, just trying to look at dead on, like, you're intentionally, like, ignoring someone. You know what I mean? And I, I loved it because it just did And now they're kind of showing me some tension between these two instead of just it. telling me, like, hey, they hate each other. And me going, what? Why? Right? Mm -hmm. So I like that. Um, yeah. Yeah, a lot of Yuta targeting Eddie's shoulder and Eddie selling, but that's fine. Um because Yuta's talented, right? So he can very and realistically attack that arm. Mm -hmm. uh, the punishment that Eddie takes make the crowd all the happier, right? When he finally does get his time to come back. Because you just sort of get caught up in Eddie Kingston and you want him to do well. So it's really effective. And then Yuta sort of switched to more high impact stuff. And Eddie keeps kicking out and building to that eventual fire up. And then the, the two Hurricanes I thought looked good. I like the match, and Yuta is just one of those guys that has good matches with all kinds of people yeah. and all kinds of styles and never wins. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I felt like another one that was kind of inserted, but I feel like at least this one has the Eddie-Claudio thing, kind of, yeah. or Eddie-Blackpool. So at least it was, like, random, but kind of also makes There's sense There's one the degree of separation, right? Yeah, so that's not exactly. too far. Um, I liked it, though. Pretty solid. Um, simple story of the of Eddie's injuries in the match that Yuta targeted. I thought that worked really nicely. I like some hard-hitting exchanges in here um, towards the end. I thought the finish made you look good, too, because he took a few moves to, like, get down. Mm -hmm. um, I thought Claudio walking by without, like, without so much as a glance in Eddie's direction amused me greatly because you just know that's going to piss off Eddie, just something yeah. like that, just that kind of disrespect. And I love it for Claudio. It's just, like, a different approach to kind of antagonize someone. So I really liked that. I thought that was really funny, and I, I thought that was really cool. It was. And I don't love... 
um, Claudio on the mic. So this is a good exactly, way to exactly. sort of further that without that him having a talk. Really well done, yeah. Mm-hmm. For someone who isn't the strongest on the mic. Um, next, we get a recap of MJF and Adam Cole's night all in, including the pre-show and the main event. Um, then we get them in the locker room after the show, I think. Um, Cole congratulates MJF on the win. MJF says he loves him, but he tried to break his neck like six times. I thought <laughs> Fair that was funny. point. Uh, he made him wrestle more one night than he likes to in, like, I think he said a month or so. Uh, and Tony Khan told him there's a battle royal and rampage for a shot at the ROH tag titles at All Out, as well as a attorney to determine who will face MJ for the AEW title at Dynamite Grand Slam. It's like uh, they had a tournament last year that, remember, except this time it's not for a vacant title because of CM Punk. Right. There's a difference. Could be soon. <laughs> Vacate the real world champion. <laughs> right. And then I saw some post, and it was really funny. It was when CM Punk up with the really real real world championship is like that but with like more lines so it's like you know when like you do like an X and then a plus it's like mm-hmm. a star it was like that so it's like he just keeps adding lines to it every right. time so he might do that next time he could um, but MJ says he's gonna go to Paris and take a week off Cole says he deserves it and leaves yeah, I thought MJF was pretty funny here and he still managed to work in basically promos for upcoming events right within yeah. this and he's kind of right when he points out that like his relationship with Cole has kept him working because heel MJF was like, I can barely show up and do anything and right. blah, blah, blah. And now he's like, man, you've got me in like high profile matches all the time since they became friends. So I, I like this. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw Sylvan Reynolds won the Battle Royals. So that's an interesting cool. choice. I was hoping for Ozzy Open, but whatever. A uh, little term in action should be really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like this as well. MJF was pretty amusing and a, n- a nice plug to announce a couple things right. as well. I thought that worked. Uh, next we get a Sammy Guevara interview for some reason. Um, Don Callis interrupts and talks to Sammy about how hard it is being Jericho's friend. He says Sammy must find it difficult st- dealing with a sociopath like Jericho, Don Callis. Um, Guevara tells him to stop talking. He knows who he's up to. He has a family that he didn't leave to talk to Don, and he tells him to get lost. So I thought it was fun. I like Don being a sleazeball, but I don't really know if there's a point here. And, and, and then it's like, so again, he and Jericho are on the same page after just insulting each other. And so... At least Sammy's a smart baby face, right? And he's not falling for Callus's tactics because a lot of baby faces are really stupid. Jericho. So I like that. And it'd be fine. I'd be fine with a story where Callus will do anything to destroy Jericho if they just worked a little harder to show me Callus's motivation. Because I'm still not entirely... I think that's why he should just focus on destroying Omega because that we understand. That I get. That's much better. And it's like if you're trying to transfer that onto Jericho, I'm not quite getting it, right? So... I, I don't mind that story, but I need to know why. Callis like I know wants they have history, this. but the history and then his motivations here it doesn't really connect. Connect for me. with the, the level of his hatred or whatever. It's just like I don't understand how them being like friends with bad Agreed. news. Alan, Alan, it just doesn't make sense. Same. Uh, still not looking forward to this tag title run. Uh, don't doesn't feel like something we should be seeing right now. Yep. Uh, next we hear from Adam and Cole, baby. Um, sans MJF, of course. I'm looking at a line I wrote down that's making me laugh because, already. Because um, MJF's obviously gone. Um, so Cole called all in the greatest pro wrestling event of all time. Uh, Cole spoke about winning the tag titles, and then he said it hurt losing the main event. And he said MJF's banged up, but they'll be ready to go at all out. Uh, Roddy comes in shouting at Adam. Uh, he arrived in his neck brace along with the kingdom, the OGK. Um, they got in the ring. Uh, Strong said Cole cares more about MJF's neck than Strong's neck, which I thought was kind of funny. Is my neck health not important to you? That was the line. <laughs> that was really I funny. loved it. Roddy was in his bag here. <laughs> um, Mike Bennett interrupted with story time with Mike Bennett, baby. Um, he talked about 2010 uh, ROH in the ECW arena, and that's when they all got signed to Ring of Honor. He said they did everything together, and Cole was at his wedding, hosted his bachelor party. 
uh, Bennett trashed Chicago to, to uh, get heat, of course. Um, you said Cole cares far too much about what the fans think of him. And when Cole tried to speak, Taven told him to shut up. And this is when it really picked up, of course. Um, <laughs> Easy now. <laughs> You're just trolling me at this point. What? No. These guys. I can't deal with these guys. But anyways. <laughs> uh, Taven told Cole this is just who he is. Taven said that Cole used the Kingdom of Norwich. Then he went to Bullet Club. And Cole went to Florida where he surrounded himself with their friends. Yes. Ah, Roddy. <laughs> uh, Taven said Cole's a liar. I think he's a change man. He said he's latched onto that Melvin MJF. And I quote. That is uh, a Taven word. Melvin Jacob Friedman. Melvin ah. is a Taven. Because um, he thinks it's the gateway to the AEW title. Strong says he's going to enter the Grand Slam tournament. He's going to take the title from MJF and do what Cole couldn't. Cole says Strong's no con- in condition wrestling. And Strong's all like, oh, now you care about me. Mm-hmm. Um, Strong says he doesn't need a neck that is 100% to win a match decisively. He says he's going to win that tournament and break everybody's back like that because yes. he's a wrestling legend. If he goes back into the, being the Messiah, the backbreaker, I'll be super happy. He's always been the Messiah, the but backbreaker, But he sort of toned baby. it down. Even in NXT, it was tons of backbreakers. Yeah, I feel like true. there's fewer. But Roddy's really funny I to me. I love like Roddy this. here. He was surprisingly good. And too bad he comes with the other two because I can't. I just can't. I thought they were fine. I don't enjoy them. And But yeah, the line of, is my neck health not important to you, was great. And I'm interested in Roddy and Cole. I just don't want the kingdom because that's just my own bias. I, they just irritate me. I just have trouble paying attention to them, too. So I don't think Roddy's delivery is great still, but it's almost like he's leaning into that fact. And it's really amusing to me. So I think, yeah, it. that could work. Cause he's kind of like not whiny, but like just like because I'm just the jealous friend kind of thing. Yeah. I think that kind of lends itself. And to it's that. like we both are suffering neck things. Why are you so worried about his? And it could be because he's the one that inflicted it all. But whatever. Right. Like that's a detail. That's Roddy. Well, Roddy's been had, he had neck issues first. So. Right. Um, but yeah, I thought Cole was really good talking about all in all that. Um, but I think surprisingly, Roddy was the highlight here. Which when has Roddy ever been mm-hmm. the highlight of a on promo a segment ever? Yeah, just ever. Yeah. Um, when he comes and shutting Adam, it's always really funny. I thought everything he said was pretty good too. I really liked him. It's probably the best I've ever heard him sound, and it's pretty wild. And it's like he's perpetually running late for everything, right? Yeah. Like he's always just a little bit later he, than he at least he be. finally got time to say something though i think he's got a good point that too and an understandable one i thought the kingdom were fine they they had a bit to this just because of their you? history but um I, I think those melvins don't really do much they don't um i and think i don't think people know who they are really they're not on tv so. no, anyways they're not i think roddy really delivered though he does um i think it's kind of it reminds me it gives me some of the vibe to when the dark orders issue with hangman that we had a little while ago it feels like kind of a similar thing to that like cole's mm-hmm. kind of forgotten roddy for the flashy new friend that's like you know helped him out now mm-hmm. kind of like a hangman with yep. the elite it's it's somewhat of a similar thing in my opinion um roddy in that tournament is interesting and honestly i genuinely think he should win it he's I, awesome in ring he's great in the ring he and is. At this moment, he's interesting character-wise as yep. well, dare I say. Um, it feels like the perfect next step for the story to go uh, with neither MJF nor Cole having turned on the other yet, so we can still run them as friends. And with Roddy being kind of heelish, I think, and MJF being kind of face-ish, I think the dynamics work perfectly. And, of course, then it's the battle of Cole's like, kind of best friends with him in the metaphorical middle. And when's O'Reilly back? Oh, imagine. Because we could weave him in somewhere, right? And then you get Not rid to the... get your hopes up, because it oh, will. Then you get rid of the kingdom. O'Reilly and Strong versus Cole and MJF for there the ROH go. tag titles. That's that's fantasy book. And right there. so their like, heat-up feud can be with 
OGK because they're mad that Roddy abandoned them and they can job to Roddy and O'Reilly <laughs> on their way I, I, to I Cole. That, yeah. There you I go. Think, and then all is right with the universe. I think Roddy in this tournament is actually a good fit. So I genuinely think he should win it. Not, not, I I'd don't be know fine who, with it. I don't know who else is in there yet, but just on paper, yep. I think him winning and having a match with MJF would be awesome from an in-ring standpoint. It would be great from a story standpoint. I think and he can persevere neck targeting by everybody he faces, yep. right? Whatever. Exactly. And then I think maybe something in Roddy versus MJF will facilitate a turn from either MJF or Cole. Maybe that could be our kind of climax or mm -hmm. the the straw that broke the camel's back or whatever it is <laughs> yeah i don't know um anyways great stuff here i thought roddy was the best he's ever been on the stick um and it was it was really nice to see him actually like be entertaining for once he is this is good uh next we got a quick, quick penta promo um he says it's not personal it's just business with cassie but mox hurt his brother so it is personal and he will hurt him so uh, it's not personal but it's personal it's personal not personal tonight it's personal with mox uh yeah gotcha different matches are personal and that's not fair. personal that's fair um alex says in the same arena when the lucha was won the tag titles in that the cage match that i just now remembered happened mm -hmm. that feels so long ago Does. in a time when phoenix's arm operated normally correct that was nice um that was weird uh, that match was awesome i forgot about that actually um but anyways in the it same was. arena they won those titles in that match that i just remembered existing um pento will win his first singles title tonight mm-hmm and he was taking notes on Mox during the match with Commander, or Alex was, that is. Uh, yeah, Alex says Mox, he'll, or sorry, Pento will make Mox bleed like he never has before, and it's time for an international champion with Cerro Miedo. Yeah, I thought it was just a fine, generic, nothing that special. Solid. He's not winning, but he looks cool. Mm -hmm. I like what Pento and Alex had to say, but um, Alex's delivery is always a little weird to me when me Pento too. isn't heel, and it's not the kind of snarky way. I, need, I think once Penta turns heel, because I think we need to do that at some point, but then we'd have an influx of heels that I really like. Because if we have Penta, Oscuro, Switchblade, and Swerve running around, how am I going to choose between the three? Mm -hmm. That's pretty tricky. So maybe not. But I'm just saying, if Penta was heel, Alex works a lot better. Yep. Um, I really like Penta's gear, though. The red and black was really clean. I mean, when's it not, though? So, anyways. Um, women's match of the week. It's random. It's Hikaru Shida, Chris Stylander, and Britt Baker versus Nyla Rose, Emi Sakura, and Play. Yay. Yay, I like Emi Sakura. I like Nyla Rose. I like Stalliner. I like everybody except Shafir. <laughs> no offense, Roddy. Love you. Not a huge fan of the wife. Not in we, ring. We don't love Might the be wife. a lovely woman. Don't know. Don't don't know. It doesn't really matter in this case. Um, I only noted two things because I'm gonna be honest. Yep. I did not care enough to pay attention. That's much. fine because we're got to get efficient here. You got to work in a bit. Um, she had crowd count punches and missile dropkick to. Uh, Sakura from the middle rope. Uh, Statlander dove onto the pile, and she hit like a, her tombstone kind of move on Shafir for mm -hmm. the win. Um, I thought it was fine, just kind of a sprint kind of thing. Not the really fun kind of sprint, just like the rushed nothing really kind of yeah. way. Another women's match on timing where it's really clearly one side, and you know the outcome, which isn't always a problem. Correct. We always say that, but that's when you have a really great or entertaining match, and the short commercial cut bout is neither of those things. Um, the face win is predictable. Shafir taking the fall is no surprise either. Soho attacking Statlander after is what they should have. As after is, oh sorry, after is what it's whatever. Uh, they should have had a solid match, or they should have a solid match at all. Oh, sorry, I just don't care at all. I don't really know the story because I think it was mostly mostly collision. Which newsflash, don't care. Just no heat for this match, right? I like most of the people in it, but both teams kind of felt like cobbled together and. Is there a story to this in any way that I'm not aware of? I don't think so, right? So, and again, this is where I made, in my notes, I'm like, I had almost forgotten about Statlander. Um, I was... honestly had until this. I was like, and yeah. she still got the more than a woman thing on her gear. Like, 
what is her gimmick? What does that mean? An alien more than a woman. She's an alien. I feel Still. like in this day and age, like the more than women can think could be like, you know, pronouns based or like if you they, if if that was her case, but I don't think it is. I don't know because they they've never. I don't think so. And I don't think it is. If yeah. it was, then that would make a little more sense to me. Yeah. Which it's not really a gimmick either because right. that's just the thing. But right. It's not. Anyways, she does not have a gimmick, which is an issue. Because you can say what you want about the alien thing, but at least that was her gimmick. Her gimmick initially coming back is not alien, but that's it. Like, yeah, that, not what I was before. Yeah, I'm completely undefined. Well, because remember, she a while ago. A while ago, she was not an alien for a while. And now she's just more than a woman. Baby face, not an alien. All we know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't love it because I feel like at least the alien was definably something. Yeah. Or, sorry, not defin- definitively something. Yeah. And now it's just. Mm. I um so I I said same thing. Decent action at times, tough to care about, and then hopefully the miscommunication between Sheeta and Brit leads to heal Brit, right? That's the hope for me. Because I like I Sheeta versus Baker would be a good non-title feud. I very much dislike how not interesting Brit Baker is when she has such potential to be so interesting and your that particular division sucks. Why are you not sucks. reheating her? Yeah, they, they gotta. But anyway, so I actually saw the worst rated AEW matches of all time. Top ten, uh, Baker and Valkyrie made it. That's bad, man. It, it was really it's a bad, bad, bad match. It's worse when it's two people that are supposed to be good. Supposed to be one, I think, actually is pretty good, and one has I think fell off, fallen off. Yes. Yeah. Anyways, next we got a quick highlight reel for Shane Taylor. It's mostly just highlights and a little exposition. I didn't really catch much in detail, but I thought it was pretty good. Made him look good, and it it's probably helpful for people that don't know him. Um, I just don't think him versus Joe really feels like it belongs on All Out. I love Shane Taylor, so I I know what you're saying. I look forward to the match. It's going to be an absolute Oh, yeah, I think fest. it'll be pretty good. I just don't think it really belongs. So Shane Taylor, if you haven't seen much of him, he sounds real on the mic. I love him on the mic. He's really good in the ring. His finisher is devastating, the welcome to the land, it's called. And he has a really unique look, right, once you see him. So I hope he has a good showing here because I think this is – a lot of fans, this is their chance to get familiar with him. So I love Shane Taylor. And I think he should be a big focus on ROH at least if you... Because he's a former television champion. That's the thing he's coming with here. He was a long-range successful champion. Um, so he's coming Didn't back he after have, that title. He had a thing with Khan. He did. Shane, it was Khan and someone else, though, because it wasn't Leona, was no, it? No, it wasn't. It was Khan and... Um, oh, my goodness. Was it Moses? Moses, yeah. yeah. It was. was he someone else, or was he just... I'm. Sorry, not, I don't know if I'm like gaslighting myself, but is it was Moses just Leona but different? No, it wasn't. It's a different dude. I was gonna say right? almost I positive. I don't remember what he looks like. Hold on, I'm gonna. I'll look him up. up. You gotta keep going. I want to see what he looks like though. Shane Taylor promotion. Yes. What do they look like? Oh yeah, that's Moses looks like Shane Taylor kind of. Yeah, he was good too. I actually thought they were all decent. They were. Yeah. Con. I like Con. Yeah. I like the way he spells it. It's weird to like a spelling, but I like how he spells con. Mm-hmm. Anyways, it's better than con from impact. Fair. Um, Callus and Takesha next. Uh, it was basically just like Callus was kind of analyzing and telling Takesha how to target Omega all out, like mentioning his previous surge and injuries. I think the main one he mentioned was Omega's neck, of course. I think he mentioned his knee and back or something like that. Um, he told Takesha to do more of the heavy forearms, and Takesha was making evil faces at the camera and saying things. 
Yep. Uh, I really like this. It reminded me of those Taz segments that we used to get, the Technique by Taz. Right. It reminded me of those. And so I thought it was really cool. And Kyle's analyzing Omega. It was cool and it made sense because he knows Omega a lot, obviously. And I thought Takesha was really cool and menacing as well. I'm looking I, forward to that match a lot. And I like specific targeting and targeting his um, neck, if they're going after that, it's going to be interesting. I mean, I don't get why you do a coaching session on national TV, but whatever. I don't you think gotta it, forgive something. I don't think it matters whether Omega will know or no, not because you probably Takesha can probably get on it anyways. Right. Um. Next, we get we just hear from the acclaimed. Um. It's all rap from Caster. I think what was there? There's a reference to I think it was Trump. Trump. I think it was. I forget what else. Oh, mugshot. Was. It was something about his mugshot. His mugshot. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Bones welcomed us to the House of Ass, which I think is kind of funny. Um, basically, the gist of it was they have new trio tiles with a pink strap instead, and the ends of the straps have divots in them, so you can scissor with the straps, which I find very It's humorous. a fun little detail, I guess. Um, they are going to defend the trio tiles on Collision. And now, for such a big-time match, who do you think they're defending against? I forget already. It's Jazz. Oh, it is. It's eh? Garcia in 2.0. It is. Yeah, just not jazz, I guess. Uh, interesting. Technically speaking. But yeah, that's it. Um, this was fine. Uh, they just didn't really see much of a consequence. If anything, the new belts are funny. Um, and this, this didn't lack much. It just lacked substance for me. Agree. Uh, and just remember when the trios titles were announced and we were so excited by all the incredibly cool trios teams we could form. No offense, the acclaimed and Billy Gunn was not one of them, even though we liked the acclaimed just fine, right? But that's because um, the Billy Gunn didn't have to wrestle all the time. And also the whole ribbon cutting is not a thing. Like they played this like this is a thing and you don't ribbon cut for belts. It was just a way to shoehorn scissors in, right? So it's kind of like, okay. I, I thought, guess for them that makes sense then, but yeah, I don't know. Largely a waste of time and just kind of w far too long as far as I'm concerned. And it's not the first time the acclaimed have had a lengthy in-ring segment that I thought was amiss. Yeah, it so happens I was not a fan of this. I feel like they do these and like they're crap off of them because they're so over. But I feel like because of that they lack substance, but you don't really notice with the crowd going whatever. Right. So uh, I wasn't a big fan. Next we get our main event, which is Orange Cassidy versus Penta Oscar. No Penta El Zero Mieta. We're back to normal. Right. Uh, for the AEW leveled up international championship. Um. Some notables from the match: uh, Penta caught Cassie out of suicide of in the military press, which he's done a few times. Which I mean. It's pretty crazy he does that. I know I, he always does it to lighter guys like Cassie, but it's still pretty crazy that you can do that because he doesn't look like a guy who would be doing that. So right. it's so cool. Uh, he throws him into the barricade, which I thought was cool as well. Cassie hit the tilt roll DUT later on. Float over backstabber from Penta for two. Uh, Cassie puts his hand in his pocket to avoid the arm stuff from Penta, which I thought was cool. Then he arm drags him and does some lazy strikes. Destroyer from Cassie, destroyer from Penta. One more from Cassie. It was a destroyer fest there, which is a little... Like you said, as you like to say, indie-rific. That's right. Um, but it was okay. I thought they, they looked cool, at least. Uh, made in Japan for a near fall from Penta, which looked pretty nice. Penta absolutely sticks him with a package pile drop on the apron. Like, that looked gnarly. It, it was looked crazy. killer and a half. Uh, then he rolled him in for another near fall in the ring. Uh, then he did end up snapping Cassie's arm, which is just exactly what Cassie needs to happen at this stage, right? Um, and then he nails him with another package pile driver in the ring for near fall. Just again, it looks amazing. It like it absolutely looked like he was just trying to kill Cassidy. And like, if it's not personal, it certainly looked it personal. It definitely like, did. That's all I'm gonna say. Um, and Penta's kind of stunned from the kick out. Cassidy rolls him up with the crucifix to to steal the win again. Which normally I might. I mean, in some select cases, I might be annoyed, but um, I think it worked for Cassidy still. Right. And at least he sold the arm breaker because. 
I will never forgive Cody for not selling that. I okay. Know. I still remember to this day. It was St. Patrick's Day Slam 2021. <laughs> and it was heel Penta. And that's when he started having Alex around, actually. Mm-hmm. It was that feud with Cody. I remember. Yep. He, I will never forget. It's that and the promo to end racism. That was that. What a year twenty twenty one was. It was. Uh, the, I, it makes me chuckle every time. Yeah. Um. I'll just go over Cassie <clears throat> yeah, real quick. Um. Uh. So he grabbed the mic. He he sat in a steel chair. He said he doesn't usually like to talk, but here we are. He says he's tired and his body hurts and the backpack gets heavier with every defense. But he's here and he's defending the title because it means everything to him. He says this title is what AEW is and it's about putting a person who was told they were too different or not good enough or like people telling him he was a joke. Uh, and making them a star or a champion like he is. Uh, he says he'll continue to defend it as long as he wants, and nobody can take it from him. He says Mox better bring more than a fork because he will always be champ because he's freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy, and he does not have a catchphrase. Yeah. <laughs> Which I love that. Yeah. And uh, then Mox came down for a standoff, and that is how we close out the show heading into All Out. Yeah, I thought it was a good match. It got a lot of time. Hurt a little bit by there's um, no way they're moving the title to Penta, right? The Destroyer sequence was a bridge too far for me in terms of um, if you want to go lots of Destroyers, fine, but you can't just hop up from a flipping pile driver, man. Yeah, you that's can't. Um, but anyways, I, I could forget it. And I'm not a guy that minds a spot fest, right? But that was a, a little bit too much for me. Anyways, this just another typical Cassidy match in this title run, and I mean that as a compliment. Really good main event. The fact that the show ended with Mox and Orange Cassidy leads me to believe that that's our main event on All Out, probably, right? And I think you thought that, too. You mentioned that to me. Um, so, yeah, I thought uh, uh, the it was the match of the night, I thought. Still yeah. Not, yeah, like it was a, really nice. not like a must-see, but still, I think, worth checking out because it was really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so, overall, on this, I thought there weren't any amazing matches, but several solid ones. A couple segments I didn't love, the acclaimed one unfortunately and they got a bit of time so did sammy and jericho right two lengthy things that aren't really that interesting to me so that hurts a little bit again main uh main event match of the night i like the opener with commander and mox and i thought yuda kingston was good as well but again nothing absolutely amazing in a couple segments i didn't really love so i'm gonna give this show a b i thought it was good but not great yeah um as for the main event i thought it was pretty strong. Um, I really liked um, Penta working a little more heel here because I do miss that Penta. I think there's still potential for them to do Penta heel, whether it's Penta dark done right yes, or just a heel version of Penta. Um, I think they could still do that. It was nice to at least see shades of that here. I thought some of the near falls towards the end were really well done, despite I assumed Cassie would just win anyways. But it was thanks in part to just Penta looking like he was trying to kill Cassie, I think, because those package pile drivers were And when he does the violent well. thing, he it works for Penta. He can, you just got to let him do when it. When he can do violence, he can yes. do violence. Um, another segment from Cassie works here, and I, I think it makes sense for him to just like, barely get at this live. I'm glad Penta got a strong showing here. I also really enjoyed the post-match promo. I feel like it, it felt like good. the first legitimate promo from him and easily some of his best work. He's playing a bit serious, right? Yeah, and I like it. Yep. I like that he finally admitted to really caring about the international title and actually wanting to defend it constantly and keep it. It's a nice evolution to his character, and the fact that he actually has something to care about now, I feel like kind of elevates the title in a way. Because Cassie doesn't care about anything, right. so if he cares about the right. title, it must really mean something. And not that elevates is the right word because he doesn't need it at all, but with Mox too, right? This is a caliber of opponent where... He knows the level of violence and whatever Mox is going right. to bring. He has to sort of be a little different. Mm-hmm. And I really yep. like it. I really like um, the evolution of Cassie that like this title reigns brought us to. I think we're we're approaching the one year mark, and I'm okay if he hits a year. I think he's well earned it. 
Um, I think it helps to make this a bigger deal when he does lose it because we know it'll mean a lot to him, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's really awesome. I think Cassie versus Mox should be a really great match, but I don't think Mox should win the title, and that's coming from a huge Mox fan. Uh, I think we can definitely get a little more mileage out of Cassie as champion. I don't think Mox needs the title at all. I don't think it really would do much for him. And it's almost like a built-in reward for Cassidy for this run that's been so amazing, right? Like, mm-hmm. we'll let you have a win over Mox. Exactly. In a big spot. Exactly. I think we could give the title to someone just as talented who could use the rub more, namely Swerve or Switchblade. Those are my c- candidates yes. that I'm pushing You'll forward. You'll hear about that a lot going um, yeah. forward, I think. And I think, yeah, fe- a great feather in his cap would be beating Mox here. So I, I think that was great. I think overall the show was pretty solid. Um, it was a decent go home, but it kind of suffered from people not being there and just from all it like it, it serves as a fallout and a go home, which mm-hmm. is never a great spot to be in. It's like when in 2020 we just saw in the Thunderdome, they had SummerSlam payback back to back. It doesn't really right. doesn't really work. Um, but I thought the opener was solid. Um, what else do we have? I thought the New Japan Strong open title was that was pretty solid. The women's match wasn't great and the main event was really good. Only four matches is pretty solid. That, that that was really good. I thought Roddy was really good. He at was that, fun. which is surprising. Uh, Sammy and Jericho didn't really love any of that. Didn't care about the women's match. Um, Tony Storm was okay. Bucks and like that that segment was alright. And anything Orange Cassidy was really good as well. So I would give it, I give it a B plus. I think it was okay. a pretty strong show. Yep. Um, but maybe like a little on the lower end. Fair enough. All right. Well, we're already almost two and a half hours in, so we got to get moving. We'll do a little bit of trivia here in what we call off the top of his head. All right, so this week I asked AI, and it's kind of funny because it's like they know we're on a time crunch, so they went short for me. I said, "Can you list the best?" I don't, fif- I don't think that that's smart. The best fifteen WWE payback matches, along with some details from each story leading to each match. It said, "Sure," but because basically to paraphrase, I don't know anything past September of twenty twenty one. I only that, have that. That's fine. That'll be that'll be every payback. I only have nine matches for you. It said the last. Oh, so there's none. The last payback was. 2020 well there's payback was like 20 2013 and 2020 but they there was like a gap between i think 20 are you saying there wasn't one in 2021 no there was i think would have been 2013 2014 2015 2016 2017 and then 2020 it's funny you say that because match number nine on the list of the best is from wwe payback 2021 and it was a universal championship match no it wasn't so who was in that match was it wyatt no. Nope. Strowman Reigns. What there, else could it possibly be? They, they said that this is the establishment of the tribal chief. Clashing. Okay, so then I'm right. Clashing with a legend. Who? John Cena. No. Nah, That's not right. How dare you? Hey, we just I just saw I was saying Strowman Fiend <laughs> yes. Roman. And that was A twenty twenty. Uh B no John Cena. And that is actually match number eight. Now what type of match was that? What the one I just said? The Fiend and Strowman and Reigns. Triple threat. Or it's like no holds barred or something. No holds barred, triple threat, correct. And from twenty twenty. And the story leading up to it, according to see if that you agree. Bray Wyatt and Braun Strowman had been feuding over the Universal Championship, but Roman Reigns made a shocking return. At SummerSlam. And inserted himself into the match. Yes. Okay, number seven. Yes, that's that's sufficient. Payback two thousand nineteen. No. Universal Championship match. Mm-mm. It would have to be Seth Rollins and someone. It was? Lesnar? AJ Styles. That would be money in the bank. So so this is wrong as well. It is. We're back to AI. And it even says the at the disclaimer, right? Like, um, may produce inaccurate information about people, places, or facts. 
So that doesn't leave much else to not be wrong about. So like that. Okay. That's pretty much like maybe wrong about everything. <laughs> Don't trust anything. Payback 2018. No. Intercontinental triple threat. No. Okay. So to who's who do you think's in this fictitious R- Rollins? Match? Yes. Ziggler. No. McIntyre. Ambrose. Ms. Balor. That was WrestleMania. Okay. That's <laughs> oh, nice. I was trying to think of like a, the Intercontinental Triple Threat that would have been that year. Because I just, I just remember Rollins and Ziggler a lot. You know what I wonder yeah. is if like as it's pulling information from wherever, if it's like someone in that match in the description said something, something payback. You know what I mean? So-and-so seeks payback. And then it's like, Perhaps. that's a payback match. Perhaps. Um, so so uh, payback 17, okay. 2017. Okay, we're off to a better start. Uh, it doesn't have any. It's just a singles match. Doesn't have any titles or anything attached Rollins to it. Rollins and Joe. Correct. That's that's right. Okay, uh, and it says it says Joe attacking Rollins and injuring his knee. Yeah, that was in the remember. So there was the Triple H feud off of because remember when Triple H screwed him and Owens yeah. won the Universal Title. Yeah. Um. So that stemmed from that, and then like I think it was like February or something. Joe debuted on main roster. Remember he attacked Rollins and remember he put him in the coquina clutch and Rollins' knee bent weird. Right. So he redid the first knee injury. Right. And then he had the match with Triple H at Mania, and this is kind of off the back of that. Makes sense. Yeah. So that's right. Payback 2015. I quit match. Um, for the U.S. Championship, if that helps you. Would be Cena and Rusev? It is Cena and Rusev. Sounds they got right. it right. I right? want to double check that because that sounds right, but I don't want to just assume they got something right. Payback 2014. Six-man tag match. No holds barred, it says. I actually I actually and recorded it. I actually recorded it because, like, Payback 2014 was on, my God, you and used they, to were, watch this all the they time. were about to get to this match, so I have them just this, this match, match recorded. Yeah, it's and it is Shield and Evolution. Correct. I love that. That's one of my favorite main it roster is. matches. It's so good. I love it. Yeah, the Rusev one's right. Um, that match is awesome though. So they say there's only one match in Payback history better than that one, and it was in sure. 2013 between two people in AEW right now. According to AI, so it could be wrong. According to AI, they're in AEW. One of these people you can't stand. No, according to me, they're in AEW. According Ooh, to AI, they had P- this punk match. Punk and someone? Correct. What is it? Punk and... Punk and someone else in AEW who is old. Older. Sting. Who? No, not that punk old. And Jer- Too far. Punk and Jericho? Correct. Really? Did that I happen? I don't know. That doesn't sound familiar. 2013, but... they're saying. I don't... But anyways. That really doesn't sound like something that... Happened? Like, I don't... If I it mean, was it sounds that, like something that could have happened. Yeah, no, it did. That's weird. I do not... I've never heard of that. Ever. So, that's what you're so, saying is you don't know anything about wrestling. That's weird. I guess, is what we learned here today. But anyways, great job. We got to keep moving. So now we'll move into what we liked and didn't like from the rest of the week of wrestling. We call it High Spots and Rest Holds. And just in the interest of keeping things a bit short, we're not going to talk main roster in high spots and rest holds because hasn't been worth Jack's time very often. There's not a lot of high spots mm. happening. I so. th- only thought, thing I saw was kind of thing. Nakamura had another promo, but I didn't really see much of it. Right. So we're going to stick, stick with what I saw, which you watched the first half of uh, NXT with me, or you were in the room. I don't know how much you were paying attention, but we'll see. Um, I put it in as a rest hold, not because of the action, but the opening match of the Dyads and the Creeds in a cage for the Creed's reinstatement. The action mostly was fine in this, but a couple of things really bugged me. One, 
Um, Brutus gets attacked and taken to the back by Gacy and Ike refer to them constantly here as the putties, right? From the, <laughs> the putty patrol from, um, mm -hmm. Power Rangers. Yeah. Thank you. Power Rangers. And so apparently the match just takes place. So one of the, one of the opponents gets abducted on their way to the ring. Nope. Have that match anyways. Ring the bell. Let's go. Yep. Just, I mean, I guess it's no DQ, but like, still, so you, you think you'd want the match to start normally. Kind of silly. I don't know. So Julius does his best, but obviously numbers game until Brutus returns, member, and just co comedically destroys all the putties yeah, and then that, rips the I door off like the that. cage. Yeah, I didn't like that. That was lame. Rips the door off the cage, dominates the action for a while. Imp one impressive spot, Julius picked up both dyads onto his shoulders, like one sitting on each of his shoulders, and then Brutus hit the Brutus ball, and then it was diving. He also does the thing where he had... um. He had Gibson in the ankle lock, and he lifted up uh, yeah. James Drake with one arm. He does freakish. Cool. Oh, yeah, he did a one-arm powerbomb to Drake. Yeah, while he was... Completely um, one-arm. While he was holding Gibson in an right. ankle lock. Yeah, so a couple crazy feats of strength by Brutus, or by uh, Julius, as usual. So they dive in clotheslines by each of the creeds to eat, each of the dyad, and they win after 13 minutes and get reinstated. Match itself was pretty good, but I just don't like the story of Brutus. It was just very cartoonish, right? Him just one-punching, like... 15 people on his way to the ring and ripping the door off so obviously the creeds were going to win this match i'm happy to have them back they're pretty awesome so mm -hmm. then a rest hold i called it raw vibes remember you had carmelo hayes backstage talking to tony d and stacks oh yeah and then street profits show up and mellow leaves and then like a bleeding from another segment i guess four women are brawling their way into the frame and it just felt like a raw segment really really contrived and unnatural and kind of meaningless did not like it. A little bit. I think you enjoyed it. It was a really quick match. It was only five minutes, but it was Dempsey, Charlie Dempsey taken on Butch, Butch. returning. Um, I thought it was interesting just because Dempsey's style continues to just be unique. And I think the, it compliments Pete Dunn really And the well. extension he gets in his back, like his back flexibility yes. on some of his suplexes understand. and things. He needs to face Roddy so he can take him down a peg. It's like he can bend as far backwards as normal people can forwards almost. And mm -hmm. his map-based offense is really interesting to watch, right? Just different. So Butch de ended up winning with the bitter end. Short match, he advances in the Heritage Cup um, shot. I mean, tournament. kind of advances. It's around Robin. So oh, so, right, sorry, little... sorry. No advancement. Also, You're right. I don't know if round it's just... So, you know, I saw um, Duke Hudson beat Tazawa on level up. So there's oh, they're happening. some of the lower gotcha. matches on there. Makes I think. sense. Uh, another rest hold, Dana Brooke and Kalani Jordan took on Elector Lopez and Lola Vice. <laughs> About what you would expect, four minutes here, you have Vice and Lopez win to further the story that Dana Brooke is furious and she's going to turn heel and go bananas, I'm sure. But absolutely nobody cares. So let's move on. I Another, I think you were still here for this too. Trick and Mellow talking backstage. And again, I like the realism of this. It's, I think I saw a bit of this as a clip on Instagram, but I don't think I saw the full So thing. Mellow's basically like he doesn't like people thinking that the idea of people thinking he only beat Dragunov because of Trick's help. So he kind of is showing a bit of depth here, kind of like Hangman, where he's like, you you think I can beat Dragunov, right? You believe I can beat him. And Trick says he doesn't kind of like what it says a few things, but then is like, I don't. I don't think so. And then so Mello walks off. but And then oddly after he leaves, Trick finishes his thought. He's kind of like, I don't think so. I know you can. But Mello's already gone. So it kind of leaves you wondering where it's going. And also like... That's a little weird. Mello's a little bit complex, right? He's a little bit having some doubts here, even though he's usually supremely confident. He's a little vulnerable. And that makes Dragunov look so strong, right? Because this guy who is ultra confident 
has now watched enough of Dragunov to be like, can I beat this guy, right? So he's mm -hmm. human, and I like that. It's depth, right? Instead of like, nope, I'm the baby face that's never afraid or intimidated or anything, he's got a little bit of depth to him. I like wanting to get that clean win, too. Yes. Uh, I like the Dijak-Eddie Thorpe match here. It was short, but physical. Dijak won with the discus boot he's using as a finisher now instead of Feast Your Eyes. At one point, he threw Thorpe like over the table into an ounce chair. It looked pretty good. Um, and so he won by Dijak, that is, bringing in a chair. The ref's going to get rid of it. Dijak's on the floor, quickly wraps his hand in a belt, and then punches Thorpe and hits his finishing kick. So a kind of, I guess, a quality win for Dijak here, quote-unquote, and a bit of protection for Thorpe because of the cheap finish, because I don't know if they quite know where they want Thorpe positioned yet, so they protected him slightly here. <clears throat> Rest hold. Remember the Umberto uh, Carrillo and Angel Garza stuff where yes. I liked it until it was like... they started getting a little weird. They had the same dream, like, why did you have to go to that? So they used it here. So now Umberto comes over to Garza's house because you don't text anyone or anything. You would just show up at their house. I mean, right? they were texting, though. Right, so. right. And it's they, they had the same dream, basically, about their grandfather, and now they have claw marks across their chest. So this is what's bugging me. It's like Freddy Krueger in a no, dream has attacked the them. they're the Mexican wolves. They're like the American wolves because they had those Remember the too, wolves? Yeah. But they're... Um, Similar to that. They're, his, they're Hispanic wolves or something like that. So they'll return to NXT next week and start from scratch, and I'm happy they're staying as a team. I think they could do really well, but the Freddy Krueger, like, we got attacked in our dreams together like separately had the same dream and had the same physical things happen to us is is silliness okay um bray wyatt tribute really nice same one they did on raw and smackdown as far as i know obviously that the editing department and stuff at wwe is fantastic and when they really they really do nice work right mm -hmm. um i like joe coffee nathan fraser another of the round robin matches um uh, obviously the style dynamic here is fraser's trying to go as fast as possible Coffee's trying to slow things down, and it kind of worked for me. Uh, Fraser missed a Phoenix Splash. Coffee hit whatever the finishing clothesline. It's got a name. I can never remember what it is. Something far too long for a move. <laughs> um, so he wins. Uh, Joe Coffee wins after 10 minutes. Pretty good match. Something I'm not that interested in, even though... <clears throat> excuse me. I do like the evolution of Thea Hale, right? Because they've seen, okay, she can be perky, energetic, and let's see what else she can do. I mm -hmm. get what they're doing. So it's this one. She's late for her class at Chase U, basically shows up after it's over. Um, and then she's basically, I don't know if he's expecting her to make up the time or whatever, but she's like, no, I have plans to go out. And did you see who shows up at the door? It's JC Jane. So Thea Hale is being partnered up with JC Jane, at least for this segment. We'll see where it goes. Not oh, a I hope they don't get, imagine, what if, but what if someone takes pictures of them partying and doing party Crazy. things? That, that's just dangerous. That's a danger to your career. That's bad. Um, the main event I thought was solid. It was the it was Kiana James, uh, Roxanne Perez, Blair Davenport, not Lindsay Davenport. <laughs> Every time still I have to focus. Gigi Dolan um, for the next contender for uh, Tiffany Stratton. I saw the winner of this. I thought it was really weird. was strange. So James hits a moonsault off the barricade. Looked kind of good. Dolan's at the bottom of a Tower of Doom spot. We get a nice pop rocks to Dolan on the floor. We get another pop rocks to Davenport in the ring, but the momentum and I think Davenport just ring savvy rolls out of the ring. Perez does a good job of looking like intensely frustrated because she would have had the pin there. So then James kind of gets in the ring as this is happening. DDTs Perez and then hits her like one legged, the modified code breaker to Gigi, Gigi Dolan. 
And yeah, it's Kiana James is the winner oh, here weird, after 12 minutes. She's a heel, yes? Exactly. So my point is, I wasn't expecting James to win. The match was pretty good, had, had its moments. And I'm wondering if this means that Stratton is going to start leaning babyface. Why? Because the crowd cheers for her when she's just doing I'm arrogant, cocky. The crowd kind of likes it. And I and again, she's young. Maybe they just want to see, right? They want to see what they have in Thea Hale in different characters and different temperaments. They want to see what they have with Stratton. So I don't know. Perhaps. I could be wrong. But because James is solidly a heel, like even heel promos on this show. Yeah, so it's not that's her. why I thought it was really weird. So I'm wondering if they're going to experiment with a Stratton baby Perhaps. face. That's my that's my expectation. All right, Impact, really fast. I, I actually got you to watch one thing on Impact, which led to you watching two things. So what else? Oh. Just because it was attached to the beginning of it, right? Right. The opening women's battle royal was not a fan. Really basic battle royal, kind of the stuff you don't like. And also, you were <laughs> laughing at me because you knew who the winner was but didn't tell me. And it's my favorite Alicia one. After... I laughed so hard when I figured out who won. It and it was, was the awesome. classic everyone forgot about her, right? So it came down to Kylan Which is King. even better, right? Right. Like... Came down to Kylan King and Jody Threat. And actually, that was some of the best action in this match. And then, of course, Alicia comes oh, for, in. The former tag partner And flips them both over the rope and wins. Nothing really exciting. So it, that being said, I thought a high spot after that. She's back, Alicia's backstage with Eddie Edwards, and it might be the best promo I've seen her give. So she's still kind of fired up and whatever. Um, she's excited she won the Battle Royal. She sends a warning to Trinity. She says that she and Eddie are the real power couple, and it was short. But somehow her being fired up, she had some edge to her. Like even in the middle, she went, ah, right? And I quite enjoyed yeah. that. Um, she has no shot of eating Trinity, I don't think. But maybe she can tap into this heel character and do something differently than when she has been a heel in the past, right? Her in-ring work is still weak, but this was something. High spot, this is what I wanted you to watch, right? Crazy Steve, yeah. Mike Daly. Oh, this was interesting. So new look and entrance for Steve with a bit of a Fiend vibe to it. Obviously scaled I, back. I can see that. He's, I really loved his mask. He looks like he's put on some size. His mask is really creepy uh, looking. That reminds me of the Fiend. Just it's got I, like no color to it, right? It's just like... It's, yeah, I appreciate a good mask, you know? And the way he takes it off, too, is like... He grabs like the bottom jaw, top jaw, and like rips it apart on his own it face. Looks cool. Me of that one thing I saw from a horror movie. I don't remember what it was called, but because it's very horror film ish stuff. I forget what it was called too. But anyways, that was really cool, and I I appreciate a good mask. Not like, I mean, obviously I appreciate a good, a good lucha mask, but yeah. I appreciate a good mask in wrestling when it's not that. It like, looked cool. If Kane's got a really cool mask, or obviously the Fiend mask is really cool, and like the Burnt Fiend was stupid, but that mask is insane. Just yes. like from a technical standpoint. Right. And I think uh, Crazy Steve's was really cool, too. And I thought Hannafan was really good on commentary because he's acting rattled and apprehensive about even being near Steve. Because at the end of their sit-down interview, things right. obviously went crazy and Steve mm -hmm. snapped. So Hannafan is, like, rattled here. And, and it's good because it's actually to the point where um, the other dude, whose name I always forget, Ray Matt, Walt. Ray Walt, yeah. He's doing more of the play-by-play -play because <clears throat> Hannafan, or not play-by-play, -play, or calling the action when I say get into it. Because mm -hmm. Hannafan's rattled. So... The bell rings, Steve immediately basically gets DQ'd because he shoves Bailey back into a corner and immediately is trying to like go after Bailey's eyes. Um, and he won't break the hold. He gets so DQ is called, he pulls a fork out of his boot and goes after Bailey's eyes while screaming. He's, he's forking him. I want your eyes, Mike. Right. And I <laughs> thought it was awesome. Um Bailey narrowly escapes. Black Tarush shows up, used to be Steve's partner, tries to talk some sense into him. Steve attacks him, is going after Tarusa's eyes as well. Security come out. Steve takes one of them down and goes after his eyes. So none of the other security people want to get near him because he's trying to rip people's eyes out. Um, 
And basically, he's like foaming at the mouth almost, right? As he's back. He's like, yeah, he's ramp. got like drool or whatever. It reminds, it almost, almost reminds me of Sammy Callahan. Yeah. I thought. he used to do that. He did. I thought this was really cool. And the fact that they spent three episodes building his backstory and his reasons for his actions, which and you can almost payoff. believe. And then we get a payoff, right? Instead of just like, he shows up like this and they offer no explanation. The fact that they built for three weeks that this guy snapped. And if you hear his backstory, like alcoholic parents, suicidal mom, Being legally blind, blind yeah. every faction he's ever been in has turned on him. Like you're like, this could happen to him. Right. So one of the lines from the interview was if I, what did I tell you? It was, if I can't be the antidote, then I may as well be the plague. So an interesting something line, like that. For sure. I thought it was cool and it'll actually get me interested to keep watching impact because i've been kind of like am i going to keep it up there's not a lot happening but it's something really to fun. watch right i would check it out if anyone if it interests anyone um i thought josh alexander he kind of had a good spot where he's backstage admitting um to the machine guns he's apologizing them to that he got distracted by macklin and it kind of played into their loss at the pay-per-view shelly then kind of gets defensive because alexander's saying he he hasn't forgotten about getting his title back right and so Shelly's like daring him, like, call me a transitional champion. And then the Rascals interrupt and it nice. leads to um, Wentz and Saban making a match. So I kind of like what Shelly's doing where he thinks nobody really respects him as a champion still. And he's got like a chip on I mean, his shoulder. I, could, I could see that being true for some people in, in uh, some, you know, in yeah. some respect. I, feel, I could see some people Agreed. still thinking Because there has been a bit of that, I think. Yeah. And, and it... Because it's still weird. It's honestly like, even for me, like to the point where it's surprising he's still a champion. And the... And the guns as great as they are sometimes struggle with having a bit of edge to them so i think that's helping shelly here mm -hmm. uh obviously rest hold pco bully ray stuff continues i'm not How even gonna bother really talking out. about it just know it's bad and there's no end in sight something about bully ray wanting to kill the monster and bring back carl like he's slamming his arm trying to stop pco from getting through a door and his arm sticking through oh, and he's Carl like, Lulet, i'm not you're right Lulet. exactly so. um shelly's 40 that's not horrible yeah no uh rest hold eric young and con I, my line is as fresh as a week old donut and nine minutes for some reason <laughs> as fresh as nice better than i expected but still not great because it has con in it and he's just incredibly consistently boring to watch wrestle mm. he kicked out of a pile driver basically was like ask for another finish me finish me got it and lost cool and then my question do too many people use entrance masks now because i thought eric young coming out in his kind of diminishes Steve coming out in his. Uh, well, and it doesn't you know. even make sense because I know Eric Young did that when he was doing the heel violent by design. I think it made more sense then. And now he's back now. to another hockey mask. He went to like a. Balor always does that at a pay per view now. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't, I could see what you're saying. And Andrade has one, right? That Although suddenly his, is his, super important. Yeah, I was gonna say his, to his is more important though. Leo so. Rush had a pre-recorded promo that I thought was pretty good, basically calling out Saban saying that Saban shook by it and why would you take a match with Wentz kind of thing. I just think Leo's really confident and comfortable on the mic and just sounds good. I liked him. Uh, he was good with Lashley, but he also had a solid NXT cruiser run. Yep. Quick Jordan Grace segment. She's coming back and she is jacked, including having her completely topless only from the back doing pull-ups. And she is <laughs> she's next level, man. So really like Jordan Grace. Glad, glad she's still around. High spot, Wentz and Saban had a really good, as you would expect, nine-minute match. Saban won with the cradle shock. Miguel tried to get involved. Shelly was there to stop him. After the bell, Miguel attacks Saban. Shelly comes down to make the save. So pretty much exactly what you'd expect if you gave those two nine minutes, and that's good. Um, just a quick mention, I really like the tag team division right now. So think about it. You got uh, Bay, 
and Austin, which AC, I really like. AK Bullet Club. Machine Guns, really good. They still do some tag stuff. Yep. Good Hands, really like them. Rascals, annoy me, but really good in ring. Swan and Callahan, I kind of like as a tag team. Joya are kind of interesting. And Subculture, <laughs> when they're there, are a good team. So that's like seven quality tag teams for me. So that's pretty solid. Not bad. Rest Hold Dreamer, Kenny King, really lengthy segment with King and kind of insulting Dreamer for changing and not being the guy Kenny looked up to. Dreamer, I think it was something about King left Emergence before the main event and how that's like a major no-no sort of thing and kind of like, I would have never done that, so I don't want to be your mentor, whatever. It's not like Dreamer's doing a good job, but it's the payoff is a match, title versus career. So guess what's and happening? I just don't care. And Dreamer's done so many of these emotional promos over meaningless stuff that it's starting to sort of lose its effect. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But anyways, I thought the main I feel event like he did something like that with Bully Ray. Yeah, he, he does it say. all the time, and he's not bad at it. It's just it's one more time, and it, the payoff's a match. And I don't want to see you wrestle anymore. No offense. Then the main event I thought was pretty fun. It was Jake something, Sonata, and Kaz taking on Moose, Myers, and Edwards. Sonata actually sold a lot of this and was in peril. And it kind of, they were look, trying to make Jake look good, I think. He ended up picking up the win. He countered the roster cut into a black hole slam for the win. I did catch the finish just I after happened 10 minutes. to scroll by it. Good action. I don't feel like it really mattered, but I'm happy Jake something's getting attention. All right, so we flew through that. Do you want to fly through predictions still? You got time before um, work? Sure. All right. So we'll take you into another extra segment right now where we make some predictions for Payback and, all out. and AEW All Out. All right. It's one of the times where I've put almost zero thought into this. So let's go. Because I've been losing anyways. So why not go back to my old yeah, ways and just you suck. on the fly? So you hit me. Suck. What are we doing? Payback first, Big I guess, because today? Yes. Okay, let's do it. I'm hoping to go. I, I was hoping to sweep, but I don't think I'll sweep. Oh, I haven't won in a while. That's You've ambitious. been beating me consistently, I feel I like. I think so. I don't know, actually. I don't know. All right, I think well. I forgot to tally the last one or so. Anyways, um, so for payback, we have... I feel like this is kind of a lackluster one. It's one of those the B shows in terms of pay-per-views. Yep. Um, I agree. It feels like it. LA Knight versus The Miz. Um, I took LA Knight. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, no way Miz needs a win here. It only served to knock Knight down, and like, there's just nothing to gain from a Miz win. And they seem to actually be realizing, hey, people like LA Knight, we should probably push we LA Knight. Probably do that. Even though they hate to do that, if it's Vince, he'd be, it'd be yeah. killing his soul. But if he's not around, they'll do it. So yeah, yeah. it's LA Knight. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Um, next, we have Mysterio versus Austin Theory for the United States Championship. Uh, um, I took Mysterio because I feel like if Theory just regains the title again, he kind of revert. He kind of reverts back to. He has both um, of their figures in his hands right he, now, people. He uh, he reverts back just being like the mid heel champ. Uh, he's been on here. I don't mean mid card heel. I mean mid. Like he's just been kind of mid the whole yeah. year. And I feel like you can we can let ray keep the title a little i mean i don't i don't love how he won it but i think he can keep it a bit drop it to someone fresh who could use it like Ellie his Knight own or, son or that's where i feel this is going they're on different rosters yeah for now i guess you give ray a decent little run and then all of a sudden dom dom comes back maybe i don't know um well we have we i was thinking like Ellie Knight or even escobar yeah. maybe waller um, I think he got options, but and I think Theory should go back to the drawing board. So I'm gonna take Mysterio. I don't think I think hot potatoing is just stupid. I take Ray too because I honestly think this might be them seeing how Dom does with the belt, and then if it goes well, which it has been kind of, they try something similar on main roster. And I, it's a built-in hot feud with Daddy again. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, Becky versus Trish in a cage. Um, I took Becky because let's just let this end because who Agree. cares? And Becky should not be losing to Trish Stratus in 2023. No offense. Exactly. I'm pretty consistent on these. Like, if you're bringing back the extreme veterans, they're there to put people over. Yep. And if it's in a cage, apparently. Granted, that's... I don't know why Becky would need it, but. In a cage should be a blow off to the feud, so Becky should win. Yeah, exactly what I'm thinking. Because uh, then no Zoe Stark. Honestly, why can't we have a Becky Zoe feud? Why do we need like Trish? That would be way more interesting. A waste of space, yeah. Uh, Ripley versus Raquel Rodriguez for the Women's World Championship. Ripley. I also took Ripley. I don't think Raquel's been built well enough to be the one to knock Ripley off the throne here. However, I think a strong match could make her a worthy player in the title scene in the future, and she could maybe get another crack down the line. But I don't think that's right now. It just feels like Judgment Day is. (laughs) It feels like Judgment Day is kind of. They're like, can we make this the new Bloodline thing? Possibly, obviously not. But no, I I think if this was the Raquel of NXT days, the strong Raquel Gonzalez that we really enjoyed, maybe I'd be picking her. But she's not. So she is not. And. And even um, down to her theme, Ripley's I actually on such a roll right now. Right? On my wrestling so. players, I really still enjoy the Raquel Gonzalez theme. Nice. Um, it's just like, I don't know, it fits. And it, I like it because it feels like a men's theme. Right. And I mean that in a nice way because usually the women's themes, like the one Raquel has now, they're all like whatever and they, and they suck. Right. Like Ripley's is good because again, it feels like just like that could be a theme for anybody. Right. But like, I don't know. Anyways, yes. Raquel's a, shade of, a shadow reform herself. And Ripley retains, at least for now. I think Raquel could be someone great in the future, but they need to kind of change her back. Yep. You know? um, Zayn and Owens versus Judge- more Judgment Day, this time Balor and Priest for the Undisputed Tag Titles. I took Zayn and Owens, of course, because I think despite... So on Raw, mm. uh, Ripley threatened consequences if the Judgment Day loses. Like She was like, if the Judgment Day don't all walk out with gold, blah, 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 something. Oh, you shouldn't have told um, me that. You might be convincing me. I think that, but I think the Judgment Day losing is the only logical outcome here. I think Zayn and Owens' run still needs a shot up the arm. I think, like, is I don't think. Is this the way they get JD in instead of Balor or something, possibly? I'll get there. Okay. I think Zayn and Owens' run, I feel like it hasn't shot up the tag division the way they've hoped. And to be fair, I think it's because they're not trying they enough. They don't focus on any exactly. other teams, really. I think Imperium's made to look you like a joke somebody. when Imperium could be such a great tag Correct. team. Correct. So I think. I think Zayn and need to keep the titles, and we need to start putting some effort in the division. That's a whole other thing. I don't know mm-hmm. if they will, but I'm just saying they should. And I hope, hopefully, they can elevate the division. I feel like the Judgment Date isn't... It doesn't feel like the team beat them, because they have plenty of other things going on right now within their own orbit. Right. And with the rumors of Priest being the one who will leave the group, obviously, to embark on the solo run that is promised with the Money in the Bank contract, yeah. I think them losing makes sense, and maybe you put McDonough in his place. So, so I'm going to take the baby faces. I was willing to take Judgment Day, but then I started thinking about that same thing with McDonough trying to find a way in. And then you let I didn't know the detail of uh, Ripley threatening that. So that I'm going to convert to your side. I was going to mm-hmm. pick against you, but you talked me into it. All right, I'll take that. That's interesting. Um, but yeah, I just think, and I, I hope J.D. McDonough gets in because I love, love, love J.D. We do McDonough. enjoy him He's down awesome. here in this basement. Um. Finally, for payback, we have Rollins versus Nakamura for the World Heavyweight title. Um, I really love what they've done with Nakamura in the build to this. It's been short, but I really love it. I think the two promo packages he's had were fantastic right. and actually established him as a credible threat for once. Uh, the story that was back should be, um, hopefully, uh, be interesting in the match. Um, however, I don't really think Nak will take it here. Um, I'd be a, totally okay with being wrong. 
Um, but I think Seth retains at least for now. I think <laughs> at, at the very least, this serves this needs to serve as their opportunity to make Nakamura look like a killer yep. and look like a threat and like even in defeat can keep him looking strong so that because I think they they don't. They don't like doing one and dones at PLEs, so I think they could totally run this back. I think the next one might be Fastlane, mm-hmm. so I think they could totally run it back again, and then maybe Nakamura gets another. I think this is a test run for Nakamura, or it could be a test run for Nakamura back in the top title picture. And if they make him look good, I think he can get get another shot. But I'm not picking him yet. Okay, I'd so like to, but not yet. We've picked everything the same to this point. Is that correct? Um, let's see. Um, yep. So I'll take Nak. Oof. That's risky. I know, but I, I, I don't like want to be, be right. like. There's no chance any of us win. So, and and, there, and honestly, I'm I'm hopeful because I, I I'm do. like you. I'm kind of cool either result. I do hope he wins. Yes. So I'm hoping that I'll take Nak. I would like guys. Nakamura winning more than I would like Balor winning because I feel like yes, Balor hasn't really gotten a world title win yet, yeah. but he kind of got that really awesome NXT run again, mm-hmm. and Nakamura kind of floundered in the meantime. I don't so. want to guarantee a tie, so I'll take Nakamura. All right, that's fair. I was thinking I, about it anyways, I'm and hopeful. then that's. That's right. the only difference I'll take. Em. We move into all out, and yep. as I was saying, hopefully it doesn't. I don't become... even know if I know this whole Hope... card. It, you, I wouldn't be surprised if you didn't. I hope this doesn't become brawl out too. But he's not <laughs> on the card, so it's this Chicago. He's have to find something it's to do. In though. Chicago, yeah. and he's not there. He'll be there so... eating muffins. <laughs> no ice cream bars. I never know? thought I'd say this, but maybe a guy who's straight edge should look into some sort of medication. <laughs> maybe that's part of the issue, right? Is he does need something to relax a little bit. Maybe. Right? Maybe. It's interesting. Can't believe I would recommend somebody try a substance, but... Interesting thought. Yeah. Um, first up, why is this on a pay-per-view? I don't know. Miro versus Powerhouse Hobbs. No disrespect Ooh. to either of them, but that's not a pay-per-view that's match. That's not that easy to pick either. Um, So I'm not too problem with this because it's been a collision thing and all. Um, It just really feels like it should be on collision. Like, mm-hmm. it, this should be on tonight instead of all out. I'm going to take Miro because I don't see Hobbs getting here. It's been a real fall from grace from his TNT champions. He's with QTV. You can't tell I he's know. beating Miro. And Miro really hasn't done much. I think it has to be Miro. I agree. I think they feel like they tried with Hobbs, even though I don't necessarily agree. I disagree. Agree. I feel like they tried with Miro, and he kind of fell off. But Miro's back, and they're not going to start him off with a loss, so yeah. I think it's Miro as well. Okay. I mean, right. that's a very similar styles match, right? Yeah. Like a couple of, I'm, it could be a decent Hobbs fight, but so, yeah. I, I just don't really think it belongs here. Right. Speaking of a Hoss fight that doesn't belong here, um, Samoa Joe and Shane Taylor for the ROH television championship now i don't think i like this is evident of them kind of putting all of it going all in on all in mm-hmm. and then all out gets the scraps because the fact that the roh tv title not even the world title but the tv title makes it to an AEW pay-per-view there's a bit of a disconnect there mm-hmm. for me you know what i mean like joe's been on he was on full gear last year in the the three with Hobbs and Wardlow, but yeah. he wasn't defending his title. He was going for the TNT title. You yeah. know what I mean? So anyways, it just, my point is it feels weird. I feel like Taylor's a slight chance just because Joe's had the TV title for so long, but I feel like they would say building, like, I feel like if they were going to build Taylor to win the TV title, I feel like they would build it for an Irish pay-per-view so that people would want to tune into and that. And this will be the, like, impressive showing, get on the radar for people exactly. that may I not feel like it's Taylor getting like, on the radar. Shane yeah. Taylor. Because this could be like a show stealing, depending it's how this goes. Probably one of the biggest goes. spots for Taylor, right? Right. So I think it's Joe as well. I'm gonna take Joe, but yes. I'm really hoping that um, Taylor gets some attention coming yeah. out of this because I love the guy. That'd be nice. Another weird card edition. Here we go. Is uh, Eddie Kingston and Katsuri Shibata? Yeah. Uh, versus wow. Blackpool Combat Club, represented by Claudio and Yuta. Uh, this one's another weird edition to me, but at least it's kind of feud tied mm-hmm. in, so- in some capacity. Capacity. Um, 
I feel like Blackpool aren't winning both matches tonight, so I could see them kind of using some shenanigans to get one up on Eddie and piss him off further. So I'm going to take... I feel like it's a bit of a gamble, but I feel like this one's so like random, it can mm-hmm. go either way. So I I'm going to take Blackpool. <sighs> I, my initial thoughts were Blackpool, but I want something different. So Depends if you disagree on anything else, but I don't, I don't know about that. I don't know. Shibata and Eddie... I feel like they could change. Eddie could take the fall because I he don't think could. I don't think you need to pinch. Yeah, I'll take him. Blackpool. My instincts are Blackpool. That's what I was thinking. And I don't know if they, like, they can always be like Shibata and Eddie aren't really a team, you yep. know, et cetera, et cetera. I do like that though. I like Shibata. Yep, me too. Shibata's awesome. Um, Statlander versus Soho for the TBS title. What that match exists? Um, I took I took Statlander because uh, we are not giving the Outcast another title run. I'll be damned if they get another title run this year. Okay, two is enough. And it's not it like stops we go, now. And I don't think they'll be impressed with Statlander's run, and they'll want to cut it short because they don't did care. this with Jade forever. So yeah, so I I'm I agree. I'm stats putting my foot down. They're not doing this again. No, Stat's not losing yet. And there's no reason to believe that Soho's been built. Soho's to the not really either. like, she's been doing like the least out of the three now. Yeah, that they've had like because now they are, St- Storm and uh, Soraya have issues. Like yeah, Soho's kind of the odd one out. Yep. Um. Next we get again. Just showing the lack of depth in the card is that Cole and MJF are here, uh, but they're defending against the Dark Orders, Silver and Reynolds for the ROH tag titles. Again, when two ROH, like the mid-card belts are going on, it's a bit of a weird thing for me. Um, but I'm taking Cole and MJF because if Aussie Open can beat them, nobody can. Uh, plus, uh, Silver and Reynolds feel a little random. I love them, but I just don't see them getting the win here. It's, especially because it's been a week since they won the titles. I'll take Dark Order. What? I think that there's going to be something, or could be, not that there will be. I also want to switch it up. But that what if, like, there's something that could lead to further, was this an intentional whatever or That's not? That's what they should have done something it with Aussie Open. Something to match, because Dark Order's actually on Ring of Honor. So, and maybe it's their time to get a little bit of recognition for something, and that'd be a huge feather in their cap, and it can be worked in as furthering of the story for Cole and MJF. Like, I don't think it's going to happen, but I'll take Dark Order. I think they, sh- they should have done what you're saying with Aussie Open, and that we're never here in the first place. Maybe. Um, and I think this is why you don't win anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I try to get too cute with it, eh? <laughs> I do that sometimes, but... For w- posterity, w- I'll take it. All right, okay. I mean, I'm, I'll take the win. <laughs> uh, next, we got Luchasaurus versus Darby Allen for the TNT title. On paper, I'm very interested in this. Because um, Darby will die. Yes. And that will be interesting. It seems um, like I'm going to take Luchasaurus because Darby hasn't really done much lately, and I would like much like for him to wrap up the thing with Swerve rather than focus on another TNT title run that I don't think he really needs currently. Mm-hmm. And I think Luchasaurus has a monster champion with Christian parading around with the belt. Mm-hmm. It's far better for the time being because that's just funny. Yeah, it'd be weird for him to take a loss, though, and against Luchasaurus, but I do kind of think that's what's going to happen I think here. Darby can take losses. He only he wins with Sting, right? He'll do, <laughs> he's only guaranteed wins with Sting. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I think Luchasaurus is the right. It doesn't feel like a time for Allen to have that title yeah. right now, and I think Christian's kind of doing something interesting with it, and I don't think they're going to stop yet. Yeah, agreed. Uh, next, we get FTR and the Bucks versus Bullet Club Gold. I took a slight risk here. Should be crazy. Um, I think with the Bucks being kind of hothead after the all-in match and not shaking hands with FTR, uh, I think we could run with that here. I think we could kind of go be with taken. that a little. I think we give 
Bullet Club bang, bang, Gold. Gang. I got it right. Yep. Uh, I think we get them a quality win here because they too. are a fantastic unit, and I think we can have them pin the Bucks. Then the Bucks will get more heated. They I could agree. have this. This could spur more issues with FTR or in general. And I think we give Bang Bang Gang the win. And I just think it elevates them further to that level, and they are in the tag oh team contention. Oh my god! Give contention. them the trios belts. So I will also take Bang Bang Gang there. I'm gonna write Bang Bang Gang. I think you give like Juice and the Guns the trios belts, and then give Switchblade the international title. Mm-hmm. Boom, or give Swerve the international title. That's cool too. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm good with either. Um, Kenny Omega versus Konosuke Takeshita. Mm, this could be also like yeah, could be so show good. stealer. It could be so good. Who wins? Um, as much as I'd like uh, Takeshita win, I feel like it has to be Omega here. Eventually, he's got to get some semblance of payback against Kaos and Takeshita at some point. So as long as we get a really great competitive match, I think it's a win-win. And I think an Omega win makes sense. And I think we can kind of start to wrap this up. And then Takeshita can start and to didn't Takeshita go on the rise. Get the pin too? Exactly, yeah. yeah. So I think this would be kind of Omega can get that payback finally. Because eventually it's got to come, right? I think you're right. Maybe Kalis inadvertently cost Takeshita to yeah. protect Takeshita something. But I think Omega... Takeshita can be can go on the rise after this. Yep. Yeah. Finally, and hopefully, just an awesome like twenty yep. five minute. Match. I'm hoping for a nice belter there. Main event. Uh, main event. I, what I would think is the main event is, and honestly, somewhat deserving. Dare I say, uh, Orange Cassidy versus John Moxley for the AEW International Championship. I think right. a main eventing a pay per view would be really cool for Cassidy. Yep. Um, and deserved at this point. Um, I've seen people saying or like some people predicting Mox will win here, but I don't think so. Um, I love Mox. He's one of my favorites of all time and probably my all-time favorite in AEW um, at the very least. Uh, but that being said, I think Cassie really deserves the win here. He's been on an epic run, one that's really won me over, and I think you can say the same. Yes. And a win over someone like Mox would be big for him. Not saying like he really needs to elevate him, but like it would just be a nice feather in his cap, kind of like the Oscar Jericho thing. Like, I hey, think, thanks, man, for wrestling every week. And, and killing it. Yeah. Like a time so and time again as a career um, booster he's just been going from strength to strength and i think this would keep him on that role and with cassie admitting the title means something to him i think he should score a big win here just to really earn that and then we yep. can elevate someone who isn't a top guy like mox is because mox is awesome but he does not need this title right now and cassie dropping the belt will be such a big deal mm-hmm. when it happens and i think it can really elevate someone yep. who needs to kind of move up to the next level and i think it'll do wonders for that person and mox doesn't really need it he doesn't need the rub, so I think Cassie retains, but I'm looking forward to the match. I think least. so, too. I think um, not super confident because obviously Mox could win any match that he's in, but I think so, too, and that yeah. with it really drives home how important the title is to Cassidy, and he can mm-hmm. keep rolling a bit after this. So I'll take Orange I'm kind of feeling well. about that like the same way I did with Ozzy opening the pre-show match. I feel like there's one where like I really want to happen, mm-hmm. and the other one like I feel like Mox is the MJF and Cole here, where like he's one of my favorites, like Cole is. Yeah. But I'll be a little disappointed if he wins. Yep. You know. Agree. Um, I'm really pulling for Cassie there, which is weird because again, Moxley's my boy. But, yeah, but that's a testament to good storytelling. Exactly. Right? I love Cassie this year, and um, I think he deserves to keep going. Yeah, he could be a like wrestler of the year contender. Right, I think at this it, point. I think at this point it goes to MJF, but I think Cassidy is a nominee. Is super close. Kind of like Dax was in there. For yeah, because the Cassidy. Half I think the first, I first, first chunk of the year, maybe first half, Cassidy um, was giving MJF a run for his money. Dare I say, was he? He was the front runner but, every week, basically. But I think MJF with the storyline with Cole, I think. Yeah, and, and his, his matches, matches have been crazy. Have been good. great. I think he's really put himself above everyone. However. Cassie deserves his flowers, and he's he's definitely in the conversation, which is crazy. All right, well, let's get to our final segment as we're over three hours already, where Jack (laughs) updates us from the world of uh, wrestling figures and whatnot, and that's called Figuring It Out with Jack. 
I gotta get that. All right, tell me what you have and what you gotta get here. What the? Because you gotta get to work, fella. So I was just looking fly. at um. There's like showing some packaging mock-ups for the Death Triangle three pack, and then also the uh, Malachi Black thing. Like that's the packaging. That's really cool. Ooh, that is cool. And then the Death Triangle one. It's like it's got that logo we like with the three skulls. That's the front of it. Nice. That's nice. Anyways, I won't talk about those. Are the ROH figures? Those aren't much, but there is a lot. They they did some all out reveals for AEW, and then WWE had a random stream of things too. I don't know if it's in competition, but I would not be surprised. Um, just because you you know how they be they yep. they they be doing stuff like that. Um, okay. So there was there was this like weird main event superstars three pack. It was like, let me see if I can find it. But it was just like a, it's a three pack. It's exclusive to some. Little stores, I want to say, like maybe UK or something. It's just this. It's like Roman Cena and Rock all in T-shirts. It's the old style basics too, so it's nothing right. interesting. But whatever, that's all. Um, that is all. Whatever. There was new Legends figures too. The new packaging actually looks really nice. It's like the Defining Moments shape, like the Cody I got, but um, Legends. You can see how your boy looks in that. Interesting. Um, yeah, I like it though. It looks nice. It's just the uh, on look how cramped Andre looks though. <laughs> That's kind of funny. <laughs> it is funny. Um. Anyway, so WWE had some nice stuff. I'll go through. So there's just some like they put up some pre-orders for lineups. There is the WrestleMania 40 basics, which is Rollins from Mania 38, which is the Cody's return match. Batista from 35, which is the match with Triple H with yep. the chain and the nose thing. Um. Roman from 39, which is Cody. Um. You're remembering the nose thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Muhammad Ali in the ref gear, which they just made the ultimate up for San Diego Comic-Con, so those are all fine. I think that Rollins should have been an Elite because his ring gears are really cool, so I think it should have been an Elite, especially because I think the main Elites are lackluster. I'll get to that in a second. But these should be the new basics, so yeah. I like. I still always like, if there's like a Rollins figure, like, I still always want it to be an Elite, of course, but the basics won't be a complete waste of time now. I guess. So that's, that's good, true. actually. That helps. Yeah, they, they are actually, like, they'll, they'll be useful. Um, so the WrestleMania 40 elites are Trish Stratus from Mania 27, the Snooki match, as Obviously. we like to call it. Uh, Pat McAfee from 38 in his match with Theory. And I guess also technically his match was Vince McMahon. Right. Uh, as well as Rock and Cena from the Once in a Lifetime match. Um, so I, like I was saying... That new, happened more than once. Yeah. <laughs> I would have replaced Trish or Pat, preferably Trish, because I think, I guess, at least Pat's current. Mm-hmm. I would replace the Trish with uh, the Rollins, and that would have been really cool. Um, but the build a figure, remember, is Child Nicholas Cone yes, from WrestleMania 34. I remember. So that is pretty funny. Uh, we have Survivor Series 2023 leads up for Peter. We have Shawn Michaels 2002 with the soccer mom haircut nice. uh, from the Elimination Chamber match. <laughs> and it was the it's the weird brown tights gear because I don't know if you remember, but in this it was like he had unfinished tights and he had these weird ugly cowboy boots on. Don't remember. It was like these weird ugly like dark brown tights because they were unfinished and he wore them anyways. And His pe- wardrobe people choices always, are always pretty questionable. Yeah, but this is ring gear though. Yeah, and people that, always, that's usually where he's on point. People always bagged on it because it's it's not good because it's unfinished. Like, yeah, like I said, uh, Charlotte Flair from 2022, I think. No, sorry, twenty. That would be twenty twenty one, actually. If I'm sorry, I gotta edit that twenty twenty one, uh, because that that was that match with Becky. Remember, Becky wore the WandaVision gear, and mm-hmm. I think it's that match. And remember, you said I think you thought it was solid, but that, remember that show was horrible because it was just boring. Oh yeah, it it's was. one of those times where the Survivor Series just doesn't hit. Oh yeah, it was uh, bad. Kevin Owens from the same year, twenty twenty one, like with a red shirt is nice, and Jerry Lawler nineteen ninety three, which I feel like was probably when he was feuding with Brett. And the build figure is British Bulldog in jeans from nineteen ninety nine. Of course. Which is pretty funny choice. Uh, basic 142 is up for pre-order. We have Charlotte Flair, Undertaker, Hulk Hogan, which I think is a promo gear. Yay! Say yay again because it's top dollar. 
Yay! <laughs> Hoo-hada, nah, nada. <laughs> and a third yay for Honky Tonk, man. Uh, for sure. Uh, double yay, because he's the chase. I think one's blue and one's red. Uh, again, new basics here, so those will be at least better than usual. Um, final, like, just the pre-order rounds uh, we have is the Greatest Hits Series 3, the, those elites we have. Uh, Seth Rollins, which is a re-release of the Elite 33 Shield figure, which, again... Should have been White Rollins. This is the second time in a row. They had two greatest hit series where Seth Rollins is in it, and it's not the White Rollins. They did the Money in the Bank Rollins last year, Botched or last, last series, and now it's the Shield one. This is whatever. I have that Shield 3-pack, remember? It's basically a re-release of that figure. Um, there's R-Truth from Elite 10. Um, these are all just like the same figures, but with obviously updated technology and whatever. Uh, Natural Disasters, the then now Forever Elites. Remember we used to see those in Walmart? Yep. Uh, those ones. All the time. Uh, R.I.P. Bray Wyatt's getting one here. He's It's the modified version of an unreleased Elite that he had. It was um, supposed to be an ultimate deletion two-pack with him and Matt Hardy mm-hmm. with the more lawns, dilapidated boat, and Vanguard yep. one, but never came to be. They released the Matt Hardy, though, with the boat. Uh, Brutus Peepcake, um, I think from the Dream Team. Uh, with Valentine, I think it was, right? Uh, Elite Legends 10. Uh, Roddy Piper, the John Nada one. The Hollywood Elite. Oh, yeah. That one. And then Scorpion King Rock, which is weird. Um, then there's Elite 105, which has uh, Dominic Mysterio from, like, early Judgment Day. I looked at it, and it's, like, it. the attire's from, like, just after he turned. Like, it's a like it's a fresh Dom. Because I remember he had, like, the slick back hair, and he looked really weird in the Judgment Day at first. Yeah. I think now with the facial hair or whatever, he's kind of grown into it, but yeah. that's weird. We have Big Papa Big Papa Pump Scott Steiner um, in the red, which is fine, I guess. I don't really care about him. Uh, EO Scott in the damage control. I don't know if I showed you the EO yet, but it looks really nice. I really like it, actually. It does look good. I really like it. Um, What is next? Sorry, John Gargano in his return gear. I noticed in this one there's a lot of post-Triple H returns in this series. It's really weird, but I like the John Gargano. It's nice. Um, another one from the post Triple H era is Braun Strowman in the red, uh, nice. as well. Um, he's got a new torso, which is really nice. And then, finally, we have our boy Carmelo Hayes finally getting a figure in the line. I showed well, that's you. That's what I thought of because you showed me. They look like, kind of. Did you get off, it at Comic Con right? or? Fan no, Expo? they look. Kind, he looks a little off. The face isn't. The face is almost good. It's like it kind of looks like him, but kind of doesn't. Not the best. I don't like the torso choice. I feel like it's not right. It doesn't fit Shredded as much. Enough. There's one with the purple trunks with the gold decals, and then the other one is red trunks with different logos because it's from Vendor's Day 2022, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's so he's a chase. So two males. That's pretty cool. That usually means he won't get a figure for a bit, though. If they do the chase, it means like they're getting two out of you, so that yeah. you know right. it'll be a bit. But uh, that's really cool. I'm not sure how I feel about this packaging. I don't love it because like for the mellow, it'll be really hard to tell which one's the chase and which one's not because his legs are covered. So, yeah, he's covered. Because that'd be the giveaway. But anyways, um, that's a pretty nice set. I like um the new the new guy there um basic 141 shown uh there's not much here there's a basic rock um these are the this will be the first series with the new tech uh there's rock it's basic bald rock with the silver logos or whatever the only thing that's different is the new articulation so that's nice we got brock with the braided hair from the rumble so that the only thing that's different here is the head scan and again the tech which is Mm -hmm. fine uh there's a belair basic which i think looks really flat this is these are the basics i don't like because that just looks bad yeah her legs look so skinny yeah and the face just looks so like lifeless which i mean sometimes they do but then we got Rollins and like it was supposed to be a white Earl Descent suit, but now it looks kind of like blue icy, but still kind of cool. And he's got the blonde highlights. It looks kind of weird from the front, the mm-hmm. hair, but I think they kind of faded it nicely on the back. I know, I like it. And the heads on the basics are interchangeable, so I might take it off. I could put it on my Ultimate True. Rollins and give him the blonde hair. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we have La Knight, which is nice. Um, he's got the red trunks for the normal one, and then there's yellow for the chase. Cool. So two La Knights and the basics. Then he'll get an Elite soon, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but updated tech is cool. 
Um, championship showdown two packs, fifteen. We have two thousand one era Triple H and Austin. It's either from the two man power trip or from the, when they were feuding before Mania X seven when Austin turned. I feel like it's from that because there's a WWE title here, but. Actually, then now I don't know when it would be. Anyways, it looks like 2000, 2001 uh, of them, and they're in promo gear. It's fine. New articulation is good. Then a weird flashback choice is 2017 Owens and AJ. Um, they, AJ has the crummy, like, I don't know if it's a soccer mom haircut, but it kind of is. Looks like it. I really hate that head. It's not good. And I know the one guy I watch, he does not like it either. And um, these are both the same attires from Elite 61. I remember right. they made elites of these. I have the AJ. It's in that US attire, which I really like. It's just the head's not great. And then um, this is also from the SummerSlam match um, where Shane was the ref, and they did kept doing ref bumps and whatever. Right. And it, the kind of cool thing is the US title has AJ's nameplate on there. It's just I think it's amazing. You know, there's a, they're supposed to be the black in the middle, mm-hmm. right? I think they're missing that, which looks weird. And then Roman Reigns and Logan Paul from Blood Money last year, which is... Uh, I guess that's all right. They got the new articulation. It's the same Roman basic we've seen before, just new articulation. First basic for Logan Paul. And then I think they should have included two belts because technically that would be right, but we only get the blue universal title here with Roman side plates. Bummer. Which is whatever. Uh, top picks basics. We have a basic Drew McIntyre with the old inaccurate skin tone in an old head in an attire we've already seen. I don't even need to show you that. Uh, Orton basic with an old head just neon green logos i don't think you want to see that either <laughs> um and then the final one in this is a cody which is a an entirely of our done it's the white and blue tights they did this in his first yeah. basic i think basic 136 his first figure after he returned was this gear except they use a really old head then they re-released that figure in a battle pack with theory with mm-hmm. the, one of the bad heads that i don't like mm-hmm. and so they released that cody with a new head that they use in, on his Elite. And then this one has the new head from the Elite, but now it's the same attire, just with the new articulation. So it's the third, slightly different version of the same figure. Interesting. It, it lazy. Me. It's interesting. At least that one, it, it's better, I guess. Uh, speaking of lazy, we got two re- re-releases. We got uh, Top Picks Elites. Uh, there's the Roman Reigns. That, you know the one I just got? Yeah. Re-release, re-release of that. So that's whatever. Um, universal title with the side plates if you want it. Uh, Elite 95 Cena gets re-released in the top picks, which is the green and yellow from his return. And the only one good one from the series I showed you is Dusty Rollins, which is right. awesome. Because cool. that's actually new. It's got the yelling head from the ultimate I got. Um, it's from the Torn Pack Cody match. So that is very nice. And then some AEW reveals were they revealed in acclaimed three-pack. Yes. I'll show you that. It's got daddy ass, too. Of course. Uh, it's Billy Gunn and the Acclaimed, and so Bones and Caster have tongue out expressions, and they all have scissoring hands, I believe, um, to do that and whatever. So that's pretty cool. Um, that's a nice three pack. The packaging looks really interesting too. Um, I don't think I'd get that, but it's really nice. I I don't know if it was cheap, maybe, but yep. the one I do want to get is there's a Blood and Guts, <clears throat> the new Blood and Guts two pack, which is a coffin match. Brody King and Darby Allen, which is really cool. The bloody Brody King looks gnarly. I showed you, and the Darby Allen's got a bit of blood on him too. But um, I think it looks really cool, and I, I like that a lot. And then I showed you the the Champions Four Pack for AEW, which was um, it's what is it? It's MJF, and he's got the new uh, Triple B belt, which mm-hmm. they haven't done yet. Then Cassidy's got like gold shoes and an international title. Thunder Rose has got the updated women's title because she's the champ right now. And Wardlow has the TNT title, which we've already seen. But I think all the figures are new, and it's one of three thousand Amazon exclusive. The the aftermarket price on this is going to be bananas. Yes, it, it is. Will be absolutely insane. And that is everything. I think that was that, a lot considering we're already over three hours. I think I 
got through everything in a decent manner. Yeah, you did. So you need to go and get some food into you before work. I need to go and get ready because we're heading out to a buddy's place that moved. So we're going to check out Lyle's new house. And then here's hoping that uh, Payback and All Out kind of over deliver because we're not super enthused about either. Nope. But we'll talk about both of those maybe before 164. Maybe not. We'll just see what kind of time we have. It is a long weekend, so maybe we'll get around to it. Appreciate you joining us for any time you can this week. We'll be back for sure next week for episode 164 on Saturday. And until then, everybody, take care.